Sorry, guys. All right. Sorry about that. Trying to get everything set up to record. What's up? Who wants to come up? Oops, sorry, I couldn't hear anything. All right. Sorry about that. It took me a minute to get going. Oh, Bogomas, every week. You know, actually, I was going to say something at the beginning of this. Uh, I'm going to wait for some people to filter in, maybe. But one person, I got to think, Bogomas, you're like my most, my most loyal <laughs> listener. You know you're always like the first one in. So it's you, Charlie. And David Bouquet, that I have notification on my on my Twitter account. Oh my gosh! So you are in a in a good category. <laughs> Rarefied air. Actually, I want to try to invite. What, what was that? Some people. Yeah, I'm gonna try to invite some oh, yeah. people in here. Hang on. Actually, you know who hasn't been in here? Who used to come in here all the time was uh, Charlie GBTC. Uh-huh. You guys know him? No. But I was reading the Sorry, thread, trying. the thread in the morning about the node. Yeah. So it's it's funny because this week my server just fried, and it stopped working. And I'm working the my the whole week, on the on the, in the afternoons, I was building my server and my nodes and my wallet. You know. <laughs> it, it was fun. It yeah. Was fun. Yeah. I I, I um. I'm not, you know, I'm not super experienced on that stuff. And, you know, I made that video, whatever it was, got back in like May about running a node. And I, and I actually, right now that computer I have it on, I turn it off when I'm trying to record stuff because the fan on that stupid thing's so loud. So I, I might end up getting one of those like raspberry pies that, um, I was, Kyle was talking about that one week. I was looking for those, but they're kind of expensive for the, for the power they have. But they're cute, you know. <laughs> how, I mean, how much? What are they like? Hundred bucks or something? No, it's like three or something. If you get the whole package. Oh, yeah, that's where I said to him. I was like, you might as well get like a small laptop at that point. Just go on like Facebook and. I have a small buy a used laptop. I have a small <laughs> Lenovo desktop. I mean, like Office PC. Like. Yep. Pretty good for 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 a node for a server. It's like awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to let this fill in a little bit. Um, I had a lot I wanted to get out up front. So some, I, I'm every week I'm trying to figure out the best way to run these things. Uh, I listen back and, you know, I, of course, want to I want to do a couple things. I want to make these interesting so that people want to come back. Um, but I'm trying to be consistent with, like, what whatever my ethos is. And uh so I'm recognizing every week I come in with something to say. So I kind of like that. It ends up being almost like a call-in radio show. So I'm just going to kind of off the cuff some stuff I was thinking about. And then I got somebody coming in that's that's going to we're going to talk to a little bit. So um, if you are new here, if you've never listened and you're here because, you, you know, Litecoin shared this or Litecoin Foundation shared it, um, I don't talk about price too much. Uh, the market, like Bagua Moss will tell you, the mar- market's an emotional place. 
uh, it's not representative necessarily of the real value of these things. And so, you know, just be prepared that we might not talk about price all that much, but um, we are the community. Yes. We're, and I really do feel that way. I feel yeah. like we can yeah, me too. We're me too. carving this out and, I think we can have a very strong voice, not only in Litecoin, but just in crypto in general. I think there's a lot more of us that are here for reasons beyond just the fiat price. Yeah. So, uh, and what, these are, I got like three or four things. I think they all tie together. And then we're going to jump into what, what we wanted to address today. Another thing I wanted to say, I, I'm, I've totally circled around on Elon Musk. I used to, when he was younger, I loved Tesla and I thought they were cool. And then I got kind of disappointed in the fact that he took so much government money to get the things he got. But something has changed in him in the last like seemingly couple of months where he's, I, I think he's just kind of overall the drama, <laughs> you know, he's detaching himself maybe a bit from Tesla and getting involved in cryptos and, and kind of speaking back to, uh, you know, Bernie and he, the whole, did you guys, I'm sure you saw the thread with him and Elizabeth Warren this week, right? Where he's calling her Congress. What do you call her? Senator Karen or something. But I, I think we got to support Elon. If you guys listened back last week at the end of the sixth episode of our podcast, we talked about Elon a lot and even last week I was kind of iffy on him, but I'm, I'm really coming around that I think he's somebody that's important for crypto and bringing new people to this space. So that's that. Not, um, not only in crypto in general, in, 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 in general, the guy's doing, this guy is doing like a lot of work, man, everywhere. Well, right. And I, and I think most, what's most important to me is that I feel like he's, gone he's going against maybe what he used to be where it was i don't know there was something about him that used to bother me i guess and maybe i was just being a hater for some reason but i feel like he's he's really come around and we talked about a few people last week that might be game changers um and it, it gets into politics a little bit i don't want to get too much into politics but guys like elon and joe rogan and uh jack dorsey could be somebody who could be a very strong voice in the future if he makes himself more present. Um, but anyway, what I, the reason it was so important is because he was talking about Elizabeth Warren, she was kind of giving him crap about taxes, but she also this week came out very strongly against stable coins and DeFi. And I know we talk a lot about DeFi on these spaces and, you know, there's some people that feel like, Hey, there's a bunch of unregistered securities going on. And I've, kind of again i'm of the mindset that free trade is a good thing and more decentralization is a good thing and so i would rather try to help defend DeFi than to be part of the side that's gonna uh attack DeFi. and i figured out why that is <laughs> so uh one of the reasons one of the things that that uh, satoshi one of the things he did and I, I mean, he almost had to because we're in a digital asset, right? Is that he took money as we know it and turned it into speech. That the money you, the, the Bitcoin and Litecoin, when you communicate and you 
send these things across time and space, you're really only speaking, right? All the wallet addresses are just a string of numbers and letters. All the values are just numbers. All your private keys are just words, letters. All your public keys are just letters and numbers. And I think what kind of shifted in my mind a few years ago is that you start to equate that all you're really doing is communicating value when you're moving money across time and space. And there should be no restriction on that. And I think when people try to stop that, two people from communicating, that's something we should equate with the First Amendment and that that's the most important thing to defend. So that's my intro to today's show. <laughs> and with that, I'm actually going to bring somebody up because uh, I think this ties into everything we've been talking about every week. If you're listening to this, we talk about a lot of common themes. I listen back repeatedly, probably too much to my own shows. We talk about using the coin, right? Using Litecoin. We talk about self-custody. We talk about privacy. We talk about free exchange, right? Free trade. Uh, the belief that we're going to have this multi-chain world and that we need to be a full crypto community. So with that in mind, I've been talking about other chains. And last week, I talked a lot to Tux. I don't know if he's in here. Probably not yet. Um, but he's a Monero proponent. And he recommended I reach out to a couple guys. And Justin Ehrenhofer's in here. Uh, so you can step up, Justin, if you want. He was somebody that uh, I was told, hey, give this guy a, a holler. He might have some good info for you. And Justin works for, well, you tell, tell us who you are, Justin. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for the kind intro. Yes, I uh, am very interested in the privacy side <laughs> of everything happening in the cryptocurrency world. I work as vice president of operations for KQualet. KQualet is a free, open source, non-custodial wallet for Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Monero. Uh, we started actually as just a Monero-only wallet, and we only added Litecoin earlier this year, back in May. So this is kind of new for us. Uh, most of the users who were using KQualet were Monero users to start, and they wanted to use Bitcoin and Litecoin as an easier way to exchange Monero or, or purchase goods and services that might not have accepted Monero directly. And I'm here because I liked your previous shows talking about the importance of security, privacy, holding your own coins, those sorts of things. And those are certainly values that we hold at Cape Wallet. Um, for background on me, um, I do participate a lot in the broader cryptocurrency ecosystem. I'm a moderator of the cryptocurrency subreddit, for example. There's like 4 million people there at this point that are subscribed. And so I come across all sorts of different ideas, many bad, of course, but also some good ones among uh, people that are commenting in the Reddit side of things in the cryptocurrency community. So I definitely try to stay involved, and I'm very happy to be on the show today to talk a little bit more about Cake, about broader cryptocurrency ideals that we support at Cake and you know, myself support. And privacy is something that I have specifically focused on since 2015 um, because I personally knew what Tor and I2P and Freenet were before I even knew what Bitcoin was. For me, it was very obvious why you would want to have a decentralized network. It was for privacy. And then this money thing came around and I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool too. But I really like or want to see some greater advancements to privacy. So of course that drew me to Monero, but it 
of course, certainly makes me interested in some of the Litecoin technologies, for example, like your implementation of Mimblewimble and Lite. So that's something that, you know, personally, I'm watching very, very closely. And it's great to hear from you all today about these sorts of things. Yeah, I appreciate it. You're going to find this is we're going to be pretty casual. So don't get too nervous. We got uh well, we'll throw some stuff around that's pretty jokey, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm almost hear. more. I'm I, like I want to get into cakewalks. I do. I will say so. You know, Tux is in the audience now. Um, he had said, "Hey, try this out last week," and so I went on and you know downloaded it. Of course, got to use the seed words, which was a good thing to see that okay, this is a non-custodial wallet. Um, and transferred. I put in. I just put in like one and a half Litecoin. And you just, you know, you have a return address, you send it out and it took some time, which is probably a good indicator that essentially it's an open market, right? That you have to find a match, correct? Essentially, right? Is that how that works when you trade to get my Monero back? Uh, So at the moment we use an instant exchanger called ChangeNow. So you send coins to ChangeNow and then they'll send you whatever amount that you agreed upon in whatever asset you're trading. So in the case that you started with one and a half Litecoin, for example, you send them the Litecoin, then they would send you the Monero, for example, if you were buying Monero. So what's the reason it took some time? I'm just out of, out of curiosity. Um, I mean, it would be based off their service. So they're probably just waiting to make sure there is at least one confirmation. Maybe they'd wait for several just to make sure. Um, but... And I mean, normally they're pretty quick, but it might take up to 30 minutes, say, for them to just send the funds. That's pretty typical for a lot of the instant exchanger services. Yeah, because I, I know a lot of times it's, you know, if you're trying to match peer to peer, there may not be the same liquidity available and it can take some time, which is fine. Like I, I wasn't in a rush and, and I, I what I was more excited about was the fact that uh, I could take coins from any any of my wallets you know put it onto a, another private wallet and then trade into another private asset like i thought that i just found that to be it just felt really cool i i, I was actually communicating with tux today you can come up and talk if you want tux but um yeah there's something that feels very good about anymore with everything that we have exposed to the world i mean i mean we all probably have that paranoia and you may be able to speak to this, that your all your devices are listening to you 24 hours a day. So to feel like you have almost no privacy at all, um, there was something satisfying about that to me. It was like just very cool that I can, you know what? I should be allowed to do things without anybody knowing what the heck I'm doing, right? It's like buying stuff with cash. So um, well, so why, why did you have such an interest in privacy? What, like, what uh. led you to that? That's that's a good question. I, I think. I mean, if it's um, criminal activity, bl- don't bluntly, reveal it. <laughs> okay, it wasn't quite <laughs> like that, but I, I would say bluntly, it was trying to get around some filters on the internet, most likely as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was maybe a you big mean, part like, of it. Bl- like, uh... all right, never mind. I think we all know what you're talking about. Go ahead. <laughs> Downloading torrents, music. Downloading oh, what? Torrents, music. Oh, yeah. Okay. No one's oh. ever done that before. What are you talking about? That, that's never yeah, something yeah, yeah. that anybody no, no, has no. ever done. I heard somebody saying that, but I, was I mean, for some no. reason, it just blocked all the Linux ISOs that I was trying to download. I mean, why would you want that? So, yeah, see, that's all Greek <laughs> to me. I have no, like, I know. I am, I, I am Greek, though. That's 
<laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where a lot of people do have reasons or good stories about why they need privacy. And I, I think I personally have one where, you know, I was LGBT. I wanted to find resources. They were blocked. I wanted to bypass those. But you don't really necessarily even need a good story for why you want privacy. It's just something you should be able to say, I want privacy, and you can get it, right? You don't have to necessarily explain yourself. So with Cake, it's not like when you download it and want to use Monero. We don't ask you a question, why are you using Monero, right? <laughs> Thank right. God. So, Yeah, it's like none, none of your business, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, the, well, the reason I ask is because I, I, I feel like I always came from a place that was – fairly trusting i never had any reason to distrust authorities growing up or feeling like i was going to be victim of something that for you know for no particular reason that i needed to shield some things because that's that's where my thought would go if you were to say you know when i was 20 years old and you said well these people are trying to hide stuff i would always assume well they must be up to something why would they need to hide it right and that's a very common theme like if you have nothing to hide like i got nothing to hide right people will say that and, um, but that doesn't mean it's right to, that people are allowed to snoop in your business. And I, I didn't think it's funny because last week, you know, Tux brought up, would you feel weird if someone was documenting everything going on in your house or if it wasn't a business doing it, if just an individual wanted to snoop through all your, uh, financial records, you would feel like, well, that's like, why would I allow that? And the reality is until Mimble Wimble comes around, a lot of what, we have today with Litecoin and Bitcoin is allowing a lot of that snooping if someone were so inclined to do it. Um, what I and what I really think is cool about Cake Wallet is, and maybe you can give us some feedback on your thoughts on Mimblewimble. I feel like once Mimblewimble is implemented, we're going to have a really, a really nice set of tools to have privacy and the liquidity of Litecoin, the ability to go, you know, to use it anywhere in the world and be on every exchange in the world and all these ATMs and what, uh, you know, one of our listeners used to call like your white markets. Right. And then, but also be able to shift into things like Mimblewimble and Monero and cake wallet and be private when you want to be private. So I like, uh, did, have you looked a lot at Mimblewimble a lot or no? So I, I would say I've looked very closely at Grin's implementation. I haven't been, States super updated at what Litecoin is specifically doing it. So if people here are familiar with there are any major changes, you definitely can let me know. But I, I think the coolest thing about Litecoin is a it is very efficient to start with, right? You're starting with something that that's quite good, even though it still scales linearly. The transactions are very very small, and it also provides much better quote unquote address protection, right? I mean. You know, hand wavy, kind of hard to define that to some extent, but it's certainly better than what is, you know, available today. Uh, but that said, um, the, the biggest advantage is that it hides the transaction amounts. The transaction amounts is like a super, super frustrating thing to deal with. In Monero's early history, we actually did not hide the transaction amounts. They were denominated. And that's something that today on Bitcoin, on Litecoin, uh, you'll have mixing services used. They will denominate the amounts because they can't hide them. But that really, really sucks. Like, it's really, really bad. And you're exposing this huge piece of metadata. So if Mimblewimble is widely adopted on the Litecoin network, 
that is a huge piece of metadata that you no longer need to worry about to nearly the same extent. So if I am, for example, starting with one Monero on my side, and Monero is pretty private, of course, I think we'd all pretty, pretty much agree with that. But if I wanted to convert to an asset and sell it on an exchange, for example, I could use Bitcoin, but then I have to end up with the transparent amount of Bitcoin that is deposited in my cake wallet, which then I either need to try to denominate in some way or try to be sneaky at sending to an exchange that's going to be difficult, or I could use Litecoin with Mimblewimble, and I can get my Litecoin, but nobody else in the entire world needs to know how much Litecoin I bought it or how much Litecoin I bought. So that makes it far more difficult for just a random person on the sidelines to try and figure out what the heck I'm trying to do with my money. So hiding the transaction amounts is very, very useful in order to prevent further metadata leakage. So mixing protocols are significantly better when you're able to hide the amounts as an assumption, as opposed to have to try and denominate them in some way. There's, there's so many fewer ways to accidentally screw up. And I sort of maintained that personally, the bare minimum that you need to do at a core network label in order to allow for better privacy on you know, some second layer or some other abstraction is to hide the amounts. That's the bare minimum. And the fact that Litecoin is moving to actually do that with, uh, and, and I really hope that it will constitute a large portion of Litecoin's network activity, then I think that's super, super positive. And certainly that's something we want to support in Cake. Yeah, that, that would be, that's one of the things that he brought up was, uh, so did you get a chance to listen to the, the episode? I think I pointed you to one with David Burkett, who's implementing that on Litecoin. I just listened to the most recent one. Oh <laughs> boy, that might not have been good. <laughs> So, no. I have a question. So, is yeah, the go. Cake Wallet Cake Wallet going to support MWeb? Uh, sorry, support what? MimbleWimble. MimbleWimble. Oh. Sorry, I've actually never heard someone abbreviate as MWeb before. <laughs> maybe, oh, that, I'm sorry. maybe that's on me. Um, oh, but I'm yes, sorry. yes, we fully intend to support MimbleWimble. We think it's very, very important for people to be able to swap in and out from Litecoin with Mimblewimble to Monero. We think that is a killer feature, and we think that that's something that a lot of users, especially Monero users, are going to want to do. And that's going to be a killer wallet, too. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. Well, yeah, and like I said, it's all the fact that it's you know non-custodial, um, I, like to me, I just start thinking of the possibilities of, you know, you could have a spare phone with a cake wallet on it and really, really do a lot to keep yourself uh, as private as possible and convenient. Like I, I think that it's almost like I'm looking at, you know, you got like, you're going to have Bitcoin is going to be your very, your kind of your white market. Litecoin is going to be this gray asset. And then of course we'll call it the dark market. I don't know what you guys want to call it. <laughs> the charcoal gray market with Monero. So the underground market, the underground market. Yeah. Um, is it Indigo? Anybody talks? Do you want to, you guys have any questions? I don't want to jump and dominate this thing. If you guys got questions. I, I, just, I want to really quickly say that uh, Vic is listening in. Vic is the owner of cake wallet. He's the OG that had his Coinbase account closed by uh, using a dark net market. So that was what pushed him to Monero. So that's, that, that was the motivation behind cake wallet initially. 
He had like a real reason. You you were just trying to look up (laughs) at 14 years old. That's fine. I'll I'll take that. But uh, he just wanted me to quickly mention that uh, he's talking. He's talked to Charlie Lee about this specifically, and it's definitely something we want to do. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I know, and I'm I'm excited. I here's something I'm interested in because I actually just totally coincidentally, well, Baglamas, who's in here, he's talked a number of times about the magical crypto friends, and. Uh, so I was like, you know, I got to go back and listen. I probably listened long ago to a couple episodes, but it's been a while. And I pulled one up. It was just randomly. It was, it sounded like it was going to be about lightning because it was titled Satoshi lightning or something. And in that episode, Charlie and fluffy pony, who I don't even know his name, Ricardo or something, uh, were, you know, they talked for quite a while about this relationship that could be potentially between Litecoin and Monero and even, could Monero be on the lightning network and doing atomic swaps between the two? And essentially, I guess cake wallet and way is almost that function. Uh, Cause the fees were almost nothing. Again, you had Litecoin fees, which are very low and Monero fees were also extremely low. So it was like, it was almost a fee-less transfer to do that on cake wallet, which I thought was really very cool as well. Um, is it, is there anything do you guys, I mean, you're not Monero developers. You're obviously very involved in it. Is Monero going to be like lightning enabled? Um, or is that even a thing you guys are even, that's even being thought of on Monero? Or is it uh, possible, I guess? So Monero Talk just had a guest on to talk about lightning on Monero. Um, I would recommend starting there. And then ask if you have further questions from there, ask they the Monero care. Research Lab. I would okay. say at the moment, the main priority for Monero is not trying to plug in some second layer lightning network thing, although that's still something that people have been interested in doing over the years, of course. Um, I think in practice, it's usually pretty easy to just convert Monero to another asset, use that temporarily, like Litecoin, for example, and then use that. Um, and, you know, there's quite a few different assets you can try to convert to. Um the main focus in the uh, Monero Research Lab side, so at the moment, seems to be better privacy. I mean, with Monero, that's always a focus, right? Better privacy, better privacy, better privacy. So uh, they haven't exactly slowed down in that front. Yeah, what what are your thoughts on the Lightning Network? <sighs> oh, it's complicated. It's like beyond, a, it's like beyond, a difficult I, I mean, relationship. I want, I want you to pick it apart because I'm not 100% sold on it either. So go ahead. <laughs> so... You know, full transparency, Lightning Network is the sort of thing that a lot of a lot of KQuality users want because they want to have cheaper Bitcoin transactions. So that being said, um, Lightning Network is it, it's it's really hard to give a straight answer, and I think a lot of people want to give a super straightforward answer to be like, oh, it's either super perfect in every way, and it's private, and it's fast, and it's free, and all these sorts of things. And then on the other hand, you have some people that are like, oh, well, it's completely centralized, and it's unsafe, and it's it's this and that, <laughs> and I think the reality is sort of somewhere in the middle. So frankly, we're, we're kind of navigating the space without trying to, or, you know, trying to see past a lot of those super hard lines that people are trying to put up and say, okay, what are the real reasons why somebody might want to do this? If the whole point to use the Lightning Network within KQuot, for example, is to quickly and cheaply and potentially with more privacy, but obviously with a big asterisk, like send it to an exchange to convert for another asset, Maybe that's a good use case, but uh, if someone wanted to like park funds in Lightning for 10 years and never check back in with their wallet, like that's going to be a very different use case. 
So uh, I, I think that the advantages of Lightning really come through the most when you're talking about quick, efficient trades. But uh, when it comes to someone who just wants to hodl forever, <laughs> then maybe it's there are fewer advantages and there are potentially more disadvantages. So I'm sorry for that kind of being a non-answer. Um, no, no. I mean, I, I guess I feel like it'll have uh, – there's trade-offs, right? And so, I mean, obviously as Litecoiners, I would always – you know, if somebody came to me and said, hey, I don't like these high fees on Bitcoin, I'd say, well, just use Litecoin. Like, what's your – what are you – don't be so stuck up about Bitcoin, right? But that's me because I'm a Litecoiner. But um, there will be, I think there will be places for it. And what I tend to feel will happen is that there will be a centralization of the major nodes and the ones, the people that can actually provide liquidity to it. So not that it's, and not that that's a bad thing. I think it'll have its use in certain regards, but not in the true sense of why we've wanted crypto from the beginning you know why was crypto created what are what is it that makes it unique i don't think that lightning necessarily adds a lot to that but maybe i'll be proven wrong indigo's got a question what's up indigo hey thanks Mika and justin thank you for taking the time uh very insightful with everything you've said so far and i agree with everything you've said um so i was talking to crown uh bitcoin crown actually i forgot his handle but uh, he works at LNPay. He mentioned something that Blockstream uh, has this service called Greenlight. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but essentially, uh, in regards to Lightning, they will be able to manage your Lightning node for you, but you're still able to hold your keys. And that, let's say, if they were to take um, away access to that API, you could take your keys and move it somewhere else, essentially, to gain access to your LNBTC. I thought that was actually pretty interesting. And actually also like, you know, I'm kind of in between like with lightning as well. Like it's good for some cases, shorter term periods, not for hodling. Um, but there's a lot of steam that seems like that's being built up behind it. And one thing that I thought that would be interesting and I'm here seeing in a lot of the Twitter spaces like log scales is that they're giving out uh, LNBTC at very cheap, you know, just to people to demo it. It's uh you know, it's a great way to get people hands-on with it. And I was thinking that it would be really cool. Like, I know that there's a way to do a reverse summary and atomic swap from LNBTC to BTC or LTC, and or maybe even down to MW LTC. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of like stating that I think it would be pretty cool to integrate Lightning. Um, into your guys' wallet. I just downloaded it. I don't see anything for LNBTC or LTC here. Um, and I think that, like, if there's a lot of steam behind LNBTC, um, by having that option to be able to, to do submarine atomic swaps for people uh, or reverse submarine atomic swaps, um, and then when Mimblewimble is implemented, I guess this isn't a question. I'm just talking. Sorry, I'm rambling. Um, that's dude. That's been my. That's basically what I've done for eight weeks. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, um, so, you know, I, I'm looking at your wallet. It looks like you can exchange currencies um, between one another. How is that being done? Is that being done uh, through atomic swaps, or is that done through like a third-party exchange? I missed that part. If you said. Uh, first of all, Indigo, I appreciate the feedback. I really do. That's. We, like I said, we're working with our team to figure out the best Lightning Network implementation. 
ultimately for us, we have always prioritized user experience first and then sort of had advanced features tucked away where people can still access them. For example, uh, people can customize or select their own nodes that they want to use for syncing, but we're going to provide ones by default, for example. And the same would be the case for our, our Lightning implementations. Um, but uh, when it comes, so, so we're, those are the sorts of things we're looking at for supporting Bitcoin, Lightning, Litecoin, Lightning, all those sorts of fun things. Uh, they are not things, as, as you notice, that we do not, uh, that we currently support. Um, luckily, a t Litecoin is pretty inexpensive <laughs> when it comes to sending transactions. So um, at least the, mar the potential gains there or potential advantages are slightly lower than they could be. <laughs> um, if, if fees get expensive, then of course we'll have to revisit. But um, at the moment, it's pretty cheap. And so everyone has a pretty good experience. When it comes to the actual uh, exchanges, that is using an instant exchanger called ChangeNow. So it is custodial in the moment. You'll send funds there. They have control of your funds. They could, in theory, run away with them. And then you get your, your delivered asset. Um, but the benefit with ChangeNow is that they've been around for quite a few years. We've been their partner for uh, over four years now. Um, and they, uh, they, they, that's how you keep the cost super low and you keep the transactions pretty efficient in the, in the meantime before we add some more... Uh, trustless, you know, no counterparty risk, atomic swaps directly. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what we do for, uh, for those exchanges. Yeah, I want to take a look at change now. I noticed it said backed up, whatever. I'm thinking on your wall, it even mentions it. And, oh, the uh, other cool thing, too, is that it, yeah. uh, they don't do, like, they don't have mandatory KYC for their exchanges. So if you... If you wanted to just say, hey, I want to convert $10,000 in Monero to Litecoin, like, you mean, you would notice that uh, when you try to do the swap, they didn't ask you to scan your ID or anything, right? It's just, they just let you do it. So That's what I was going to say. It was very reminiscent of, I used to do a bunch of shapeshift back in uh, 17. Like, you guys, I don't know if you remember that, you know, you put your of sending address, you have a receiving address and then like a return address in case something goes wrong. And then you have your receiving address in the other asset and uh that was great i love that was those were good days those were fun <laughs> that's all gone now but <laughs> yeah did, so you know does that answer your question yeah no definitely um yeah that, that was a great response thank you justin our main focus has always been on the monero side so there are atomic swaps between Monero and Bitcoin. Someone else is developing atomic swaps with Monero and Light, uh, sorry, uh, Ethereum. And I can't imagine there would be too much work to convert the Monero Bitcoin to Monero Litecoin. And these are true, proper, no counterparty risk. They can't steal your funds, atomic swaps. Um, so it's not so just a marketing like, term. It, like, it's peer to peer, essentially. You know, you're just trying to, are you matching like an open trade? Like, someone posts an open trade or where does this liquidity come from? Sure. So in that case, it's a strict uh, maker taker model. So by that there is a maker that sits somewhere and is saying, Hey, I'm willing to sell uh, Monero for this Bitcoin price. And there's a discovery process you can use because the Monero develop, you know, Monero community helped make it. Uh, of course it works with Tor. <laughs> um, right. So, uh, yeah, you can find people over tour, or you can specifically choose which, uh, which maker you wish to trade with. Um, 
and then they basically the maker says, "Hey, this is the price I want to trade." There's usually going to be some built-in fee there, of course, for their time. And if you like, you can accept it, or you can reject it and just go away. Um, and then, of course, if you accept it, then you have to actually go forward with the setting of the assets that you were going to sell in order to get the uh, the other traded asset back. So that is possible. I would say liquidity there is relatively light, um, and it's kind of more with the Ethereum AMM systems, they're just so easy to pull liquidity together and it's easy to know what you're working with. And it's, it just made it very, very easy. So going back to a sort of find a random taker as a maker is kind of inefficient by comparison now. And it's, it's kind of annoying, <laughs> um, but it definitely can still work. So instead it's, it's really how many makers can you find that are offering liquidity how much, and then I think more importantly, how much are they willing to offer themselves? So, um, like at, I don't at think a certain there price, are a yeah. lot of trades that are going through uh, atomic swaps right now, even on the Monero side. But who knows? Maybe, I mean, maybe more and more people will use it. But yeah, it's interesting what you're talking about because, like, what you're talking about reminds me. I think it was was it Bakht or something like that. Bakht used to be, or maybe still even is, an exchange that's just peer-to-peer and you go on there and there's almost no trades available hodl, hodl. very low liquidity hodl, hodl is a big one. what's that hodl, hodl. It's a big one. Oh, hodl, hodl. Hodl, hodl. Yeah. uh that's interesting what you're talking about because you say so you're saying that like because ethereum has these like super robust DeFi exchanges with a lot of liquidity it's making it easier to find uh, I guess a match. Is that is that kind of what you're saying there? I mean, yeah. I mean, at least from my perspective, even though there are disadvantages, to be clear, like there definitely are disadvantages, but it is easier to trade with an algorithm <laughs> than it is to try and find someone over Tor and then like communicate with them and see if it's the best price and then start to, to trade with them. Or let's say they don't have enough liquidity, then you need to hunt around for someone else and do, you know, try to split up the trade. Um, as opposed to just trading with one big pool where you have a at least relatively predictable price. So, um, like one one end, um, Litecoin is working with Thorchain, right? They're on Thorchain, yeah. Okay, so that's, um, I mean, people will go back and forth about how actually decentralized Thorchain is. <laughs> so let's table that discussion. But let's at least just say it's a semi-distributed or at least somewhat distributed. <laughs> Um, exchange. It seems and, fairly. It seems fairly. Um, I mean, it's obviously it's permissionless, right? There's no KYC. Um, there's pretty good liquidity to it, and I don't know enough about. I, I, and I'm not intimately knowledgeable. I, I've used it a tiny bit, but what I've seen, I really like it. And what I like about it too is that uh, I think the nodes are incentivized to keep things running as you know, as well as possible. They want, like you want user experience on Cakewall to be good. These node operators on Thor also want the user experience to be good because they're making a lot of money, right? So their incentives are in the right place. If that makes any sense. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think it's the right way to look at it. And that's really how we've looked at it from the Cake side is that we have people today that have the convenience within Cake of using a centralized instant exchanger and there are risks with that, but so far they've been pretty good. But it would be good if people had the option to 
have the same user experience as using a centralized exchange. Although instead of trusting the centralized exchange, they didn't have a specific party that they needed to trust. So um, we have been working with the ThorChain team side to get the work on Monero audited for them to actually be able to support it. Um, and then the code written up so that Monero can specifically be added to ThorChain. Um, as you may have seen, it's been a bit of a challenge with their network <laughs> the past few months. Um, however, we're pretty committed to, to pushing that project forward. That's been one of the things I've been working on quite a bit. And uh, it would be really nice if people could use ThorChain to, um, I mean, it's not an atomic swap, but they could trade using a more decentralized exchange, uh, Litecoin and Monero back and forth. And they could even provide, uh, I mean, the way ThorChain works, you'd provide liquidity for the Litecoin rune pair and you'd provide liquidity for the Monero rune pair. And then anytime someone wanted to swap between, or trade, sorry, between Litecoin and, and Monero, then you would also take part of the part of the exchange fees as a liquidity provider. So are you are you saying that Cake maybe in the long you know assuming Thor let's say sticks around and lasts, um, will you guys get to the point where you might use that as your back end for trades out of Cake Wallet or you're not maybe not taking that leap yet? Oh no, not even the long term. Like that's that's been our goal for for months now. Oh okay. Um, I would say it's definitely. <laughs> Thorchain has had issues with their network. <laughs> and so that definitely set things back. And, you know, at the start of the year, Thorchain was talking pretty aggressively like, oh, we're going to do this and do that, and do this and that. And they got a bit of a reality check. <laughs> um, so things are going a little bit slower and things are being audited well in advance and being tested and the implementations are being, you know, certainly, you know, take a little bit extra time. <laughs> um, but, you know, currently, uh, you know, the Cake team has worked with an audit firm to audit the Monero multi-sig code that ThorChain wants to use. So we're definitely moving those things forward. We want to, in the first stage, allow people to be able to trade just like they use an instant exchanger for now. Um, you know, Monero to Litecoin, let's say, and, and back. Um, and then the second stage would be allowing people to directly within Cake uh, provide liquidity for these pairs. Oh, wow. That's cool. Because on the Monero side, we're like, you know, we're by and large left out from a lot of these, you know, really cool DeFi oh, yeah, things. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. So we see this as a very important way to to sort of plug Monero into the ecosystem. And, and Litecoin's already on ThorChain. So what's a fantastic asset for you to swap back and forth from to provide liquidity on those pairs? Like, it, it it's great. It, it, I, I'm really excited for that. No, well, I mean, I, I started, I went in, I'm, I'm a very cautious dabbler, right? So I think it was last April or something. I, I put in, I think I put in like four Litecoin. I was like, I just want to see what this is all about on ThorChain to add, add some liquidity. And I, you know, when everything crashed, my coins were gone. I mean, they weren't gone, but they were locked up and I couldn't access them for however long they were down, like two months or something, but it came back up and, my coins were there and everything uh, continued as, as it had before. Um, you know, obviously you're, you're playing with the volatility of the rune coin and all that, which um, I mean, whatever it is, what it is. I just wanted to learn a little more about it. And so, I mean, it's interesting that you guys are looking at that. I know that like Eric Voorhees talks about Thor quite a bit. And so it sounds like there's a lot of support for what they've put together over there. And yeah, the fact 
that you could get that out of the wall, it would be pretty wild. So I, I have a question for you too, because uh, Johnny Litecoin is not in here, but it, we had an episode a couple weeks ago about uh, mobile wallets we talked a lot about. And I, I'm curious, what is in it for you guys? What's in it for a mobile wallet app? How do you make money? Yeah, that's a really good question. We want to be as transparent as possible. So we make literally $0 when someone downloads the app. We make no money when someone deposits deposits Litecoin in the app. I asked you how you do make money, not how you don't make money. (laughs) I'll I'll get there. I'll get there, right? I just want to be clear where we don't make money first. So yeah, if you just download a cake, use it as a... Used it as, you know, just a Litecoin wallet, send money back and forth. We make no money from you at all. We're glad you use Cake. We hope you recommend it to your friends. But that's not where we make our money. Um, Cake Wallet makes its money every time you effectively trade within the app. So every time you click the exchange button, every time you uh, click the buy button, um, we allow people to buy Litecoin with their credit and debit card uh, directly in Cake Wallet, for example. Uh, Every time someone does that, we get a small percent. So... That's how where we make. That, where money. does that come from? Because I know I noticed that I didn't utilize it, but what? Where am I buying it from if I do that? Um, so with credit and debit card for Litecoin, it is through MoonPay at the moment. Uh, that said, we have put in a lot of effort because nobody out there, nobody else in the U.S. Um, allows you to just have like a, a non-custodial mobile app and then just pull out your credit card and then just get Monero in your non-custodial app. So. Uh, they do it for Bitcoin. They even do it for Litecoin, like like I just said with MoonPay. But nobody does it for Monero. So at Cake, we've been working behind the scenes for a while to set up a company that allows us to specifically do this. And the, the fact that we can deliver, pull, you know, pull out your credit card and get Monero directly into your non-custodial wallet, um, like if we're able to support that, there's no reason we couldn't also support uh, doing the same for for Litecoin. Yeah. What? Why is I mean, I know Monero, obviously, what was it? Bittrex had to shut it down. And it's kind of this almost like an unspoken rule that no one wants to carry Monero. Is it just it's uh, just not worth the effort or not worth the potential legal ramifications down the line? Is that what you think is going on? Uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, that for most people, that is the actual correct answer. <laughs> they may say something else. They may say, oh, well, the compliance concerns, whatever. But at the end of the day, it usually just means they don't feel it's worth trying to figure this out. Um, Cake is different because Cake drives, or um, with Cake, Monero drives a huge amount of our user base and a huge amount of our trades. So it actually does matter to us, unlike most exchanges out there. Like, uh, I mean, with Litecoin, you're pretty lucky because most exchanges are just going to want to list Litecoin because a lot of people use it to transfer back and forth between exchanges. It's cheap, it's fast, it's it's, it's what people co- want to use. Hey, people it's the greatest coin in the world. Forever. It's the greatest right? coin in the world. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Like people, <laughs> people love to use it. People love to use it. So with Monero, it's fast and, and cheap, but it's, it's it's a different code base than Bitcoin. People aren't as familiar with it. It has this whole like shadowy coder side to it, right? So like people just don't want to have to deal with it as much. And so uh, for us, it's it's very important. But to, to most exchanges, it's kind of a rounding error in their in their trading volume, right? Does that just, does um, that just make you mental though? That when you look at Coinbase, 
I, I've worked in, uh, you know, for two years, I worked in cryptocurrency compliance for an exchange that did support Monero. And we're trying to go around getting people to support Monero. And they just, like, they, it was worse than, like, being against it. They were just apathetic. And that was so frustrating. Like, it really was. So we, like a cake, we want to specifically build out the infrastructure. We've been one of the few people that have been doing that. And I'm really excited to be able to do all this stuff finally. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I, I get frustrated that Coinbase lists. I mean, it's, I laugh at it now. It's so ridiculous. But at least Litecoin's on there. I, I can't even imagine if Litecoin wasn't on there. I'd be like, how, how are we adding? Every week, there's two or three new coins. But I will say, so when if you go back and listen to our second episode, uh, when David Burkett, the Mimble Wimble guy, was on here, one one thing he said is that, and I didn't know this, is that exchanges, it's very easy for them to add a token an ethereum token there's no there's no real work to it it's almost like a copy and paste okay now we can uh buy and sell trade this token where with something like an an entire blockchain like a monero or a litecoin or uh i mean i don't know who else would be out there maybe uh i don't even know who else digibyte maybe something like that. That, that then they have to actually there's a lot of work involved there's a lot of cost to actually get that up and running so they're just looking for trading volume. They could care less. And obviously their customer base isn't demanding anything beyond just, I don't know. Maybe the customer base doesn't even really care that much. There's no attachment to any of these projects for the most part. So anyway. One, one thing I can say is that if we offer Litecoin purchases ourselves within Wallet, you bet we'll support Mimblewimble directly. <laughs> you know, call it your credit card directly get, Mimblewimble Litecoin, yeah. Like, if we could support direct purchases of Monero and shielded Zcash, but there's, we we unquestionably can support purchases direct to Litecoin Mimblewimble. No question. Right, I, uh, that that's awesome. But I'm going to push you a little bit. Can I ask for one more favor? <laughs> oh gosh, what's this now? Go for well, it. Well, since you're, in, I guess, if you're talking to the Thor people, if you can get Thor Chain to have Mimblewimble implemented as well, so maybe. Like uh, Indigo called it, what did you call it, MWLTC as an option? That would be yep. a huge gain because one of the things that uh, David Burkett had said about Mimblewimble, just like with Monero, the more you use it, the more private, the more this massive coin join becomes. And uh, yeah, that would be huge. So just drop a line to him. Just let him know. We'd appreciate so- that. Yeah, one thing I was thinking about doing, uh, what I mentioned earlier is that like in log scale space, every now and then they hold a free, get some Satoshis through LMBTC. And one, Nimblewimble is actually implemented onto Litecoin. One thing I like to do, I like to go into these Bitcoin maxi spaces and debate them. But one thing I want to <laughs> do is do the same thing uh, for Mimblewimble Litecoin. But the also reason why I brought up Atomic Swaps is because I just like to go into their backyard and show them what else they could do. So like doing a nimble wimble like LTC atomic swap to LNBTC, I think would be, um, or, you know, a, a reverse submarine atomic swap would be fun and be kind of fun to just show them that you can have this privacy both on chain as well as on uh, LNBTC. Yeah, man, you rattle that stuff off. I don't know how you keep track of all those different chains you're talking about. <laughs> So I, I will say, uh, yes, I will talk to the Thorchain people. I'll see what's up. 
the hard part about ThorChain, and this is something that we really have struggled with plugging Monero in, is that ThorChain itself is a very, very transparent network by design, and Monero is a very opaque network by design. So trying to plug these into each other in the way that they talk together well was, it, it took a few extra steps. Um, there was sort of a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And we sort of went back and forth and we're going forward with the, what is, in my opinion, the right way to do it, which takes a little bit extra work. Um, so I will be very interested to see what plugging into the Mimblewimble side on Litecoin will look like. So I'll do some research on that and see what, I mean, if, Again, it's one of those things. If we can figure it out for Monero, we should be able to figure it out for Wimble Wimble uh, with Litecoin. It's one of those things we can we can just take a closer look at. Um, and then when it comes to uh, those swaps, Indigo, if you know people that are working on libraries or are doing research on this or whatever, send me a DM and let's just let's figure out a way for us to support you guys, okay? For sure. Yeah, definitely. I think... Um... What's, uh, what's his name? David. Sorry, I'm just waking up. Burkett. He's building, Burkett. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's building a, a, a wallet for LTC and BTC for it to be able to do uh, submarine atomic swaps. Or, yeah, atomic he, swaps. And he, then I also, he's, he's not doing that, but uh, was, uh, Lo, Loshan at Litecoin is. Loshan, excuse me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also I know that uh, Bolts HQ uh, I think some of their developers are from PayPal. Um, they uh, uh, exchange uh, is where you're able to also do atomic swaps. I think it's open source, and there's a GitHub repo uh, available for you to guys for you guys to dive into. All right. Thank you. Anybody, anybody got any questions about Cake Wallet? I got some yeah. non Cake Wallet questions for you, but go ahead, Tux. What's up? Thank you. Um, first of all, Justin, just want to thank you for being here. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, with, with Cake Wallet, I understand that, that Vic was talking recently um, about uh, integration or, or uh, developing on Cake Wallet and having sort of three separate versions. Would you be able to talk a little bit about that and in particular the Monero-only version? What, what would people be able to expect from that? Yeah, that's a good question. So Cake Wallet has... It supports three coins, right? Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Monero. But since we started as a Monero-only wallet, a lot of people, especially in the Monero community, see us as like a Monero wallet first, so to speak. And to some extent, that's changing a little bit because you want to support other ecosystems. You want to support more advanced features with Litecoin, with Bitcoin, all these sorts of things. So in order to give uh, the members of the Monero community who want an authentically Monero-specific experience, because you know they're out there. <laughs> and there's people that are rightfully concerned, and we want to make sure that their concerns are addressed, that, that whatever wallet they use, if they want to use a Monero wallet, is entirely focused on delivering a good Monero experience. So we, uh, we mentioned a few weeks ago uh, that we are making a separate from Cake Wallet, um, entirely Monero-only app. There's going to be no Litecoin, no Bitcoin, sorry. <laughs> um, but you guys still have Cake Wallet. And this is, like, we're very confident at this point that it will be released by the end of the year. So hopefully it'll be a nice Christmas present um, for those who want to use a specific Monero-only app. And I still can't share what the name of this wallet is, uh, but I think you all are going to like it if, if you are... Uh, fans of the Monero ecosystem. 
Um, but I, I respect that I'm in a, in a Litecoin room right now. And <laughs> you all will always have Cake Wallet, which is the main wallet. You won't have to reinstall anything. Uh, Cake Wallet will continue to support Litecoin. And we want the focus to increasingly be on Litecoin going forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we are in a Litecoin room. But I am, I'm a big, big fan of, of Monero. And uh, I'm definitely one of those people that's excited for that. So thank you for the, for the Christmas present. I'm going to enjoy that. Good to hear. Thank you. Thanks for using cake. Any other questions? I got, I got, how much time you got, Justin? <laughs> I'm good. I'm in central. So I, you know, Vic's in here. So if I'm tired tomorrow, he'll know why. <laughs> oh, it won't get, it won't get, I mean, I won't get, you won't be here too long, but uh, I'm actually interested. I got a question for you. So you get, you know, like there's a uh, Twitter pages that are like bad legal takes. You ever see those before? Oh yeah, those are some, sometimes they're very funny. Yeah. All right. So if you're a moderator in a crypto subreddit, I got to hear some of the bad crypto takes you've heard in your life. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. I I have one right now. I have one before you even go. Uh, it's this. I don't even know his name. Jason. I, oh, I know it. Jason Lowry. If you guys know who I'm talking about, this dude's post this week about Dogecoin mining. He was on Pomp's show and he was talking about well. Litecoin only mines X amount of Terra hashes uh, a day. That's only like four Bitcoin miners. Like, why don't we just attack the Litecoin network? And it was like, oh, my God, how is this guy have 40,000 followers? But go ahead. <laughs> Let me hear a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good one. I um, I feel like bad crypto takes is probably the majority of the of crypto Twitter. But, but that said. <laughs> Except for nice Litecoin some... Underground. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all guilty of this at some point, perhaps. But but that said, it would be nice if there was one uh, very knowledgeable person that still had a sense of humor that was able to put those together. I mean, I, I would follow that. I definitely would. They... <laughs> I mean, crypto is too easy to make fun of, right? Like, I'm sorry. it's NFTs have a use, but they're also really easy to make fun of. So it's oh, really yeah. nonstop entertainment. Anyway, sorry, I'll answer the question. Uh, so um, normally, I would say the most common one is that people will very quickly sort of make this profound assumption about something being obviously good tech, or this obviously is good in this one sense. Um, one thing I've seen repeatedly over the years, and I, I hope I'm not pissing anybody off here, <laughs> but... Uh, Nano, for example. So Nano has almost like you know, for, for years has been disproportionately represented in the cryptocurrency subreddit. People are very quick to sort of support it in some sense. And on paper, you might see why you might say like, oh, well, who doesn't want quote unquote free transactions? Who doesn't want this or that? Right. But like and so you'll, you'll have a lot of discussions where people are like, oh, well, Nano is just obviously like such good tech and it's like so good. And it's like, okay, well, if there's no transaction fees at all, what's going to happen? And then, of course, earlier in the year, the very obvious thing happened that it was spammed and the network was unusable um, for a long, long period of time. Yep. Um, so I'd say that's definitely one where people sort of, despite not being a coder, despite never looking at the code, um, despite looking over egregious loopholes, <laughs> will sort of make the assumption that, oh, something is really good tech. Um, one thing I've seen recently is people say that about Loop Ring, for example. Uh, Loop Ring 
is one where everyone's like, oh, well, it's obviously so good. Like, you know, they, they sat down with Vitalik once, right? And it's just, it's just the future of everything. But like, we got to wait it out. Same thing with Cardano. There's definitely a meme with Cardano, not just in the cryptocurrency subreddit, that, uh, you know, things are, you know, you just got to wait, right? You think like, it'll just come eventually. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, and, and like those I don't know enough about to to rag on them, but you know, like there was well, there was one today, like uh, David Burkett, the Mimble Wimble guy. You know, someone was almost kind of mocking him for, you know, when's Mimble Wimble coming out? And, and he's got a website. It's, I mean, it's literally around the corner. I think it's. I mean, if anybody has information, I would say it's within the next three to four weeks. We'll have at least some insight into it, but. um you know, he was just, it, you get over it eventually. Like these, there's just so many bad crypto takes, right? Because there's so many promises by other chains that it's easy to start become assuming they're all just empty promises, but this one is actually coming. Uh, another, good, <laughs> another good thing I see though, if you guys ever go to, uh, there's a Twitter page called uh, shit Bitcoiners say, have you guys ever followed that one before? Okay. A lot of support for that one. It's funny because it's all the grandiose things that Bitcoiners believe. You know, that some just random noob, you know, Bitcoin's going to be the only single asset in the history of the world. And there you won't own real estate anymore because you're going to want to own Bitcoin. It's like, okay, dude, slow down. <laughs> Bitcoin <laughs> solves this. <laughs> yeah, Bitcoin solves, you know, uh, seasonal depression <laughs> exactly exactly right <laughs> so, bitcoin solves seasonal depression because you'll be making too much money and have so much gains <laughs> that you'll never be depressed yeah stuff like yeah, that exactly uh what was the other i have one other question for you i'm trying to i'm i jot things down as i'm going around um well yeah so i i mean i i welcome you to stick around and, and maybe we'll bring up other topics but i appreciate you coming in does, does anybody else want to step up before i kind of End of the I got one session for Justin. Yeah. 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 One thing. Um, it's what you and I were talking about with that rope dog last week, right? Yeah. I wanted to see, uh, with, with Justin, we were discussing privacy last week and sort of got to the, to the conclusion that it, there's no single solution that, that you can really take as an individual to protect your privacy and to have, you know, the most of it that you possibly can. And it's more of a, of an arsenal so to speak, uh, an arsenal of things that you use to have as much of that as you can. What I was wondering is, is, is there anything that, that you uh, would, would want to highlight that, that could be helpful for that? Like what, what, what would be in your arsenal? Because I know you're a big uh, proponent of privacy. That's a good question. So the first thing I would say is tr start with a threat model. Put it, put it specific, put pen to paper with some of the basics. Say, okay, my goal is to not even eliminate, but reduce my reliance on Google, for example. That might be your first goal. And see where that takes you. Or I'm going to stop using SMS. If I'm using SMS to send all my messages, right? So TechLore um, is a very good uh, individual who has actually a team, sorry, at this point, um, that advocates for privacy, not specifically for cryptocurrencies. They actually don't focus too much on cryptocurrencies. But I've been... Like the second I found TechLore, I was just an immediate supporter because their stuff is really down to earth. It meets people where they are. It doesn't jump in saying, oh, well, 
you were using the Tor browser bundle, but like, that's not enough. You got to be like even more careful. You got to move to like the woods first, right? Like there, <laughs> people in the privacy community, sometimes they almost, some people, not all of course, but some people sort of like to one up each other on what extreme measures they're taking. And that's good for pushing the boundary. It's good to set some examples. It's good to give communities to those sort of extreme cases. And most people probably aren't like that. And so they want to start with some of the basics. So like even using a password manager, frankly, is like the number one thing you probably can do for your privacy that most people aren't doing. So if you so are able to just use like KeyPassXC or Bitwarden or even LastPass, like that's better. Like that's the single Wait, greatest you gotta, change you, gotta, you can gotta, make. You got to back up. You got to back up. <laughs> okay. What, okay. You said, what's the simplest thing people can do? Um, so a lot, like you only need to talk to some friends or family to know how they store their passwords, right? They're normally not strong. They're not unique. They're only not good. They're not, uh, they're not as good as they could be. Um, this is even before you get to 2FA and other advanced, primarily security, um, advantages. So, um, just, Sitting down, starting to use a password manager, this is something that allows you to more easily store um, you, you know, unique, strong passwords for certain apps and websites. And simply by just having a strong password, I mean, sure, it's not going to solve every data leak out there or data breach out there, but it's going to mean that it's going to be harder for someone to log into your Facebook account with all of your personal info with your password 12345. Right. Which, you know, having a strong password on Facebook is at least a step forward for your privacy as opposed to the next step, which is getting off Facebook. Right. So really, the first thing someone should do. And luckily, crypto has actually helped a lot with this, where people are more likely to understand the importance of using strong passwords. Um, but it is to use a password manager. So I'd hope most people would get that in the cryptocurrency space. But that's really, you know, number one. Um, I would I would say, and then start focusing on what your specific threat model is. You know, stop using SMS, stop using normal phone calls. Those are usually the easiest for 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 many people. And then from there, you can see where things take you. But those are really the the lowest. Um, those are the sort of the easy wins that most people are not taking advantage of. So as an SMS, using something like a a private messaging app you're saying instead of using your normal text messages. Yeah. Like he's, I mean, people have disadvantage or people hate on signal a lot. I mean, signal is not perfect in any sense, but signal encrypted messages are a billion times better than SMS. They're like night and day. Right. So if you just use those, even though sure you can go back and forth about actually in this edge case or actually this, I mean, there are like no edge cases in SMS. You're just leaking everything all the time. So it's much better to get those things to edge cases. So most people aren't doing that. And sometimes the privacy community can be pretty intimidating where we say, oh, well, if you want privacy on Bitcoin, you need to like use Whirlpool and it costs you like $100 and you need to spend like six <clears throat> days mixing your funds. And like you need to know what, 70 of these terminologies are like that's a high bar and some people will like to get into that into those weeds but most people won't so yeah, it's like it's like uh there's levels you know i think we've talked about that with decentralization right and it's almost 
you know, the all or nothing attitude is, I don't know, is it, is there a word for that in the English language of all or nothing? You know, it's like, it's like maximalism, right? It's all, it's all Bitcoin or we're at zero, you know, everything else goes to zero. Like that's not a logical stance is, you know, I need to have absolute privacy in every single thing I do. Well, that's just, it's overkill, right? Maybe overkills the word. Um, well, I, I got a question for you because, uh, you brought up DeFi and how, um, you know, Ethereum provides that liquidity or those whatever markets we decide to talk about um, on Ethereum or on Solana or whatever they're going to be. What do you think about what Elizabeth Warren was talking about to and yesterday? Do you feel like do you feel like shots are getting fired? I saw her comments. Primarily on stable coins. Is that what you're talking about or something else? Well, she did. And then she went on to say this. Cause I actually wrote this down because I was, uh, I don't know. I was pretty alarmed by it. She said, DeFi is the most dangerous part of the crypto world. It's one of the shadiest parts of crypto. And she said, you may be, this is, so she goes, it's the home for the scammers and the, and uh, I forgot the word she used. And she said, you, you never know on the other end of your trade, you may be dealing with a terrorist. And I thought, man, that's some very extreme language for people trying to just have trade among themselves. And since, you, since you're talking about backing some of these cake wallet trades in you know, DeFi at some point and that liquidity, what it provides, um, obviously it's valuable to people who want to use it. Uh, I'm just curious of what you, what you would, what your take is on that. What do you think about that? Uh, well, it's disappointing. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, well, I guess actually. I, well, I if you didn't, li- if you didn't actually, listen to it, I understand. You don't want to talk. No, about no, it, it's very good actually that that Monero was not thrown under the bus in that sense because we've been <laughs> in the cryptocurrency industries throwing under the bus tool for literally ever. <laughs> so, yay, it's something else. Well, what, uh, what was mean, weird I, about it is she was calling out stable coins. You know, she was saying these are these, I don't know, like if if everybody ran for the door, essentially like as a as in a bank run, like pre-Fed, right? So if everybody ran for the door on a stable coin, yeah, the stable coin could go to zero or are we even sure that there's even any stable, any dollars to back those stable coins because Tether and whoever else, they're investing in things besides U.S. dollars. Um, it was just, it was really weird. I thought that was a very weird thing she was talking about. I didn't quite understand where she was going with it because I felt like, if anything, she was describing a free market. She was, like, if things don't go well, you might lose. Like, the, is that the end of the world? I don't know. <laughs> like, be aware of what you're dealing with. But I don't know. I guess, what did you think about the stablecoin comments? Um, to be clear, there are like are risks that people talk about with stable coins that are valid, but I think just the sort of aggressive approach is probably the wrong way to approach things. I mean, Tether, for example, by and large, has been outside of the U.S. regulatory environment with how it directly operates for really its whole existence, right? But it's still around and it's still a risk, so to speak. Um, and it's a uh, I guess I find it a little bit frustrating when people, well, not a little, I find it very, very frustrating when a lot of, I mean, you see both Democrats and Republicans do this, sadly, where they will 
sort of attack um, and a user's ability to engage in these really interesting DeFi financial products when they should probably be going against the bad actors in the space itself. So I really wish the focus would be more on seeing who the, like if someone's launching a Ponzi, an obvious Ponzi in the DeFi space, right? Go after the person that's launching the Ponzi. Don't go after the person that's suckered into it, right? Um, and that, yeah, or even, even if you created a, like the FDA, quote unquote, yeah, the FDA of cryptocurrencies, where I'm as an American citizen, you're going and just, you have a place, a, a site I can go to and you can give me a fair uh, amount of information and give me an assessment of what you think of that asset or what's my risk level. Give me a red to green risk level of certain assets without necessarily intervening, but you're providing me with some information. Like that would be valuable to me. And as somebody like she describes these new users who have no understanding of what's going on, um, I think that could be valuable, but you're not, you're not going to stop. Tether can just move to whatever country they want to move to. Like, I don't know. And they can, ba- they can back their currency in dollars or they can use the Euro or they can use whatever currency they decide to use. It doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? They're nationless essentially. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. yeah. If in my ideal world, and I know this isn't actually good in practice, but I'm just speaking out loud. If you can wave a magic wand and make it happen <laughs> in, in a good way, which is impossible in, in actual implementation. But if you can somehow basically make t- people taste, take like an impartial test to be like, yes, I know what I'm doing. And then boom, you're able to do whatever you want with that type of thing you have shown knowledge about. I mean, in the ideal world, that would make sense. But obviously... Who administers a test? Who does this? Is that discriminatory? All these sorts of real questions come up, but at right. least it's better than, uh, than do you have, like, are you qual- a qualified investor that has a lot of money and therefore is able to lose money and not be like, you know, <laughs> broke. <laughs> That's kind of how it is in the U S at the moment. What, what are you talking about? Well, I mean, we have lotteries in every single state. Yeah. That, I mean, that's <laughs> a good point. Have, they have casinos in every state now. So they're not stopping everybody from gambling. They're not. That's what I understand. It's a, it's just a very weird thing to attack, and I and I know why. Like at the end of the day, um, if we all abandon the fiat system, it becomes a very big problem. So, I mean, I I just I love the tools you guys have created. I'm really I hadn't even had any exposure at all to Cake Wallet before seven days ago, and learning about it, I'm very very excited about it. I think I'm. I guess thank you guys for building this. It's very cool. Um. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. And if, again, any comments, questions, anything at all, let me know and we'll, we'll fix it, right? We'll make it better. <laughs> that's what you want to do. So here, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you my, I don't know if this will be controversial. This is something that uh, maybe has been brewing with me for a while, but as we all know, there's maximalists. And what I'm, what I've been continually growing frustrated with is that as Litecoiners, we're very much Litecoin, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Bitcoin, right? Hey, we got all these qualities of Bitcoin. But you know what? Bitcoiners never talk about Bitcoin Litecoin. They only talk about Bitcoin. And I believe that if we can build bonds among various cryptos, Litecoin and Monero being two of them, I see a lot more capability uh, and I I don't want to call it power, but there's not money behind it yet. But Litecoin and Monero 
pairing together and being more unified makes sense to me at this point than Litecoin and Bitcoin do. That might be a really crazy thing to say among a room full of Litecoiners. But I feel like when I talk to Monero people, they understand crypto and the original purpose of crypto. And I think Litecoiners do too. And that's why we're Litecoiners. If we were chasing uh, the glory, we would be Bitcoiners, I guess. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling like we need to continue to build this multi-chain world, have a full crypto community that's talking about things like ThorChain and Monero and Litecoin and all these decentralized options we have and do less talking about how are we going to get the be fall into the graces of the governments. You know what I mean? So you don't have to respond to that, Justin, but that's just, just where I'm feeling right now. So, all right. You got anything else to say? Are you got any questions for Litecoiners? Come on. This is reciprocal. <laughs> you've been doing a great job <laughs> asking my questions. I appreciate it. Um, I guess my main question is, besides Member Wimble, which has obviously been top of mind for a while, something we're very, very interested in, or really anybody who cares about privacy should be interested in, of course. Um, but it's something I've been interested in for a while. Is there anything that I should be aware of that the Litecoin development team is working on or anything else that's just kind of cool? Uh, yeah, okay. So first off, I am I have no association with developers or the Litecoin Foundation or Charlie Lee. I'm just a guy who created Litecoin Underground, just so I'm clear. But we've had, we've had some people in here from uh, the foundation and probably two, well, I'll say, yeah, the three things that they've worked on that are pretty exciting they talked about a few weeks ago were uh, a new Lightning Wallet. A pl they're calling it Plasma Wallet, and it'll allow for submarine swaps or whatever, atomic swaps, whatever they call them, between Litecoin and Bitcoin, which that's very exciting. Uh, wrapped Litecoin is, I think, coming pretty soon. Uh, they have a website, uh, Jinji. I'm I'm sure you know who Jinji is. He announced it on. Uh, I think he shared it, and so and he talked about it on this on this uh, spaces a few weeks ago. And then the third one is OmniLight, which is it's not being utilized right now, and we're trying to figure out what's to come of it. But it's essentially a smart contract platform with NFTs. You can build. Uh, you can make tokens on it and stable coins should be able to utilize it. So I think a stable coin, what Jinji told us is that Charlie is in talks with one of the major stable coins to bring it to OmniLite on Litecoin. So whether that's USDC or Tether, I don't really know, but that's really exciting because if you've used stable coins, the fees are similar to an Ethereum or Bitcoin fee. So to get a, to be able to move, um, stable coins for less than a penny is pretty exciting. So those would be the three things I would say you're probably going to see on top of Mimblewimble within the next six to 12 months. By wraps, do you mean a, like wraps Litecoin on Ethereum or something else? Yeah, on Ethereum, yep. Okay. You guys gonna, you want to help us out? You want to wrap Ethereum on Solana? <laughs> you trust us to wrap Ethereum? You trust us to wrap Litecoin on? How about this? We'll wrap Litecoin wrapped on Ethereum on Solana. Okay, if you trust us to do that. I don't even know what that means anymore. Oh. I'm lost. 
You're like six levels deep on me. <laughs> that was, I guess that was the joke, but yes, yes. There's, <laughs> there's many ways to do wrapped assets. Is there, uh, is there like wrapped Solana on Ethereum? <laughs> there probably I, is, isn't there? I mean, I, I'm sure somebody's <laughs> done it. I, I, at least I would hope that in this big crypto market, someone's done that. All right. What, what's the biggest scam in crypto right now? <laughs> the biggest scam? I'm going to hit you with just some fun questions. Let's go. Come on, Justin. What's the biggest scam? Oh, um, <laughs> in terms of being overvalued, my personal take is, take is Cardano. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to anyone who likes Cardano, but they have nothing nothing to show for it yet. And it's just all built on hype. So, uh, yeah. All right. That's my, that's my vote. I will say, so we're, so since Litecoin merged mines with Dogecoin, that's another one. Maybe Elon has, has gotten into my brain, but that's another one we've just decide we're we've, we're embracing dogecoin because we feel like uh again this multi-chain world the more the merrier if people are interested in decentralized coins and uh you know proof of work assets we're all for it and the more the you know come into the club you know what i'm saying so that's why you're <laughs> yeah. here today i didn't even think about that to be honest i mean i I was familiar with the merge mine dynamic, but I really didn't revisit it since <laughs> since Dogecoin took off, right? So, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you something to think more. about. I'll give you something to think about. So, Dogecoin does not have a uh, a cap on supply. They add like five billion coins a year from now until forever, and so the mining rewards as a Litecoin miner will dwindle as the block rewards go away, right? You have to rely on fees from Litecoin. This is, I should let Indigo talk about this because this guy, he, I know he knows this inside out. Where Dogecoin fees or block rewards will never go away, which means that that's actually good for the long-term sustainability of the Litecoin mining because as Bitcoin miners lose block rewards, they're definitely going to start shutting down machines, right? Or fees are going to go up. One of the two is going to have to happen. And so that long-term outlook is, that's beneficial. What we kind of feel like Charlie Lee might've had some very, you know, Nostradamus type of stuff seeing 10, 20 years into the future that this uh, uncapped asset is actually beneficial. And really you can, you can, uh, well, Monero never runs out of rewards, right? Yeah, we're quote unquote uncapped as well. Yes, we at least have a permanent tail emission, as we call it. So it's a similar and, situation. No, and there's something to that. It's like you're either going to pay the fee. Um, it's almost like I'm, I don't want to make this sound bad. It's like a socialism thing, right? You're spreading the cost of transactions across the entire network by inflating the supply as opposed to charging the direct user of that asset, if that makes any sense. And it's minor inflation, right? 1% inflation, half percent inflation. Um, I don't think is that bad as long as you can, as long as you know what it is and you can plan for it. I don't think inflation is the end of the world in small, small doses. So Indigo, do you want to hit him with some of that mining stuff? Because you know it 10 times better than I do. Actually, I think you did a really good job there. It's, you know, this is definitely something way down in the future. And it's kind of more of a thought experiment of what will happen once, you know, the block rewards are are done. And, you know, I, I know that there's a theory that the on-chain fees would be able to supp supplement or the cost 
to do an on-chain fee would be enough for miners to continue to mine when there's no more rewards. So, you know, this is more of a, a thought experiment. Um, but, you know, with the fact that Litecoin or uh, script miners, for example, are mining both Litecoin and Doge, uh, that thought experiment, you know, you know for a fact that Doge will continue to provide rewards. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, was it tail emission? Um, so, actually, no, yeah, uh, you know, Mega, you did a really good job there explaining. I couldn't really say much more uh, to what you've said. All right. I must have, I've learned from listening to you. I can tell you that. One thing I haven't <laughs> thought of, because people in the Monero community, I mean, they have different views, of course, but most people are probably for what Monero has if they're in the Monero community, which is this tail emission. So people there are generally favorable of the idea of having some less than 1% or approximately 1% inflation starting next year. And then, you know, it's, it's disinflationary. So it's, you know, asymptotically approaching zero. It doesn't actually hit zero percent, but it, you know, asymptotically does. Um, so. Can I, can I, I ask you like, like, for, hang on real quick. So I know, for example, like there's like 18 million, 19 million Monero right now. So how many are at this point being created on a yearly basis? Oh, Oh. <laughs> I know that's that, like looking into the darkness. It's like, right. Um, there's like, a, there's about, it's probably, if I had to guess, there's probably about 0.8 XMR per block, which is every two minutes. And then you have to multiply that to be annualized. Um, so Indigo. someone wants to do that math for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right, go ahead. Um, the tail emission is 0.6 XMR. So we're actually pretty close to that point. So, um, that's about one. It's, it's roughly one percent, and it stays at zero point six percent. So as the supply grows, you know, the percent inflation heads towards zero. So I, I, I just want to say that, like that I never thought too much about the idea of a coin being merged mined with another coin that does have some issuance. So miners would be getting. Let's just say the primary issuance would be whatever token that is – the primary reward for the miners would be whatever token is being um, – that, that still has inflationary-type uh, issuance. Sorry. Maybe. And unless, unless the volume is high enough on the un, on the capped token. Right, 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 right. Like you definitely – I think there definitely is – some, again, some people in the Monero community would disagree with this, but I think personally, there is certainly room for fees to cover enough of incentive on their own. I think Bitcoin is in a pretty, all things considered, in a well-positioned space for that, right? We don't know what's going to happen with Ethereum, but they certainly have fees there <laughs> that can cover some uh, some mining security. But I, I haven't thought about it such as like some secondary assets that is providing a lot of the rewards from just their inflationary issuance. And then sort of the, like them agreeing to secure your network through the added bonus fees on the side. Um, now that said, um, I, I guess, I guess I'm in, as Indigo was saying, this is more of a thought experiment than anything else where you're like, okay, at what point do they actually care about the incentive of supporting the secondary network that is providing less income or what if another group comes in are they really going to you know all sorts of philosophical questions at that point um but i yes. think um to well, a large extent we don't really know 
Well, what was interesting is we talked in our in, in the first podcast we had uh, why Litecoin's not here, but we talked about you know what you're essentially paying for with mining rewards is you're paying for the secure you're you're paying to know that when I send a coin, I'm not I'm not or I'm, when I'm receiving a coin, I'm not being defrauded, and that I'm I'm working on a a non fraudulent system non fraudulent system, and uh, that's the value you're looking for. You don't want to be, you want double spend. You don't obviously want the network to crash or anybody to come in and be able to steal your coins. And what's the true value of that? I, I don't think we're anywhere near understanding what that is yet because the rewards have been so high for so long. It's almost distorted the market of security, the cost of security um, to be much higher. I mean, there's, it's, I think it's too secure right now. If I had to tell you the truth, I think Bitcoin's too secure. I think Litecoin is too secure if there's such a thing. And maybe Monero the same way. And as these block rewards run out, we'll start to get a real sense for how much does it really cost or take, how much energy needs to be uh, exerted into securing the network. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, I don't know if that makes any sense right now, but. You can listen back to our first podcast. It might make more sense. <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I see what you mean, though. There definitely are some people that think that uh, sort of overkill with some of the proof of work. Um, people are going to have different opinions on that, but I at least can see the view. Absolutely. Well, well because the speculation has gotten so high, right? The price has gone up so quickly that it's, it's, it's distorted things, essentially, right? The cost of electricity is very low compared to the cost of the asset that you're mining. So that's where the balance comes in. But all right. Well, either way, all right. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Anybody, if anybody's got any other questions for Justin or if you just want to hang out, um, I don't know what else we'll cover. But I really appreciate you coming in and joining us. And I hope Monero people are interested in Litecoin and Litecoiners are interested in Monero and primarily Cake Wallet. Right, Justin? That's yeah, why you're here. <laughs> Let's keep All right, going. so let's do it. Everybody who's here that doesn't have Cake Wallet, go on your app store. And there's, I mean, how many people are here? There's not even that many here right now. Uh, go download the app and check it out. I, I really was impressed with it. I liked it. It was a good, good user experience, like you said. Also, feel free to come up, hit that request button. Uh, any question, any ideas, any topics you want to talk about, let's do it. Yeah, actually, I do have. I have. A, I have somebody I do want to ask about. Uh, Tarrant. Taryn, Tejpal, you're up here. I just recently connected with you. Um, do you want to hop up and talk? Because you always, uh, I don't know, I've noticed, I, I just connected with you and I've liked your posts that I've read so far. I'd be interested to hear what's on your mind these days. Nope, nothing. <laughs> All right. All right, Tux, go ahead. You had your day in the sun. What do you guys say? I don't really have anything in particular. I've been really enjoying this so far. Uh, I think it's great that, that you've come on, Justin. I'm glad we were able to do this. If anyone listening does uh, nope. have anything... People are, ju people are jumping up. up here. So. Taryn did yeah. jump up. Yeah. <clears throat> Hi there. Hi, everyone. How's everybody? Good. No, I, I, I'm... I'm uh, I want to bring you up because I've noticed you've posted a lot of... I just I found interesting stuff, and I see you've been around for a while. I think you've been on, what was it, since 2010 or something, right? Correct. Yeah. 
that makes me think you're like an OG. Well, 3D printing, <laughs> virtual reality. Uh, I mean, come on, you're into everything. Yeah, I'm a techie. I've been in the tech world for since a pretty long time, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, I, I got, I got, um, I'm in the in the manufacturing world. Um, so anything to do with autonomous vehicles, electric vehicles, um, you know, aerospace, high tech. So my company, uh, what we do is we uh, develop software to help mechanical engineers and uh, simulation engineers actually create virtual models of what, um, you know, what needs to be built, what needs to be manufactured, what needs to be, you know, developed. So, um, you know, customers like Toyota, BMW, uh, Boeing, those are the kind of people I work with. So that so what, what makes you so pro Litecoin? So, you know, um, you, th- you know, it just, it is, to me, it's really simple. It is one fourth of Bitcoin. The difference between Bitcoin and Litecoin is, is just a mathematical model. Number one, okay, just the just the math behind it is different. The, it just been Bitcoin has been hyped to the moon by a couple of by by you know by, by a whole bunch of people, and Litecoin's been left behind. Um, I just see, and so I'm, I got a science and engineering background. I just see that over the next five years. Um, People are going to not sell their Bitcoin. It's just going to, it's just the market is going to freeze up. Okay. And so when that happens, you know, um, I mean, the people might sell it, but banks are going to buy it up, number one, for to have it as collateral to, you know, to, um, you know, to, to make loans and things like that. Um, it's going to become a reserve asset. It's not going to be an asset for exchange, in my opinion. Okay, I could be wrong, uh, but that's what my gut. That's what my gut tells me. I think it's going to be this marker. You know what I mean? It's just going to be the marker upon which we all we value all their assets. Correct. But don't necessarily move it. You're not going to necessarily move it or use it. It's just going to kind of be this un <laughs> this unspoken understanding that Bitcoin's the 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 metric essentially right correct correct it's it's now people are say it's you know they you know i've been seeing this curve that you know kind of inverts itself upwards i don't think that's ever going to happen i think it's just going to go to like 300 400 and stay in that you know 3000 300,333 for example and it's just going to fluctuate by you know a few percentage Okay, then the rest of the cash equity, or I don't say cash equity, but transactions are going to be on chains like Litecoin. Okay, so because it's got, okay, it's still got a dwindling supply, but it's going to catch up also. It's also going to get to that one fourth of Bitcoin. So probably at 65,000 or 75,000, it's going to plateau as well. But that's that to me is. You say sixty-five or seventy-five thousand? Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Although at that point, won't the dollars be like? That's the thing that that kind of gets to me is like, you're assuming a a stable dollar of some sort. 
Yeah. Um, like, do we flip a switch where I said it today on my other uh, page, my other account, is that, you know, we had that flash jump, right? Where everybody went to, everyone was trillionaires for a day. And could there be that hyperinflation where we get to a point where the dollars become almost meaningless? Where you would never trade your Bitcoin or your Litecoin for a dollar? So this is my theory. It could it's just my theory, okay? My speculation. The dollar is never going to go away. Um, the U.S. is going to adopt a cryptocurrency standard. Uh, and uh, whether they're going to make the dollar like a stable coin, I'm not sure. But what is certain, what is 100% certain to me, is that we simply cannot let um, China in particular, grab every single data point about Americans, okay? And that's what they're going to do with the yen, okay? With the with their digital yen or whatever they you know want to do. They want to make the digital yen the, you know, I would say, way to control all uh, international finance the way the U.S. dollar is right now, okay? Yep. So they're going to incentive. So the United States will absolutely. I mean, this is. I don't know when. I'm not a prophet. Will adopt a cryptocurrency standard. Now, I think what they're going to do is they're going to um, they're going to basically. Um, some people may not like this, but eliminate all wallets. So today. Our wallet is our bank account, our checking account. Okay, so within our checking account, whether it's Bank of America or Wells Fargo or whatever, you're going to depo- deposit your your digital U.S. dollar, and any transaction you can still hold Bitcoin or Litecoin or whatever have you, but any kind of exchange has to be converted into the to U.S. dollar, digital dollar first. That way, they can track everything. How do you think they'll do that, though? I, I, I don't quite understand. They'll how, just... Yeah, how, how? They will... They could just simply outlaw digital wallets all altogether. I'm using Cake Wallet, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Look, I work with, you know, really old people. They're very stubborn. They've, they're very, what you call, obstinate about staying the course on every single thing, okay? That's the kind of mentality of people that we have throughout our organization, through our government, unprogressive, and they, they want to stick to a certain norm. They want to have control over everything. So what they're trying to do is, if they, if they outlaw Bitcoin completely, for example, if they say, okay, this doesn't exist anymore, the, the, they, they're going to lose out their, you know, what, a couple of trillion dollars worth of, of taxes because people are going to have write-offs. And it's going to cause a whole bunch of bankruptcies and it's going to have a massive financial um, upset. And so then again, print more money and save these banks and save these institutions. So they can't do it. They cannot. So how do they make the U.S. dollar or still maintain the dominance against China and maintain some kind of um, 
I would say, control over the currency. I, you know, this is just my speculation. I've been thinking about it philosophically and thinking about how people in general, psychology of people, um, and, and even the banks who want to make, who would want Bitcoin on in their wallet, your, it's your wallet, it's your checking account, but it's a wallet. And then they would want to collateralize that and then use it for more loans and things like that. Some, you know, the same thing they do right now, fractional reserve banking, using Bitcoin, Litecoin or whatever have you. I don't know. It's, it's a controversial you know, thing that I've just said, but you just never know. You, you, the, the stupidity is cannot be underestimated. No, I actually, I do think that's a fairly likely path of um, re, recreating the gold standard, which is essentially what you're saying, right? Correct. It's an easy path. It's the, and that that's why, you know, why I'm trying to talk about self-custody and not, not, con- not getting too consumed with what the cost of your coins are in fiat dollars. It's more important to hold them, you know? Yeah, I knew you had something good to say. I could just tell by your t- posts you were a thought-out person. Thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate your input. Is it the case in, in America, because I was mentioning last week that in Australia we have four big banks, and arguably the biggest one of those banks has now introduced uh, and supported Bitcoin functionality within user accounts, within their phone banking app. Is that the case over there in the United States as well? Are there any banks doing that? Oh, it's night and day. Like, Australia for banking is terrible. You have no competition, <laughs> really. You have, you have like, like, four options, literally. And and uh, in the U.S., there's... Look, it's not perfect. There's, there's many problems with banking in the U.S., especially historically. But at least we have competition to the extent that it's more than four people. <laughs> so the bank that I use, for example, has supported showing my Coinbase balances in my banking app since what, 2013? What? <laughs> so, wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Some, some are better than others. <laughs> wow. Dang. Where is it? What bank do you use? No comment. <laughs> A bank. So are you but ready? It's a U.S. Are, bank. <laughs> uh, Justin, are you, I mean, gosh, I mean, anybody in here. Is anybody all crypto yet? I got to milk the credit card rewards. So no. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, essentially, right? Yeah. I mean, I hear what you're saying, right? But yeah, it's certainly easier to uh, utilize. I mean, you want to utilize fiat when it makes sense for you. Like there's certainly in places where they're, if they're going to give you a bunch of free 2% interest money, take it, right? But um, yeah, I'm just curious. Because and that's that's kind of the next step that I feel like I personally need to make. Uh, Fabio, you got a question or you came up? Yes, sir. I have a question and maybe an idea if anybody has the balls to do it. Okay, for Mimbo Wimbo, um, if Litecoin adds that to their blockchain or their tech. does that mean that the miners would have to switch to graphic cards or would it be the same uh, machines mining that, if anyone knows? Uh, it's the same 
machines mining, uh, Mimblewimble is run on extension blocks, which I'll be honest, I can't speak intelligently to. But essentially, it is a, it's almost like a second layer. Indigo said 100. Maybe Indigo knows. But um, as far as my understanding is, it's, it's kind of a pseudo second layer, maybe a 1.5 layer. Is that right, Indigo? Uh, well, no, I'd, I'd still say it's layer one. Um, so extension blocks, it's, it's a soft fork, meaning that um, if you still want to run uh, your current version of the Litecoin node, you can. You don't need to upgrade to this uh, new uh, feature. Uh, when you do upgrade to this new feature, it gives you the option. Uh, your node will then be able to um, be able to do Mimblewimble uh, transactions. So an extension block, the way I, w I think of it is that there's the base block. And every block is mined uh, every two and a half minutes. And uh, with, with Mimblewimble, um, so there's like a, anyone can spend address. Uh, that's a feature for Bitcoin. And with Mimblewimble, it's, a, a, it's a, a block that's connected to that base block. Now this block has its own protocol, which is I think very similar to confidential transactions. And so you, you essentially peg into this extension block and you could stay on that side of the blockchain um, and continue your transactions from there. So no, there's, uh, if you wanted to maintain your current setup, you don't have to uh, upgrade and everything else could just pretty much be the same if, you, if you're running a Litecoin node. It's, just, it's, it's optional essentially, yeah. Okay, perfect. No, because I play around with this uh, other coin. I won't mention the name, but it's... Uh, what is it? I'm curious. Uh, well, there's a couple of them, but this one that I really <laughs> like, uh, which there's a lot of controversy, but it's... Hey, it works beautiful. It's great. But it's like cash. So it already has... Oh, you like coin cash? From way no, like cash. Oh, I don't know what that is. It's uh, I think it's Mimbo Wimbo by default. Um, example, uh, one of the little features I guess maybe is good for a newbie would be that in order to do transactions, each wallet would have to be online. You know what I mean? So I'd have to be in my wallet. My wallets would have to be online. So would yours. And when I send a transaction, if, example, your wallet's not online, well, it's not going to go through. You're not going to lose your coins or something if you make a mistake. Uh, example, uh, they have wallet addresses that are good for, you could activate it to be good all the time, or it expires every 24 hours, and it's private. So that's why I'm really excited about Litecoin. I want to see how that's going to work. You know, when that hey, the, other, the other thing to note about like, uh, Mimblewimble is that because this big, right? these extension blocks are... Uh, if you go back and listen to Litecoin Underground, we have our podcast. Our second episode is an interview with the guy who's implementing Mimblewimble. Um, the cool thing is it's like a three to four megabyte, um, essentially an upgrade to the block size. And on top of that, he was saying that the, I want to make sure I get this right. When you create a transaction, right, you create two outputs and... I think he was saying you're out the outputs don't count towards data or maybe it was the inputs, but one of the, either the input or the output don't count towards the data of a transaction. So if you have 
if you understand this stuff, then you'll understand it. If you have five to 10 UTXOs that are all going into a transaction, normally in a normal blockchain transaction, they would take up quite a bit of data. But within Mimblewimble, they don't. So what Mimblewimble is also doing is adding a ton of capacity to the transaction load that Litecoin network can handle. Yeah, and that, too, yeah. that, it's like this super, it's almost like this bonus that no one's talking about. It's kind of like a block size growth, but again, it's kind of optional and it's flexible. It's not, it's not every single block is going to be the same amount of data. Well, that's the thing. I honestly haven't really looked a hundred percent and read all about it, but from the perspective of example, like using the coin like cash, I mean, I have nothing bad to say about Mimbo you know? That's why I'm really excited yeah. for Litecoin to implement. You can say the name. You can say the name. Being privacy, right? Yeah, yeah, but it is private. Uh, it's, I mean, it works great. It, yeah, it great. It's super yeah. fast, works great. Um, yeah, you know, so Litecoin, I mean, if they're going to implement it, it's going to... Why are you calling it Hang on. So you're calling it Litecash. Bagwamas, he's talking about Beam? It is a fork yep. of Beam. The only difference is, which they keep going back and forth, I see a lot of, um, <laughs> is that Beam started off like uh, not like a fair launch. And uh, Litecash started off like a fair launch, meaning like there was no pre-mining, stuff like that, you know? Like they don't have any... Uh... Bagumas likes Beam. He might. This might be... There might be words exchanged here. Yeah, I don't know, but Beam. Uh, <laughs> I'm not I invested in before. it now, but I did I enjoy Beam before. as well. I'm sorry. No, no, I've I've talked about Beam here before, because it's it, it's private. It's yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's pretty much the same thing. The only once again, uh, like Cash is a fork, and they they took what they liked from it and. And so on and so on, right? But yeah. sorry, no offense. I do prefer no. to use Litecash. Sorry. You so know? Justin, speaking of Beam, because I, I have heard a little bit about Beam. Is that, is, I mean, obviously, it's a very small token. It wouldn't bring a lot of volume to you guys. Is that something that, you know, would you <laughs> almost on a, like, uh, an idea that, hey, we're promoting privacy, implement something that, despite it not having volume, you would take on? Uh, possibly. <laughs> um, <laughs> never say never. <laughs> I, so, okay. Um, Beam would be maybe a tough sell just because um, I guess... Competition? No, not... not be, okay, we're, I mean, we're, we're planning to add Zcash, so no, not, not just because of that. Uh, <laughs> because it just... What are they? Are they actually using Volantis now? I, I guess their privacy suite, I don't think is actually as interesting as first clients might show. Maybe I'm mistaken, but it hasn't. Uh, I don't think it's really lived up to the hype yet. So maybe if the community grows and we see that there's genuine community interest, then sure, uh, that you know, that's ultimately what we look for. Uh, Cake Wallet initially took a chance on the Monero community, right? Who jumps and makes a Monero-only wallet back in, you know, you know, develops that throughout all of 2017, right? Doesn't Apparently matter. Not. You did it right. 
Yeah, you know, it ended up being a good choice, but like that was a risk, right? Nobody else would have done that, right? That's um, a beautiful risk. It was a beautiful risk. It really was, <laughs> but it was a risk, right? So, in theory, um, it's one of those things where we are always looking to see, okay, what communities are disproportionately excited and why are they excited and does it make sense and is it a good narrative and can we run with that um personally i haven't really seen that out of beam yet maybe it'll get there who knows so i, I don't want to ever put a, a sort of firm door in anyone's face um but uh i guess for us it's sometimes more than just the tech one thing we sort of learned year after year by working in the monero ecosystem is that implementation is huge. And so you need a community that's passionate. You need a community that actually is using the features and is playing a part of the narrative of the project. And I see that in Litecoin. I'm really, really hopeful that you guys will do well with the actual rollout of Mimblewimble and people will actually use that. And we want to be a part of making that actually successful. But to be honest, that itself is a bit of an unknown. <laughs> Right, but clearly Litecoin is is more used than Beam, even as is today. Right? Oh, hey, yeah, if no, you no. can make like, oh, sorry, sorry. Say again? No, no, sorry. I thought. Uh... Anyway, it's okay. Uh, you want me to talk, or are you gonna? I yeah, yeah. I, what, what you you? I, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, what, what you would call it? Okay, so if Litecoin implements the Mimbo Wimbo. I don't care how they do it, as long as they do it, then essentially Litecoin will be pretty much private, right? Uh, very private. Uh, that's <laughs> no. So the, the short answer is no. Um, the the very again, the, this this takes nuance, and you know this isn't entirely accurate, but in a high level, it's most appropriate to think of Mimblewimble as Monero without ring signatures and one of the biggest criticisms some criticisms of monero is the relative weakness of its ring signatures and so just basically know that if you've ever had any concerns about the strength of privacy for monero's ring signatures note that mimblewimble on its own provides effectively no similar type of protection so uh, not that it's useless at all i mean the importance of hiding the amounts the importance of making address management, like those are all very huge wins, like unquestionably, those are enormous wins. It's still night and day, but um, it's also not the same. <laughs> and some people will sort of pitch it as the same when it really isn't. Okay, so pretty so, much to read a bit more about it then, yeah. Yeah, I would so say- So from my understanding is that with Mimblewimble, um, it hides the transact transactions amounts, but you could still see who uh, from to to and from where it's going to, right? Mm. So right, Justin? Yeah, so, so basically um, the addresses make it, so the way it handles addressing makes it more difficult for you to be like, oh, let me just look up an address with the Mimblewimble blockchain or Mimblewimble sidechain or whatever it is. It's harder to do that. So that's, that's a big win, right? And then it's even harder to be like, oh, let's see what amounts are transacted. That's like, those are two meaningful, measurable, significant privacy wins. But when it comes to, Output A effectively was sent to was sent, you know, um, and uh, the protections in terms of knowing what transactions in which outputs were spent is is relatively weak. So 
Um, there is a level of protection in the sense that, you know, if people aren't potentially paying that much close attention to it or don't have like a, a good oversight with the way nodes work or, you know, all sorts of different kind of complicated things in practice, it, you know, in theory, it could be a very strong privacy protection and it's still not a net negative compared to current. It's still yeah, like, well, you're very right. much not taking a step backwards, but it's, I think people sort of view it as this hides the fact that money was sent in this transaction, and that's not necessarily the case. I mean, that, that's what Monero's ring signatures specifically do, is they say, so, in a given transaction, you don't know what source of funds was actually spent. So you're with Mimblewimble, you're still able to see that a transaction happened, uh, but that, whereas with um, Monero ring signatures, you don't see that at all, basically. So that, that's also so the, the, that, that's a good question, but that's also not quite correct either. So with Monero, you know a transaction occurred, right? But with Monero, you don't know what source of fund was spent. So you have one of 11 outputs that's being spent in a single transaction, um, for at least for each input. So you, you potentially can have extra rings. But in the simple case of one uh, input in a transaction, there are 11 possible sources of funds, including the real one. And with Mimblewimble, there isn't that level of obfuscation. So in both cases, you know a transaction occurred, at least if you have any, let's say, reasonably connected node. Because <laughs> in Mimblewimble, it starts to get like, you know, you start to discard records and aggregate things and all, all sorts of other privacy tricks that you'll start to include. Um, which make it more complicated in practice. And frankly, in practice is what actually matters. So to a large extent, we don't really know. But right. um, and, and, ultimately, and, and, I guess <laughs> on paper, the uh, the sort of God-given <laughs> you know, privacy assumptions that people are making are generally weaker. So that's why it's it's hard to compare them. Yeah, what, what I would tell you is I really would encourage you guys to listen to um, and not that it was like some complete guide to Mimblewimble that we did um, on that podcast, but uh, we got into some of this stuff. And David, who's implementing this, was very, very clear on the pros and, I guess, pros and cons slash limitations of what Mimblewimble was going to do. What he said, you know, like you like you just mentioned, uh, values are going to be obscured. Um, within Mimblewimble, addresses are obscured. Um the thing he said that was, uh, oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess this up, but it was almost like link, yeah, address linkability. That was the thing he said that was still something difficult, or that that Mimblewimble will not uh, provide privacy for. Meaning, oh man, this is hard to explain, but essentially, if uh, if I send two unique um, transactions to you. There's going to be two unique transaction outputs within the Mimblewimble blockchain or Mimblewimble extension blocks. And if you spend both of those uh, outputs in another transaction, then he would be, you would be able to know who spent those. I don't even know if that makes sense right now. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Like the, the address, yeah. ob, uh, the, the, the address linkability was still something that it, you would have to be aware of and probably make an effort to obscure if you were trying to utilize that for perfect privacy. I I need to run, but first of all, I want to say thank you so much 
Litecoin Underground for everything. Thank you so much, Indigo, uh, Tarun, Tux, for your really good questions. Faybio, Fe, Fe, Fe um, maybe we can have a conversation in the future specifically on uh, on Mimblewimble transaction graph privacy, which is usually what uh, what people sort of refer to that as, where yeah. you're trying to obfuscate what sources of funds are actually being spent in a, a Mimblewimble type ecosystem so absolutely and, and here's all here's all I'll try to do justin so let's let's wait until first of all thank you you gave us a ton of time and i really do appreciate it um but let's let's wait till it gets implemented right and we can see it live and everybody can use it for a bit and then maybe i'll just keep in touch with you and i'll keep i've got you know david the guy who created Mimblewimble. uh maybe we can have a kind of a discussion once it's all live and running and um, you, you Monero folks have <laughs> run it through the, <laughs> put it through its paces. Look, I, I hey, think, but at that like, point, like it'll I be said, a party. At that point, it'll be a party because at least it's live, right? We, we have something to actually celebrate. Yeah. Like I said, I, I think, I think it's this nice bridge. Litecoin is going to be this nice bridge between these white markets and, uh, the dark net, whatever you want to call it. And it's, it's a huge step forward. And what I said a couple weeks ago is that it is going to lay bare how much information uh, we were giving up on Litecoin and our, our Litecoin core is giving and Bitcoin core is going to give. It'll be, it'll make it very obvious what we're giving up now. And that's good. People are going to learn. They're going to get information. And so, all right. I appreciate you coming in, Justin. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Too, Justin. Anytime. I'm a pushover, so I'll, I'll keep showing up. Take advantage of that. <laughs> well, just show up. I'm not. I'm not going to ask. I just want you. It's, look, we're all for free markets and volu- and and voluntary action, right? So <laughs> you show up on your own accord. I don't force you to do anything. <laughs> I'm just saying, make sure to ask. Make sure to ask. That goes for everyone in this room. Make sure to. Well, ask. you'll get. I'll I'll try to send the invite. I send it to a lot of people. All okay, right? perfect. Well, thank you so much. Have a great evening. Yeah, you guys. Thank you, mate. Okay. All right, guys. All right, now let's, now we can all talk about Justin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have an idea. Anyone want to hear it? <laughs> yeah, what is it? Okay. So, when it comes to this stable coin crap, ideally... Wait, 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 wait real quick, real quick. I think I need yeah. to, we need to have about a three-second pause because uh, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to... I turn these into podcasts and... I need to like have a break between episode one and episode two. <laughs> so that was episode one. And now we will time out. All right. All right. Time out. Who's right. been episode outside two. today? Let's go. Let's, what do you got, Fabio? All right. So <laughs> pretty much when it comes to stable coins, obviously tether all that crap. They mint out of thin air. They keep arguing. It's not backed by anything. All that kind of good stuff, right? But do you think there could be a way where you can create a stable coin that's private? Let's say the minting and whatever, uh, that part's not private. But let's say sending to each other and who has what stable coin in their wallets, all that's private. And maybe working on only a node level, like maybe just validating. But the way to mint these stable coins would be... If, let's say, I don't know, there's a token or some scam coin or some 
I don't know, any anything you want to add to the list that you can essentially, if there's the option to create a way to burn, you know what I mean? So let's say uh, there's a token, uh, I don't know, a whole community got scabbed. Uh, let's say it lost, I don't know, 80% of its value. Let's say, I don't know, it's hard to trade it or sell it or whatever. Um, you know, essentially the people holding the bag or whatever. And let's say, I don't know, you, I don't want to name a token, but let's just say whatever token it is or whatever coin it is, some way to burn them. You send it to that address or whatever on that platform. It somehow records, I don't know, screenshot or whatever way to account for at that moment in time, you know, like a timestamp. This token or coin was worth this much. Uh, you burnt, I don't know, 10 grand worth. And we have account for that. And the tokens are burnt. And we minted the 10 grand stable USD, you know? Do you think there could be a possibility yeah. like that? I'll tell you, you lost me for about 40 seconds of that, but I think I grasp what you're talking about. Okay, let's say I bought uh, Shiba Inu, and uh, it turns out to be a scam. No, and... no, I, I hear what you're saying. You're, what you're saying is that, like, can we create stable coins out of assets that we're voluntarily burning? Like, destroy yeah. it, and then take the value, the market value of that coin at the time and create a stable coin out of it. Yeah, but not have like a stable coin that is a token. Having a stable coin that, you know, it's its own blockchain as well, but let's say maybe not mineable, but maybe. Yeah, but, but what happens if that. Because the problem is the stable coin would have to match the um, the functions of the U. So let's say we're going to talk about US dollars. Like yeah. you can't measure what the US dollar is going to be week to week. Because the only reason for. Okay, the purpose for a stable. A stable coin is ideally someone wants to eventually turn their crypto into dollars, yeah. right? I mean, other than, I mean, or you're you're using it as some kind of a place to put your money to ride out a bear market. That might be right. That might be what you're talking about. Yeah, but you could do that after you have a supply of coins that people have burned to get those coins right so let's say it does trade somewhere which i'm sure it, you can get it on exchanges or something yeah i could i could see a crypto created that you know intended like once to try you... to mimic the u.s dollar i could see that happening yeah but let's say uh like that warren uh, cunt there uh, oh uh, you know she's attacking because uh, she thinks that people are getting fucked but there is people getting scammed it's true but that's up to them. Like, what do you want to do? You didn't do your research or this or that? I don't know. You know. You mean the people nobody... that are forced to hold the U.S. dollar every single day? No, 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 no. I mean, oh, like, okay, right. in, let's say DeFi space, right? <laughs> yeah. There is people that, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, they get left holding the bag or, you know, uh, stuff like that. And maybe, you know, if there was some sort of, I don't know, platform that said, okay, here, come burn your coins. You know, or these are wallets that, I don't know, some way to prove that when you, whatever coins you want to offer, like you go specifically for the shit stuff. You know what I mean? The stuff that is garbage. And you give people the opportunity to, you know, instead of breaking your head to go trade or instead of, you know, you just come here. That's the value. Here's a stable coin. Yeah, go on an exchange after, trade it for other things. But at least, you know, like we have 
a reason to say like, yeah, every coin we have that's minted, here's our backing to it. Somebody burnt the a billion uh, whatever the fuck uh, token or like coin someone, or whatever, someone right? like like a trap like a garbage disposal. Yeah, like exactly. You know, somebody sacrificed their coins to mint this stable coin. Now, whoever holds them after, whoever's trading after, whoever, whatever you do with it after, that's totally up to whoever. But at least maybe, you know, you can kind of maybe save people in the process too, you know? Like if you're rushing to go get rid of something that became a scam. Well, yeah, but and... somebody's got to make the other side of that trade. That's the problem. Yeah. So if somebody's, if you're saying... Hey, people made a bad trade. They bought some coin at a dollar and it's crashing to a penny. And you want to say, well, somebody should step up and give them a dollar for that coin. Well, where's that coming from? No, no. It's whatever the price of the coin at the moment is. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's a penny. Go sell on the market. There are markets for that stuff. And if it goes to zero, I don't know. I mean, there's stocks that go to zero, I think, right? There's stocks that go bankrupt. Yeah, of course. Is there? There's no mechanism to save those people. No, I, I, I guess I, I, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm too much free markets. I don't want to be too argumentative with you. I no, just, no, no, I, me too as well. But I'm just thinking, like maybe you know, like once again, you get you have to be able to say that, like if if you made a stable coin and you were able to have a a fiat on ramp or something, you know what I mean? It's backed by fiat dollars. And let's say, I don't know, you minted uh, 500 billion worth of that stable coin. Well, whoever has the power to mint those coins and whoever is holding the banking accounts for that stable token, well, how are you going to feel looking at that $500 billion in that account that you can't do nothing with? It has to sit there to back up your token. Do you not think that maybe these greedy people might take that, do something, and then next thing you know, oh, look at that. This token's not even backed by not even 5% of what the total supply is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but, Don't you but, think we kind of see this in, in shit coins, right? Things that launch on Ethereum, and whoever's behind it, they drop in a whole bunch of F for liquidity, and then they burn X amount of the tokens that they've minted. You think that's kind of a similar thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. But fuck, I don't think I'm explaining exactly the point I'm trying to make. You're you're speaking of a of a project that kind of already exists, and I believe you kind of know what the project is. Which one? Uh, the Monero clone project Haven. Yeah, but sacrificing a good coin for well you're not sacrificing it but you're well, yeah can, they, can i ask something what's the problem with tether having five percent in u.s dollars i i have yet to understand i need something to really give me, run, run me through the mill well I there's people that argue manipulation they is manipulation are they really many manipulation huh? in what way what do you mean explain that to me like what if are they, you what the are they power? Uh, sorry, what are they manipulating? I don't understand. Well, if you have the power to mint whatever coins you want, you know what I mean. Like, 
Like, where is it coming from? Where's the like? If somebody mints a billion dollars worth, there should be a billion of something. Is it cash? Is it somebody putting Bitcoin? Is it what is it? You know what I mean? They got to be backed by something. Like in the so, crypto so space, is it, is it believed? I'm just again, I don't, I don't know enough. I just hear these rumors enough. But so, is there an accusation that Tether is creating things out of thin air, or are they are they taking cash deposits? And then I'm, turning their cash deposits into other things. I'm not sitting the on their hustle. I would do the same fucking thing. No, doing. no, but I ask you, like, from my understanding, when they Tether. mint, there's there's a cash influx of some sort. Yeah, but what are they paying gas fees to mint? What? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's. But I'm just saying, like, like if they if they put a hundred million dollars in, some some asset came into their possession. That's worth a hundred million dollars when they did that. Essentially, that's what it should be. Yes, right. And then, and after the fact, they may take that hundred million dollars and do something else with it. They might invest it into Evergrande or U.S. Treasuries or whatever. There's no reserve requirements. They're they're running as a you know unregulated, no reserve requirement bank. But is there any? Just clarify for me. Is there any accusation that Tether is literally just? creating something from with zero value put into their system um let's say physical evidence something that it's none of our business to have access to to really see what's going on no i don't think so so yeah i, I, really, hear I, would, I would say yes in some forms it's believed that tether can add a billion usdt to their balance sheet and use that tether to exchange for bitcoin on any of the exchanges or markets so they literally bought bitcoin with tether that they created or minted themselves and then at a later date are able to then sell back that bitcoin for tether once the price increases say if they or even usd right yeah. Or for USD, because there's a lot of markets for Tether to USD, Tether to many other markets. And so that is the main point on what is stopping them from continually adding the amount of Tether in circulation. Yeah, well, what's wild is that the market continues to support the price. Right? So it's, the market sees the value outside well, of Tether. The point is, it's not that it's it's as long as there's an ability to take your one tether and find another market pair that is willing to give you close to another dollar in whatever, whether it's DAI or USDC or whatever it may be. And so to actually have it back one to one to anything, it doesn't really matter in the market as long as there's enough liquidity for people to make those exchanges. And okay. the trust is there. Same reason the dollar's not back for anything. As long as the trust is there. Do you feel like Tether's the only culprit? Or the major culprit? No, USDC is also a culprit of that. It's more of the fact that Tether can take your XO address, mark a big LX next to in their banks, and literally freeze your account, at your wallet at any point. And so I think I mean, that's a big like, fear. USDC can also do the same thing, though. Totally, totally. All the top three um, stable coins easily can all do the same thing. Mm, Dai can. Pat, is Pat, 
Except for Dax. Dax no longer top three, though. I guess Terra can't either, though. Mim? Can't do it with Mim either. Oh, my fault. Go ahead with Pax. No, is that Pax? Is that a good one? I've heard that's a good one. Yeah, so all of Pax is backed up by gold, physical gold, right? But I mean, you're. I mean, gold isn't what you really want your money to be backed up by, right? I, I, hey, I got no hate for gold compared to a lot of shit that's out there, but <laughs> uh, I'm actually really glad you guys came in here to talk about stable coins. I'm just saying, when that Karen Warren comes after a stable coin, right? Yeah. You have to be able to turn to them, even though fuck them, but still, you have to be, you know, they point a finger at you. You, What are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like, you got to go answer your questions. You got to, you know, you, you got to justify your stuff in legalese, right? The language that they use. So I'm just imagining if I were a stable coin, how would I like to be positioned? So if ever that were to come down, the argument would be like, what are you talking about? I, all our coins that are minted are backed by this. And, and that's why magic internet money is going to win. Exactly. So it, would be, it would be nice. Like what, I think I hear what you're saying. It would be nice to, to, even if they voluntarily mimicked what whatever U.S. bank is required to have in reserve requirements, right? And said, and they could go to Congress and say, we're doing the exact same thing you require out of your banks right now. Have a leg to stand on. Is that kind of what you're saying? Like, Fabio, you're, um, you're, you're saying like, don't don't abuse the privilege in, this, in a way. Well, it's, I, it's I might be misunderstanding. Sorry, it's more ahead. like okay, let let's say the stable. I'm not trying to only shit on Tether because obviously they all have their minting capabilities. It's just Tether was, you know, I guess the first one, or I guess the one that became popular, or whatever. But let's say stable coins in general, right, that are able to mint just by whoever the fuck owns the keys or whatever, right? Their address, whoever created the contract, right? Or multiple people. I don't know how they're set up and I don't really care because I don't ever play with Tether. But what I'm trying to say is like they're the way they're operating, rather they're regulated, not regulated, uh, license, not license, like crypto is not about that. Obviously we're supposed to be able to have the power to, you know, handle our own affairs, uh, you know, protect our wealth, without having to, you know, back in the day, you used to carry gold, right? Uh, how much gold can you fit in your satchel and carry it around and worry about, I don't know, getting robbed, this and that and so forth, right? At least with this, you just have to keep carrying what you always carry, which is your phone, right? <laughs> so, but anyway, other than that, what I'm trying to say is like, yeah, the governments or central banks are doing the same thing, which is true, but it's central. And it's being run by, you know, greed and it's worthless pretty much in the end. They keep printing and printing as they please. Yeah, okay, stable coins do the same. Okay, it's probably profiting only whoever wrote the contracts or whatever it is, one guy, two guy, I don't know. But at the end of the day, we're trying to get away. We're trying to be independent we're trying to be more secure we're trying to be more fungible private anyway so many cryptos obviously have their purpose 
But when it comes to the stable stuff, it's like, okay, you're just mimicking a system we're trying to get away from. So like you're saying with stocks and this and that and whatever, gold or whatever it is, same thing. They keep printing their money, printing their money. Whoever's profiting from it, they're profiting from it. Whatever they're doing in the background, I don't know what it is, secretly buying more gold or land or whatever it is, that's their game. Let them play their game. Let them have fun with their game. They've been doing this God knows how long, right? Centuries, yeah. So, so, so let's have, have their sorry? game. So let the stable coins have their game. Why not? Yeah, but if it does affect, does you know affect? what I mean? If it does no, affect what, what, people. It's, it's blockchain money. So it's good. No, Either but way. the stable the stable coins are going to flow from the good money to the I mean the bad money to the good money still, right? You're going to want to keep your money in the most secure stable coin that can't get like seized at any time. Exactly. That's why we're making stable coins on in on Litecoin with MWeb, Fungible. So there's no good money, bad money because money is the same, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course, of course, but that's what I'm trying to say. There is a stable coin that is you know what I mean? Like you cannot freeze it or you cannot take it away or you cannot, you know what I mean? If it's private and it's yeah, not minted up there. Can I ask you, what's the purpose of a stable coin? Well, blockchain what? money. Blockchain money. Well, we you have kind of need, you need, you need, you need a stable coin. It's, it's called Bitcoin, a... Litecoin, Ethereum. We have blockchain money. You need a stable coin value. in order to, you know, market discovery, right? Right Look, now we do, but we don't. You know what you don't have a stable coin for is because the market, uh, the, market the, works. the Mexican peso. Why don't you have so, a Mexican peso stable coin? They will. They will. But 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 you know why you don't? Like I I feel like the stable coins are just clinging to the remnants of the old system. Because of the transaction per second, you can't have like physical dollar from the bank. And doing training on uh, no, on you need centralized you need blockchain coins. with dollars. You can't. No, no one wants to money. borrow. Like if if you're in DeFi, you don't want to borrow, uh, like Bitcoin against your like for example, let's say Litecoin. You don't want to borrow borrow Bitcoin against your Litecoin. It doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, but but what? Why not? No, because you need an asset that's not going to be volatile. Isn't it? Yes, and, and you need an asset who is there. You know what I'm saying? Instant. The dollar is very volatile. It is. Of course it is. Yeah, it's, compared it's to up Bitcoin like, or it's Litecoin. 20% it's 20% in the last two months. <laughs> you know, it's down 99% I, versus I think, Bitcoin in the last 10 years. It's very volatile. Coins, I think stable coins are the hack of the system. But okay, let me ask you my this. opinion. If every centralized exchange or every exchange, let's say by whatever magic that they think they're going to do by regulation or whatever, let's say they were to implement that, okay, fine, you guys could do what you want, but you're central, rather it's Tether, rather it's uh, CBDC, uh, US dollar, or whatever it is. Let's say every single trading pair, no matter what coin, token, whatever the hell it is, is all, you cannot have BTC, uh, LTC, you cannot have... You know, only stable coin to every other project coin, whatever's out there, right? Only stable coin pairs. Okay. Do you think the market, obviously the answer is no, but do you think the market would be more fair, 
more genuine if the trade pairs were only USDT? I don't think it's for fairness. I think it's for speed and for transfer of value really, really fast and really, really cheap. That's that's my opinion. Yeah. Wait, oh, no, that, that could, works could, too, could, yes. Could you expand yeah. on how uh, transferring a stable coin is faster than like transferring... I mean, uh, I mean, the whole Litecoin? technology it's, it's super new. So, stable coins are going to go to Litecoin, to MWeb, to Bitcoin, everywhere. So I'm not. I know, no, but you're about, you're I'm you're, you're saying now. speed. I mean, yes, but I, I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about the bigger market, the global payment system. Oh, okay. So you're saying changing from that stable coin back to some base unit of currency that you could yes. extract. Now, okay, now because if, if 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 you see Tether, it's on on Ethereum, it's on, on Solana or on Tron. Yeah, it's multi. Trying, it's multi. Yes, yeah. they they are trying different blockchains who can operate faster and cheaper, right? And we all know the answer, which is the fastest and the cheapest. Yeah, but it, 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 that's not the reason why people are using stable coins, right? I mean, no, that's the, the reason they are going to use it. People don't want to depart with their their valuable assets like their Bitcoin, their Litecoin, their Ethereum. They they want to be able to take loans in those stables. The reason why they want to take the loans in those stables is they say, hey, well, the the collateral that I have or my Litecoin or my Bitcoin or my Ethereum, whatever, is going to rise in price faster year over year than the interest on this stable coin loan. So I'm taking basically a self-repaying loan right? Uh, as long as I don't get wrecked. Uh, and so that's the reason why people are doing it, right? Like, I don't want to have to use my money to pay you. I would rather use money that I'm borrowing. Can I say something? Agree. Yes, but but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the technology and the idea behind a stable coin. How are you using it right now? How, how, how Bitcoin was used like 10 years ago? It was like buying coins for farming and computer games. You know what I'm saying? So, that's that. Yeah, but the tokens, right now I can go on my computer and create one for free. I mean, no, you cannot. Yeah, I can go right now. Cake Wallet is getting a stable coin, right? Soon? Yeah, but that's... Like a stable coin, no? Uh, Litecoin is it's gonna be getting a stable coin on its network. Well, usually the stable coins right now are pretty much smart contracts. They're tokens. So right. it's, it's Litecoin doesn't on... have smart contracts. Right? What I'm, what I'm My, saying, Litecoin does have smart contracts on top of the the secondary networks. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm like I'm launched about three months ago, and one of the things they are working on is to get a stable coin. Because right now, for this group, for Cake Wallet, Litecoin, Monero, Litecoin and Monero are in Cake Wallet, right? All good. Even working yep. on Atomic Swaps. Coming months, Cake Wallet will be adding Haven's XUSD per wallet. And so, therefore, there will be a stable coin, private stable coin within the Litecoin, Monero, Cake Wallet ecosystem. The guy was just in here. I didn't hear anything about that. Talk yeah, to I heard to, that too. To speak for Kate. My only He's... problem with Monero is the liquidity is so freaking low, man. Like that's the that's why we that's why Litecoin 
brought Monero in today. Litecoin Underground says, look, Monero's got something to offer us, and we've got something to offer them. And Wait, we can't good. we can't provide them with Monero liquidity. I'm talking about like XMR tokens. Like, I get it, but they can trade in on Cake Wallet. You can trade into Litecoin and get liquidity. Right. Marcus, it's because people actually use it. it it's not... It's not held long term by a whole community of people. It's used every day on a huge scale. Is that not what you'd want? It works. You know, it's used because no, no, it, like, it works. I I completely I'm I'm with you, right? I've used Monero before. I'm just saying, like, right now, if you want to go on like an exchange and buy Monero, or even if you want to use like the uh, Bitcoin to Monero atomic swap, um, yeah, like it's so little liquidity, like you won't be able to buy that much. Which is the hope for ThorChain and building those larger liquidity pools, which I'm sure CakeWallet will get hooked into here in the future, opening that ability to make greater trades. Yeah, I, I will tell you that I've, I've been interested in Thor and I dabbled in it. I feel like I stumbled on it, like I said, and then put a little money in. I've had a couple of friends. We've talked about it. Like I said, Eric Voorhees talks about it. And to hear um, Justin tonight talk about it, it makes me very, very interested in what they're working on. Like, I feel like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you get these rumblings everywhere you go. And you go, man, Thorchain must be up to the right things. Totally. It's what people that have been in crypto since 2011 has been waiting for. Truly anonymous, decentralized exchange across multiple chains. Like, yeah. Are you guys all Monero people? Is this what's going on? <laughs> yeah, Monero, uh... it's all right. I'm just giving you guys. I'm just. I'm just laughing. What? What's Monero? Well, who? What? What? What's Monero? I'm not even sure. It's a. Uh, is that? Is that Spanish for? That's dinero. Never mind. Yeah, I don't know what Monero is. <laughs> Wait, right. right, it's that thing uh, criminals use. So right? I got a room full of Monero people. Oh except yeah, for, except for uh, Taren, Baglamas, and Litecoin Pat. I think I'm. Uh, and you know, I keep asking Robert McFraser. Uh, he he never wants to come up and talk, but he's here every week. But all right. Well, hey, so uh, let me let's do a little recap. What did you guys think of what Justin had to say and uh, the interview in general? They're doing it right. Yeah, I was. I actually really enjoyed. You know, I, I thought it went really well. They're they're doing something good, and hopefully, uh, yeah, they're supporting M Web, so they're good. Yeah, if they do that, that's very exciting. That's very exciting. It's the question is how do we capitalize on it? I mean, you know, marketing. You know what they're doing. I mean, will they be marketing it? I don't know. I mean, it just, I just see so many good things happen in this space, especially with Litecoin, and it just gets unnoticed. And I, I mean, it's only so much time I can put into it, but. They're not running yet, though. Everything is like. Yeah, but the liquidity is beautiful, no? Really good. beautiful. So there must new be. Addresses, new addresses. The network, network is on fire. Yeah, I, I, I really do feel like, and, and I said it with Justin in here, because I, I, I sometimes, you guys do this when you drive around, you rant to yourself, you know what I mean? You talk to yourself, I do this. 
And um, the Bitcoin, I'm feeling just shunned by Bitcoiners. And I feel like Bitcoiners have, it's not all of them. I know it's not all of them. But the vocal people within that community have just abandoned everything that I got into. I got excited about with crypto. The guy, the, the guy and, was, was and I tend to feel like we've got these, I'll call them, let's call them second layer communities. I don't care. We're not Bitcoin. The non-Bitcoin, but like legit asset community needs to be, we're more, we're, we're better together. We have more to offer as a community between ThorChain and Monero and Cake Wallet and whatever. Like I said, Digibyte and Vertcoin and Ravencoin, whatever these decentralized chains are. We're better off trying to work together and say, not fuck Bitcoin, but like, I don't need all that white market government approved bullshit. You know? That, that's my disgusting i feel like they stole our shit you know what i mean like like they're trying to hijack you know yeah it's well yeah and, and like the it's divi- that the divide and conquer thing almost. you know like fuck you stick to your banks stick to your uh your taxes and your whatever the fuck you already are doing extorting people you know what i mean like leave leave, leave the people to what they want to do type thing you know like oh yeah, boohoo, that, you can't steal my coins. Oh, well, that, oh that's boo-hoo, what you can't like stop with... somebody from creating a chain. Oh, you know, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know. Well, that, that's uh, a little bit where I think with the stable coins, I go well, like, who cares ultimately? Like at the end of the day, I don't really care. My goal is we should just be exchanging in our coins. I don't like the dollar should be meaningless to us, just like. The Zimbabwe dollar is meaningless to me. The Mexican peso is meaningless to me. The the yen is meaningless to me in my daily life. Why does the dollar matter to me? Why do we care about stable coins? I think if they outlaw stable coins, it's going to move us forward. Because it'll make us go, well, then I'll not mark against the dollar anymore. It's no longer in my vernacular. So but wouldn't that kill marker is Bitcoin. What? Wouldn't that kill DeFi? Why? Loaning, borrowing. Loan and borrowing another asset. Why is the dollar so important to you? So when you say stable coins, are you specifically talking about something pegged to a fiat currency versus yes. something pegged to like say gold or a stock index or silver but it could still be a coin that has a relatively stable asset because a dollar is a dollar but isn't stable to say the franc so it's not yes i mean but to a fiat currency yes which is why i still think this whole community should really be around and understand how important havens xusd is being the only private decentralized stablecoin out on the crypto market with Monero grade privacy. What's it stable to though? It's well, if you do a little digging into what the Haven network is and it will absolutely open you up to a whole new idea of tokenomics and what is possible. It's stable to the burning of their xhv coin so it can always be like redeemed but i'm only saying this because it is something that is being 
brought into Cake Wallet, which will be also sitting next to Litecoin. And so to have the stable coin with Litecoin, with Monero, all in one wallet will be a, a whole new thing. Of course. But that's a stable coin that you could have respect for. Right? Exactly. It's, it's not, uh, it's not, you know what I mean? Like Tether, uh, they're lucky that they're that big. No, that's what I'm saying is why the whole crypto community should recognize how important it is for XUSD to grow and to be recognized throughout all of the, how not only XUSD benefit, say, whatever the Haven community, but XUSD benefits Litecoin, XUSD benefits every chain because it gives an opportunity to get into a stable um, ecosystem and not be part of the tethers or not be part of the USDC or any of the other centralized stablecoin systems. Hang on, I'm still understanding. It's stable to what? Hey, uh, can I give my uh, two cents on um, what I think the value of uh, stablecoins are? Sure. So I think uh, the reason people call them stable is not necessarily because uh, they have uh, a USD correspondence. I think what, what people care about is uh, financial security or assurance. And I think what I always find most useful is to think about it in, not in terms of how many US dollars I can get for these stable coins, but how many, say, McDonald's Big Macs I can buy. So what I want is some assurance that at the end of the day, if something goes wrong in my life, if I need to pay medical bills or if I need to pay a college fund or whatever, I have some of, of assets that I can liably exchange for this real-world uh, consumable good. So I like just to think of, in terms of, of, of say, burgers. And so I think the reason why we peg it to the U.S. is because that's the closest thing we get to something that we know, right? If I exchange this back for the set amount, reliable amount of U.S. dollars, I can go I always buy 30 burgers for now, of course, this changes over the course of the year with inflation, but in relative terms, that change is very small. Like, compared to the beginning of the year, the same amount of USDT can ultimately get you the same amount of hamburgers as, as today. And so I think that's why people value it holding. It's the most stable, it's the most stable, oh boy. It, it, well, it's the only currency that's recognized worldwide, right? Yeah, exactly. It is the most universal. It's so weird. It's, it's interesting. I'm in the U.S., so I can't. I can't even euros, think. euros are recognized pretty worldwide. Yeah, and I, and I think gold's pretty recognized. Exactly. And, and I mean, gold's oddly stable. <laughs> right. So I'd like to point out that Haven Network has gold, euro. British pound and Frank, a few other options for stable coins. So again, it's all being created in did I miss, right did now. I, did I mishear you? Did you say Franks? I believe uh, one of Franks. I don't think uh, they. Oh, okay, not like French francs, right? Because they have XBTC too. Probably Swiss francs. Yeah, they have X, and so there is a gauntlet of options depending on what type of stable coin you might be interested in it's i think the idea is right now while there is you know a lot of volatility in the crypto markets in let's say the next 10 15 years yeah people are still going to like stable coins are still going to be like widely popular 
as volatility slows down in crypto in comparison to the dollar, I think people are going to use less and less stable coins, right? Right. Or when people move away from pricing things in dollars, then, yeah, there's no point using a stable coin. But as long as everyone's everyday life is priced in dollars and there's high volatility in crypto compared to dollars, you have to use staples. Well, that's what I mean. Once, once uh, stable coins go away, that that throws gas on the fire of crypto, because all of a sudden you go, well, the most stable thing I have is like Bitcoin, right? I like when I trade alts, I think of them in terms of Bitcoin. I don't think of them in terms in U.S. dollars. And so, as soon as you, if you take away stable coins from me, I'm gonna just, I my only option now is. Bitcoin or Ethereum, whatever whatever metric you want to use. Yeah, but you're living in 2042. People aren't thinking like that right now. I know, I know, but that's I think that's why I think if I posted it today, I have another goofy account, my normal account. I said I think if if Elizabeth Warren got her way and somehow got rid of stable coins, it would it would help crypto. It would help DeFi because there would be a faction of the population that would say all right i'm completely done with the dollar now even no reason to mark anything against the dollar anymore even if elizabeth warren got her way and uh you know they shut down usdt she's a dumb dumb they shut down usdc (laughs) and they shut down all the centralized stable coins right there's still going to be you know stable coins such as you know haven usd um or abracadabra money uh, you know, MIM, Magic Internet Money. Uh, there, there's still going to be other stable coins on the market, right? So I think that the government saying, hey, shut this down would actually be a massive kill for crypto, right? It would be probably very bad because the sentiment saying, hey, the U.S. government's going to crack down on the market whenever they think something is threatening the dollar's hegemony, right? So like what... what uh. Fabio was saying, "You're, th- and I, I th- maybe correct me if I'm wrong, Fabio. I feel like what you were saying is that we need to have a a stable coin or a project that we can show is fair. Yeah, more more or less. Like if you're gonna ask me, like to appease to appease to the lawmakers and say, look, if right, like yeah. protect the people by not showing how much they got or who they send their money to and all that kind of crap." Uh, I don't know, maybe have nodes only to validate and, okay, charge people for nodes, you know, I don't know, uh, whatever the fuck it is, 10 grand, but it generates a good little income. I don't know, something like that, you know. But to back up those coins, like Haven, I really like what they're doing because you can go in and out. So rather, like he said, like rather you do uh, uh, USD or gold or whatever it is, you're sacrificing for a short period of time your haven right so whatever the value was at the time you get your usd or your gold or whatever and do as you please right send it receive it uh, use it for because you're not sure how the market's going right whatever you want to do that's your business right but at least it's backed in some sort of way it's it's not just minted out of thin air haven's not being like okay i'm gonna make a billion x usd and I'm going to, you know, trade it to get money to fund our stuff or whatever, whatever it would be, you know? Okay, so can, I guess, educate me on the Haven, how that works. Well, example, in, in their vault, their wallet, 
you which is where what where is their vault and where do they where are they holding these Swiss francs and this gold and all that physically well, it's in your wallet so there's they have web wallets and it's an custom. algorithm oh sorry yeah okay in that case sorry I'm not very educated exactly well, no but they don't physically hold the gold no no it, no, it, no 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 it literally burns the coins off chain like exactly. so if someone has a say there's on chain. 14 million haven coins in existence right. through their protocol you can burn a million of those coins at the given price by the decentralized oracle system that feeds the price will literally burn all those coins from the network the network now only has 13 million haven coins in the network but now there is x amount of x usd in the system therefore but where, but where did the original come from like actual people buying them with U.S. dollars, the original or, what? What? Where did the fourteen million come from originally? Like you were just talking about mining. It's the it, Haven has the same exact algorithm as Monero. It's a fork of Monero, so okay. it has the same exact um, tail admissions. It uses a slightly different uh, algorithm, but they might be up updating it to the Monero one in the future, but it is the same coin just with a second layer on it, which is their mint and burn validation. It's like their own smart contracts for themselves. You know what I mean? You can't make your own smart contract on their chain. They All those X assets are pretty much like a smart contract, except only for their chain. You know what I mean? So if, you have, can... Haven, so if you have Haven USD, right? That's an asset you're talking about that exists, right? X yeah, XUSD. Okay, so um, it's worth a dollar, and the market, let's say everybody's running for the dollar because the market's crashing, so everybody sells all their assets, and they want to run into XUSD. Does that make the price of XUSD go up? Because your supply is not going up, right? Well, the price of, because people are burning XUSD, which is, I mean, um, their, their normal coin XHV, people need to burn that to create a stable coin. The supply of um, XHV decreases, which would then bring the price of, like, as the supply drops, usually the price of that coin increases. Oh, so and I can't so, buy XUSD with anything but another haven. No, you that it's been around you can there's markets that you can trade xusd to tether you can trade xusd to bitcoin there, it has like slowly, on an exchange on an exchange okay yeah all right well, i'll do more investigating i don't know i feel like i'm i'm walking in the dark here because i don't i don't know it at all i'm only saying this because it's it's cool that it's being integrated into cake wallet yeah yeah, like in Kickwallet, like whoever burnt that. Let's say you got your XUSD from me because I owe you money. Well, you never burnt any Haven coins. You never did any of that. You're just accepting XUSD from me, and that's it, right? So, what, whatever you, you know, all money is ultimately a faith-based system. It's it's. I did a thing about it. I was gonna do a podcast about inflation but i didn't release it because i didn't like it i wasn't happy with myself and uh the one of the things that i realized about money that is maybe almost the most important part of it is that when you hold a a form of money 
the most important thing is that you believe that tomorrow when I wake up, it's going to have as much value as it had the day before. And if you lose that faith in the asset, that's where inflation comes from. It disintegrates, right? It, it happens rapidly. Hyperinflation happens not because they printed too much money. Hyperinflation happens because people, they panic and they go, tomorrow my money's not going to be worth as much as it was to yesterday. And so I need to get out of this form of money as quickly as I possibly can. And I'll buy any asset I can that is not the thing I'm holding. You need real assets. Well, what it, whatever it is, it could be food. It could be, yeah, right. You need real assets, something I can use in the physical world. And, exactly. and it made me realize, like, if you're on a, you know, they call like a <clears throat> three-legged stool, right, of, um, like, I, it could be scarcity. You could have all these different qualities of money. But if you don't have, if people don't believe that the money you're, that you're giving them or that you hold is going to be valuable tomorrow as it is today, it invalidates every other aspect of money. Faith so is an extremely important part of any money system. So now you understand what they're doing with the digital uh, world then. That's what they're going to be doing with Bitcoin. So I, I got an idea um, that I want to share. Um, I want to get everyone's feedback. Um, I always taught the best way to exchange money was or is um, having a couple of digits of whatever monetary value on your mobile phone or electronic device. And you want to buy some physical asset from or anything, some kind of service from anyone. Basically, let's say, let's say you're going to buy, let's, let's just, let's give it some reality here. You're going to buy a, you're going to go to your friend down the street who's selling a lawnmower, right? Correct. All right. Okay. So how does that exchange happen? So they pull out, my friend pulls out their device or whatever, could be a mobile phone, could be electronic device. And then we both agree on, on a set amount. I type it in to my device. I put, you know, my fingerprint on there or something like that. He or she puts their fingerprint on there. I don't know. I'm just, you know, there has to be some kind of validation method. And the exchange happens between both devices. Okay. So using near field communication. Okay. Or Bluetooth or whatever have you. A mesh network. Sorry? Like a mesh network. Yeah, yeah. It's between between both devices. They're not going up to a centralized or decentralized bunch of computers on a you know on the net or anything like that. Just between each other. That's where I think the future is. Honestly, sounds an awful lot like cash to me. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was ten years ago. I met people at coffee shops that way buying Bitcoin. What's different? I give them cash, sit and wait for a transaction to have 10 confirmations and walk out. <laughs> Let's not talk about money laundering. <laughs> I'm saying that's like, isn't that what's been always going on? Hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, but back in the day when you did that stuff, 
it's like you heard about it, you tried it out, you mined, whatever it is, you got into it. Yeah, you had to find those people to get your Bitcoin or sell your Bitcoin. Same thing like, I don't know, marijuana was illegal, this and that, blah, blah, blah. It's either you grew it yourself. It's either you found that guy uh, wherever it is, uh, at a mall, uh, downtown on a corner. Uh, hopefully you don't get robbed. Hopefully it gives you good shit. Hopefully the price is right. If you're that kid that just started smoking weed, you show up. I don't know. The guy, the guy smells your dupe. Okay, here, $40 for three and a half instead of 25 I don't know. Examples, you know? <laughs> like, if you're looking for things in life, you're going to go find it, right? So... Now that it's so mainstream and it's so much easier, and yes, okay, we could be grateful, but do you see all the disgusting and pathetic and stupidity and attitudes and, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, how are you supposed to, like, the the information that you hear, which, once again, it's all opinions, everybody has the right to them, but, like, how are you supposed to really... You know what I mean? Like, fuck, it's hard to explain. What am I trying to navigate? How do you navigate and understand truth and lies? Type thing. You know what I mean? Like, like that lightning network, right? Okay, it's fine and dandy. It sounds beautiful. Fine. Okay. Uh, Some argue that it's good. Some argue that it's bad. But like, it it defeats the like. It's like you're you're taking something that was created. You're changing it. Or you're cha- like, it's not like you're hard forking something. You're just like, how do I have more control over such thing? You know what I mean? Like, and that's where it's kind of a problem. You know what I mean? Like, it's more centralized, more controlled. Like, yeah, it works, obviously. So does our bank accounts. So does email transfers. You know what I mean? Like, the only difference is they're insured if anything happens. Like, it's, a, you know, it's a circle of shit. Uh, Tom pays Harry. Uh, Harry pays Dick. Uh, Dick comes back and get, you know what I mean like it, it's a circle that they created that no matter what uh, the big boys aren't holding anything you know well like, yeah yeah my, you know, my biggest beef with the Litecoin or lightning network I should have said Litecoin, is uh, yeah it's it's like it's, you fucking uh, dummies how could you do such a like you're not no fucking crypto enthusiast you're not no you're not about you know what I mean like example the mission you know what I mean like you're you're ruining it well, You're not adding any value. Like, the people that are using it that are misguided, which I don't give a shit to each their own. Like, you know, eventually, if anything, you know, I don't wish any wrong, but like, you'll learn eventually, you know, like nobody, you know what I mean? Like, it's eventually it's, you're going to see the truth of it and you're going to be like, oh, shit. Fuck. Well, I think, I think yeah. it's disappointing. I think what it is is disappointing. And as a, as a light coiner, obviously, I'm someone that believes that why why do i have you monero people in here i want to have a multi-chain world i want to have where if you live in el salvador you should be using litecoin you shouldn't be using the lightning network this or, fucking she, or shiva wallet, money right? for whatever he's buying like you know you know what kind of fucking chain you could have created you know how many smart minds you could have put behind and put your own vision you're going to spend money on something like what do you you know what i mean like example it's, it's like it's cheap it's a cheap it's a cheap cop out right what happened down there that's that was my feeling but i but i'm all... advised by a clown <laughs> okay mm-hmm. okay but you, i mean i think that's that's where i i'm i've been disappointed and what i've been most disappointed in is that there i don't know where the voices in the bitcoin community have gone 
to yeah. be like, wait, that, that, no, this isn't way. where we want to go. We're better off. Like, I don't like the, the <clears throat> tiered system of, well, I'm a Bitcoiner and I live in America and I have three Bitcoin. So I get to be on chain. But you're in El Salvador. You have to use a government lightning wallet. Right. That that's a. That's a classist system. Yeah, I'll like helping them from getting you. the real deal. But they can't afford to use. Right. You know so what I'm get them. To, okay. So what are the important parts of crypto? The important part of crypto is not transferring value, at a at a bodega. Right. It's not. Hey, here's the cash is better than Bitcoin for them if they can. Okay, maybe that's that a bad example. Yeah, I mean, argue right? that like, the U.S. dollar like, doesn't help them these intermediaries? Why all these intermediaries? When you could easily talk about other chains that make more sense right now for people, it can be Monero, it can be Litecoin, it can be. Look, I have friends who are B cashers. It can be Bitcoin Cash. It's low transaction fees. You get to hold your coins privately. You know what I mean? So why? I, but it, which makes me believe it's just they only care about obscuring the truth. I'm a, okay. I think I feel like I say this every single week. It just I feel like you're giving them way crazy. too much credit. You're giving them way too much credit. They care about their backs, man. They don't care about well, the that's truth. That's what I mean. Obscuring lies. the truth. Obscuring the truth. Okay, like we're not to allowed promote... to give financial advice, right? We're not allowed to give financial advice. We are not financial advisors, right? Every disclaimer, every video, YouTube, this, I that. Told, I'm not telling, but I don't care about. Who cares? Yeah, but listen, I'm this, a Litecoiner. It has this is what I'm trying to say. As well as Bitcoiners, obviously. What I'm trying to say is what they're doing over there with their Lightning Network. It's as if they're giving financial advice, right? Here, use this. Here, do this. Here, do that. Like these people. They didn't have an interest in the crypto before this guy started shoving it down their throat. Not everybody, but the ones that are like, oh, what is this? Now we got to use this. Now we got to, right? It's like they're being told financial advice that is not necessarily good advice. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I hear So it's like, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why, like, you might as well make your own cash and say look every cash we printed here is backed by the fucking bitcoin that we have in our government wallet you know what i mean like why are you but, gonna go yeah exactly yeah actually, the, 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 actually 100 right the benefit <laughs> is that you know that they no longer have to you know be beholden to you know the united states saying hey we're oh, gonna no, you true, know, give what, you x what, amount what, of dollars what fabio, for you what fabio what? just said is true they'd have been better off or just as well off to say let's buy 500 bitcoin or a thousand bitcoin and we're going to put them in a reserve like create a bitcoin standard for el salvador and just create paper like you know print it out now well they we do would all distrust that we would all distrust that but if that guy really cared about it he really could have just done that yeah they already have the printer oh no they don't have the printer no do they no, no they, 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 they could have created it they could have said every bill you get is worth 100 sats and off to the races. Yeah. And, you know, part of it is because they want to, you know, reinvent their economy, right? And drive, I mean, yes. they want a lot of investment to come in. And, yes. you know, the crypto community has a lot of capital that can be used for that. So it's a, it's a smart play. It was a smart play. No, I, I, I do love that the guy is making an effort. 
But when you have these clowns misguiding the guy, it's like, whoa, like, you know what I mean? Like, wow, like, <laughs> the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm taking it that you guys aren't Lightning fans. <laughs> oh, I, I, okay, I, what we said earlier, I think Lightning Network will have its place. You're not going to piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, yeah. and again, I, and maybe maybe you can help me out because I I don't I don't know enough to be adamant about it yet. It just feels like it's um, like if it is the end, if it is this great amazing thing that's going to essentially recreate Bitcoin on a second layer, it just makes me think. Well, then what was the point of Bitcoin, right? Well, I mean, the the point of Lightning is to you know increase throughput right so you can have a hundred thousand transactions on lightning rolled up into one transaction on the main you know bitcoin layer right the l1 which you know like so for example back in like 2017 when there's like crazy gas costs or there's crazy transaction costs on bitcoin and people are like oh man bitcoin's so expensive to use blah, blah, blah. but i don't see that today because so many people are using lightning to what problem what problem what real world problem did you solve with the lightning network fees oh. and speed fees yeah no like what real world problem what that's um, a real world problem what, if I, no hold on hold on if i'm a person who lives in um, el salvador and i want to go buy a soda down at the corner store you would I had I had zero fees to spend my US dollars. What you're not solving a problem that I had before. Well, he's trying to get away from the role of the you know what I mean? Like of like he understands what the US dollar is, right? Like the guy knows. You well, know, well, he knows can, what's up. We can directly answer his question though, right? So I mean yeah, go ahead. There there's massive value in having, you know, digital currency, right? Uh, there's okay, a reason wait, wait, why. Wait, wait, you just made the big assumption. What's the massive value of a digital currency? Change. L- like being able to spend exact amounts. I I can spend exact amounts with a dollar. I don't know what you mean. Explain uh, that further. Okay, for example, right? Um, let's say we're in El Salvador. The cost of a soda is thirty-five cents. You know. Okay. Me getting seventy or me getting sixty-five cents is worth less than me getting back the equivalent amount of satoshis, right? Because I can just roll that forward to another purchase easier than I can, you know, roll the sixty-five cents over to another purchase, right? I mean, it's that's a really it sounds really simple, right? But like okay. in a largely cash society, yeah, that that is a massive benefit to everyone not not having to hold cash i mean people were like people in third world countries like especially in the caribbean like literally have like hundreds of singular dollar bill uh, or whatever the currency is just on them at all times right people go to the store and they'll have like a hundred ones or something or, apparently you know, venezuela you need a wheelbarrow to buy a coca-cola yeah right right so, so how's I mean, that like, how's that better than monero or litecoin well, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, so what I'm not saying is that it's better than using, you know, uh, some other coin. I'm saying that using a cryptocurrency there is super beneficial, right? 
Oh, it is beneficial. Okay. It's just the guy's not getting advised properly. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, because I, I look at it this way. Would I rather hold a U.S. dollar privately or have my assets on the Shiva wallet? I would go with the U.S. dollar. Mm-hmm. Well, it let's depends. Take a, let's take Do a I survey. Have a we got seven speakers in my neighborhood right that wants Hang to lobby. We got, we got seven speakers up. Would you rather hold the U.S. dollar privately or have all your assets on the Shiva wallet? I t- I take the dollar, man. Especially your U.S. dollar over my garbage. I'm taking that. <laughs> yeah. Tux would love to have a U.S. dollar. <laughs> yeah, bro. That's so many of my shekels. Crazy. <laughs> I'm, that's not. It's not an easy decision. I feel like I feel like Shivo. I mean, Lightning is one thing. Shivo was just. I don't understand who in the Bitcoin community wants the Shivo wallet. Yeah, it's but we absolutely don't understand. The, but it's the complete antithesis of what this whole thing was. Yeah, but you have people that don't know shit. And then you have the fucking leader telling these people what to do. Okay, but that's fine. He's a politician. Yeah, that's fine. Where that, are the, that's the where problem. Is, granted, I know I'm trying to think who are the leaders of the Bitcoin community. Who are they right now? Oh, all the smart ones left. That's all. Who's let's. That's a good question for you, Marcus. And I'm not trying to attack you because you're. I don't. I don't hate Bitcoin. I'm just. Who would you say is a voice of the Bitcoin community right now? Mm. Oh man, it's it's hard to say. I'd say Michael Saylor is definitely one of the big ones. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Give him a break. Like from like from a, I guess a a business perspective would be michael saylor from a technological perspective uh i'm guessing it's the people over at um uh what's it called uh like samson and adam back yeah, yeah those guys michael samson and what what's the product called liquid a block stream or whatever Blockstream, there you go yeah the people of block stream jack dorsey jack dorsey all right yeah i'll take that yeah, I think I think he'd be he's your best bet right now. Would you guys agree? Jack Dorsey's the best hope for Bitcoin. Bitcoin doesn't need anybody. I'll just, I'll just yeah, but if he's talking to the wall, it doesn't help <laughs> yeah. either. Oh That's God. what I was thinking. Good luck, man. Like you're talking to yourself in the mirror, like, okay, buddy, good for you. Like yeah, Bitcoin will make you crazy. <laughs> I mean, it does what I have the payment process, right? What I what I feel that they're gonna do. It's the same thing they did back in the day when real money, real money, was gold and silver, right? They created certificates, right, backed by gold or whatever, and your money was backed by something. Okay. But now, it's backed by shit, but I feel that they're going to try to do the same thing with Bitcoin. The only thing is, it's a little bit harder because you have miners, right? You don't know who they are, where they are. That's why it makes me laugh when they talk about, oh, uh, mining council. We spoke to mining council. Um, I personally know a group of eight people that have over, I think now they're at 13,000 miners. What percent of the total hash are they at, though? Oh, I don't fucking know. 
There is there is a way to talk to they don't have like those S eights there. They have like I think uh they don't have the S12. latest models, but they have the one just before. Okay, so they have the S nines. Uh something with a T no. I, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Anyway, they have like they like they generate a good amount, you know? And I asked them for fun and go, hey, did anybody contact you to be like, you know, like, like we need to go green? <laughs> and they're like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, nobody, you know, like, who are these mining councils? Who are these, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many people out there. Like, how? what do you mean you're trying to, like, what, what picture are you trying to paint here? Trying to say that you have control over, like, what, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we have a council. We spoke about the green side of it and we're going to fix it. Like, that's bullshit, 100%, because how are you going to, you know what I mean? Like, you can't. There's no way to know, like, exactly how many money. <clears throat> well, sorry, there is a way to know. But, I mean, the actual owners, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, how I mean, do you... You just got to talk to the pool owners, right? Okay, the pool, yeah, you're right. It's true, you narrow that down. That's, like, 48% of yeah. the hash rate. My bad, my bad. Yes, it's true, the pool owners. But still, uh, okay, yeah, sorry about that. You're right. Yeah, there's the pool owners. I wonder but what, anyway, uh, my point is, these people, the misguidance is unbelievable. And mind you, I don't guide anybody. Anybody could do what the fuck they want. I don't even, I don't even talk on these things usually. You know what I mean? It's like my first time. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think that the government's gonna use crypto as a source of tax revenue they're not going to let they're not going to allow it to go down the, in, the industry yeah good luck with that <laughs> yeah Ugh. no the only I, people that are going to suffer are the sheep as usual that's exactly what they're planning to do there that's why they want bitcoin to be the winner here right yeah uh, yeah but you can still be anonymous ish but you just can't associate it to your personal identity yeah i mean that's that's gonna be hard it's hard, but that's what I do. I, I think know. it's harder harder in this new world we're going into versus just having a hoard of cash. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait till they find out I lost my keys. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, that's, that's really unfortunate, man. Yeah. Sorry crazy, crazy boating accident, you know. Damn. It's, yeah, it's dangerous seas out there. I, I have found that of all people in the world, Monero... Owners are the worst boaters of all time. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I, I think a lot of us don't go outside as much as everyone else. And maybe we haven't had as much experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's just these things happen, man. Fuck. All right. Sorry. I take a, I take a piss. Hey, uh, Taryn, Taryn, you, you made that example earlier and yeah, it must have been 15 minutes ago now, but I feel like you got cut off a little bit. Did you have some more to say about that? You were sort of talking about some peer-to-peer transaction. Yeah, yeah. I just think that, you know, the way to be anonymous and keep your transactions to yourself is through this device-to-device transactional method. Um, I just think that's going to be so much more appealing to people, you know, because money, cash, they can, you know, people can, you know, feel it. They can, you know... The average person can, you know, knows what cash they have. And if we can make, if we can make a device that 
counts the total number of digits of some some monetary value that you can easily you know it's like a ledger on your not not the not not the actual ledger key but you know the the concept of a excel sheet ledger i i just think that to me is like okay i don't have to tell the government number one Mm-hmm. This is something that I can just, you know, I can send some, you know, exchange this face to face. You know, I got this idea from seeing some kind of it was a cartoon or something. I don't know. Um, somebody just looking at each other. You know, they want to sell a boat. A augmented reality image of the boat comes up. They both agree. And that's it. Transaction done. I, I the think problem so. is, what are, you, what are you sending the other person? What is it that you're sending them? You, well, there's like offline transactions that you sign later. You guys, I'm telling you, we talked about this last week. It's a physical, Great episode. physical representation of a blockchain asset. So I've been thinking about this all week. And go listen to our podcast, the thing from last week. Um if we can find a way, and I think there is a way. So when you do a, you guys understand Bitcoin and Litecoin. I looked into this. So you can send a, a transaction with multiple outputs. So let's say I have one Litecoin and I want to split it into a hundred. Um, I want to send to a hundred different wallets. That means I would whatever have point zero one goes into each wallet. And it only cost me one transaction fee to make that transaction. And if I were to put those that point zero one onto a paper wallet, right? You guys following me? You guys are familiar with paper yeah. wallets? Yeah, yeah. Um okay, so each one of those would then have two dollar or a dollar fifty on it or something. But let's say it wasn't paper, let's say we put it onto a plastic card or some sort of open dime type of asset where there's a public key and there's a private key the public key you can scan and verify the value of that chain the other thing i learned this week that i had to make sure of and guys correct me if i'm wrong you can import a wallet into your any other wallet by scanning the private key and it is not a blockchain transaction there's no transaction fee to importing a wallet no Mm -hmm. Right? No. So you could have these physical no. assets floating around. People could use them. It could, let's say it's just a... Oh, I'm almost thinking like poker chips. Like, he's only, <coughs> only watch poker and they have mm-hmm. the... Not only have the chips... Yeah, if somebody discs. tries to memorize your key, they could take that, you know? How's that? Well, the private key is what you need to protect the most. Well, but, seat- you know, but you know how open dimes... You, it would be obvious if somebody had taken... You, know, you have to crack it open in a way to expose the private key. Yeah, so you could like pass that. these. What's that? Yeah, sorry, sorry. I keep cutting you off. My bad. What I'm saying is, yeah. you could pass these assets around, and certainly if they were low enough in value, there would be very little incentive for anybody to bother trying to crack the, you know, crack them open and then reseal them if they're only worth a dollar or two. And um, I feel like if we could have this. Almost like I don't want to call it 
Yeah, it's a physical exchange of this digital asset because I, I like what uh, Taryn's talking about. If I go down the street or if I go to a carryout, why am I bothering to even <laughs> send anything to the blockchain? Why do I need to broadcast anything? It's stress oh. on the network when if I'm standing what? right in front of somebody and I can hand them a wallet worth a dollar that's a much simpler solution than trying to put stress on any blockchain what's the protection against duplication why couldn't you have another coin there with the same public address sticker on it right. that you're having to the next guy i would guy. agree with you i would agree with you that's the There's part no protection i need to figure out <laughs> well they already have offline um i didn't look too much into it because i don't do it there's but, a couple uh, of them yep, they have offline them. transactions where you sign later there, so it doesn't go on the blockchain. But it the uh, shit. Sorry, I don't want to misquote. But anyway, there is offline transactions where you don't need to. You could sign them later or something like that, where it doesn't go on the blockchain. But at a later time, you could sign them and and it, it goes on the blockchain type thing. You know, I, I, did, I did. I do feel like um, <laughs> there may end up having to be some kind of trusted party to to administer these in some way. Um, or there, I think there's some sort of trick to, if they're worth little enough, like if they're only worth a dollar or 50 cents or whatever, that the incentive for fraud isn't high enough to bother. Well, then you would have to use real physical asset maybe. So maybe like a silver or gold and you do that kind of thing, but you actually use the gold and the silver as a as a backup so at least if anything happens for some odd reason maybe yeah you still got the gold and the silver right yeah but i i do feel like particularly in and maybe i'm if any of you are from the third world you can correct me but i just feel like there's there's a what taryn was saying about the need for a physical asset it's a big barrier as crypto people we all live in this digital world we understand it we get it a lot of people will never trust a thing they can't see or hold. Yeah, well, that's where people are being misguided, right? That's where the mainstream stuff is coming in, right? That's where people need to know. know dude, where... I'm just saying, like, man, I mean, you you're, you work with, you know, what I'll, I'm, I hate to say it this way, you know, just regular laborers, people yeah, who work in a factory. They don't get, dude, are you kidding me? They'll never understand any a word of what you just said. Right. You know they want to feel something. They they want to exactly. be able to put it and be able to bury it in the ground in an emergency. They don't want to think about it. See, technology has to be invisible for for hundred percent adoption. And that's right now. There's too many layers of of okay, get a wallet, then you know transfer the money to your whatever wallet somehow through your ACH or whatever. And just layers upon layers upon layers of complication. All of us can understand it, okay? But just imagine the guy who's making whatever, he's never been educated. And there's tons of people like that who don't want to be educated. How do they exchange money? How do they get into the banking system? Well, if they go the way, the route that they want to go eventually, uh, let's say third parties or centralized or banks, governments, well, then they're going to have no choice like they're doing in El Salvador, right? 
and I have no choice but to learn and this and that. For now, they tell them, download this app, do this, do that. Perfect. Now you can accept uh, Bitcoin, but it's lightning, right? So they're, they're kind of forcing and pushing like that, right? So those guys over there, I'm sure there's a bunch that haven't downloaded the wallet or haven't dealt with the lightning network or Bitcoin or whatever, but they're going to have no choice but to learn because they're pushing it, right? So that's where, you know what I mean? Like, if any one of us keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, they're going to say, who the fuck are you to tell people to do this? Who are you to tell people to do that? Are you uh, an advisor? Are you this? Are you that? Are you insured? Are you bonded? Are you allowed to tell people? What if people lose? Who are they going to blame? Who are they? You know what I mean? So it's like people have to be pushed to have a no choice. And that's kind of the problem is that we have to have a choice. You know, you know the best implementation of of exchange of value that I remember or know about is the M-Pesa. Okay. This is, there's this, I forgot the name of the country in South Africa um, where people charge up their phones with money and they just send these denominated digits to, to buy services, you know? So your address is your mobile phone, your, your mobile number. So if I go to a sh- uh, like a shopkeeper, buy like a you know bottle of water, okay, here it's it's thirty five whatever pesa. So you basically just say thirty five pesa, send to it's like a text message. That's all. That's the simplicity that they want. Yeah, but who controls it? Which is something we're getting to. We're getting simplified addresses. We're getting being able to send crypto through tax or through emails. Yeah, but who's controlling that that system? It's still going up to the network. It's still going to the cellular yeah. network. You know. Yeah. So that's not really. You know what I mean? There's still. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, can you ever expect to have complete perfection? No, so no, not perfect. Just gonna like trade paper wallets. Like go instead of get rid of physical cash, but just be loading all these paper wallets and just literally handing view keys to each other with paper wallets. No, well, no, we already evolved from that with the wallets we have now. No, what what I'm saying is not that this is going to be the the majority of. Oh, sorry, yes, yes, what you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, my bad. My I'm bad. saying it's it's a it's something that I think to have minor transactions get broadcast to the blockchain is. Uh, it's a, it's over, it's overkill. It's overkill. Like we talked about earlier, it's over security, you know, like we should be able to have transactions that are day-to-day transactions. And the reason, the reason I brought this up is because (laughs) it's actually what happens when El Salvador adopted it. There was a big Twitter spaces with all these prominent Bitcoiners. It was like a big celebration. And of course, Charlie's in there because Charlie Lee is, one of the OGs of all crypto. And he said in the spaces, he said, boy, the next great step would be if we could have a physical Bitcoin. And people on Twitter were mocking him for it. And I was like, dude, that's actually a church. (laughs) That would be an amazing idea. If we get people to use crypto and really not even know it, or if you could validate, if you could validate your US dollars and know that they were one of 21 whatever we're at now, how many dollars are in circulation, right? But you could validate that it was that it was real. What was oh, being given to you. Serial number for each, you know what I mean? Like each 
sat type thing. Like there would have to be a sit, not the hash. Well, not each sat, but each number. wallet. We, you, that's what you have. That's what the blockchain is. It's essentially a serial number to validate each wallet has the value that they're trying to send you. Yes, but what I'm trying to say is the denominator. Like, let's say one sat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one sat would have its own serial number, not the wallet as a whole. Well, not its, the, own, its own it's wallet address. Whole. Not a serial number, but its own wallet address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, like, like let's say physically, you know, like would each, obviously maybe not Bitcoin, but like if there was a blockchain of sort that each Satoshi would be have its own serial number. So if you physically were to, I, I don't know, I'm just saying like would each sat have to have its own identity type thing, you know? No, they're fungible. <laughs> That's the key thing, right? Money yeah, and yeah, fungibility. Not, yeah, they can still move between we... wallets. Like you could still import them into a different wallet. You could do a whole bunch of different things with them, but temporarily they would be held in a wallet that you could just pass physically to a person, and there would be no incentive to pull them. I think the big thing is that if they're small, I keep coming back to this: if they're small enough. There's no incentive to try to game the system. It's 100 sats, 200 sats, 500 sats, whatever it is. I don't, know, I don't even know what the market value of that is right now. Uh, but So are you saying something like being able to transfer a wallet to someone and essentially your, say, private keys get burned and they then acquire new private keys? Like in no, the they sense just of... take over your private keys. What stops you from saving your ones that, you know, in terms of you hand it over and them knowing that you don't have those private keys saved somewhere or. Right. They now possess the private keys and there's and no one really is intending to even use the private keys. They're just. um, Their intention intention is to pass them on to somebody else someday, but no one ever even looks at the private keys. Because they're not intending to adopt them. They're just intending to pass them around. Because that's what money's intended to do is transfer value. So you have like, like a reserve, is, right? Like this is the same idea of like how it is to get people to adopt cryptocurrency for like people that aren't part of it. There's this idea of like gifting and people, including myself, has done this whole like, hey, I'm going to load a wallet with whatever and I'm going to try and give it as a gift or all these different wallets. And then I'm going to give the wallet, the um, private keys, all the information. And here's how you can get your wallet. But that's all fine. It still comes down to that like trust based system of where the wallet originated, who and how those keys were generated. And so like, if there is a safe way of like generating a lot of wallets and then those keys are all burnt, then maybe they can all get passed on, right? Wallet, 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 and they just literally right. don't have private keys. Well, no, hold on. But what does it matter how the... But Okay. <laughs> this is a long... I, will, I feel like I've talked about this a lot last week and this week, and maybe because it's a, it's a weird concept. What does it matter? You don't have to burn the keys. Like, why does that... Why would that matter to you that the keys got burnt 
The idea is that if I want to import these keys into my wallet and these coins, I can. I have the option to do that. But at the end of the day, I intend to spend these coins anyway. So I'll just put them in my wallet like I would a dollar and then use them at the store. And I, and I avoid the transaction load. I avoid engaging the blockchain at all. And the user, the person who I'm giving them to, can scan the public address and see that the coins, that that address is holding the coins. So I, I know I'm getting the coins. I don't need to bother with the blockchain at that point. I'm not saying we're ending the blockchain. I'm just saying for these small transactions. Right, but you are still essentially asking for an entire network to be built off of trust. Sure, Fair which enough. we're in a we're in an ecosystem. Don't trust, verify. Fair enough, but I think that for small transactions, I don't think that's a lot to ask. No, not at all. And I and and <clears throat> we talked about this last. It's week, a great but... gift card type situation. It, it is well... in a way. It's but in that we talked about this last week that like. Sometimes we, as crypto people, get a little caught up and everything has to be decentralized. That centralization isn't a bad, it's, it's not a bad thing as long as it's done fairly, right? And as long as we're not, um, as long as we're rooted in a fair money system, that we shouldn't just throw everything away that's centralized just because. If and there are was- degrees of decentralization and centralization. If it was like that, Bitcoin wouldn't have been created. Well, it's still evolving. You know, it's it's still to do it. It's still not the game has not been defined that it's done yet. Uh, and my, you know, on yeah, on we're my, just beginning. I mean, yeah, wow. on my iPhone, I can do like an airdrop of photos to anyone near me. You know, and same concept. You got to yeah. make it so simple. For people to send value or whatever denomination from one phone to another phone. I like You're, that, actually, a proximity. Yeah. Thing. Just again, it uses near field communication. It's NFC, NFC technology. It's built into the chip, into the, uh, into the phone. Yeah, because there's RFIDs out there. There's ways of validating yes. the amount of coins on a, on a debit address, card. and yeah. you don't even need to see the thing that you're scanning. So it wouldn't be maybe a QR code. It might be embedded into some physical asset that you wouldn't even know. Like, yeah. and, and when I say this stuff, it came up because um, I wasn't saying that I know how it's going to happen. I was saying that I see that there's a need for it because people need physical assets. It's just reality. That's what they want. And there is a way that it can be done. There are people in this world much smarter than myself, as is probably being evidenced right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it it can happen, and let's not lose sight of what the big picture is. And that's for people to be able to transact privately and with a with a sound asset, right? We should encourage those things to happen. See, Taryn, again, thank you for backing me up. I'm glad I brought you up. <laughs> <laughs> I could, 
I could see that in the sense of if you had like a centralized organization that say owned 1 million bitcoins that then they in a sense created a like a IOU token physical thing that was like denominated to a a percent of a bitcoin or whatever it may be and so then sure. that is what is distributed freely and it's not that the person ever actually holds a bitcoin or an actual aspect of it they hold a essentially like a iou of that well they could hold they could hold private key they could be a lot they could be given the freedom to choose whether or not they want to put that private key onto their wallet or they just want to stick it in their physical real world wallet and then give it to somebody else down the line. They would get, they they have that option. Ooh. But it would be obvious if they went to spend it that that address had been emptied. Maybe you could do a, like a microscopic laser uh, private key, <laughs> and uh, if you really needed to, uh, I don't know, redeem it or something, or go onto the digital side. Maybe no choice. You need a microscope to look at it, type thing. You know, right? Or some sort of, or or some sort of like random access or two like FA. I can't see it. Something that's revolving that makes it impossible to duplicate, or again, not worth bothering to duplicate because the reward <clears throat> isn't big enough. Does anybody remember many uh, CDs? Those mini discs. Yeah, many Dude, discs. I bought a mini disc player. I thought it was the greatest thing ever, and that shit went to <laughs> nothing. I'm not joking. I was so proud of myself. I was recording music. It was great. Same here. Same here. No, but, but I'm talking about something better than that. Okay, so yeah, you, you know, we got the CD disc, but one day I came across a, um, a business card app where you can burn all your information on this two by three card it would still spin around in your dvd player or, or not dvd player but C- your cd rom or whatever for burning your information so on that it's just it could just be you know you're kind of describing exactly what you know that exchange could be of a physical asset on a on a on a uh, you know um read only cd burnt once okay so people it could be denominated as 30, 40, 50, 60. It's like exchanging paper, but it's on plastic. Yep. And uh, does that make sense? You, you know what I'm kind of trying to allude to? Like making banknotes. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. it's like a, it's like the size of a credit card. Or like, <laughs> yeah, I keep thinking poker chips. Like not, and you know when you watch, especially in Europe, they're playing poker when they start putting big money on the table. They take those placards almost, you know, just a, a plastic, something's embedded in them. And I know, listen, guys, this was a brainstorm. I'm not saying this is the future of digital currency. <laughs> I'm just saying I think that there's some value in figuring out how do we physically represent sound money and not have to have all these weird, again, what Taryn was saying. People don't want, oh, download this app, download this app, do this, write down these words. You know what I'm saying? 
you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's an yeah. obvious yeah. thing. The, the wallets are, you know, no one likes writing down those words. It's like, shit, where am I going to put these things? And we all get it. We're comfortable with it because we've been doing it for a while. But the average user is not going to want to do that. Yeah, the key is mass adoption. The key mass is... Mass adoption, like, front runs everything. Yeah. It, it, simplicity is the key. And so if I can exchange value in an asset that's appreciating by 2 or 3% a month, well, that's pretty good. Um, I mean, that's a no-brainer to me. Because people are realizing now with all the, the, you know, you know, Twitter, Internet, inflation, everything, how they've been duped, how they've been screwed over, you know, um, and and it's, it's finally dawning on people that, the, that the, they're 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 getting paid seventy five thousand dollars a year, which is getting less and less and less and less. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know where to start, basically, but. It's 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 a no brainer to me that if they could just move their money into or their their the the value of their time into something that's appreciating, I think you know that would and then it's a simple, uncomplicated, bulletproof way that that's where mass adoption is going to happen. That would be cool a payroll app. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think we've I've beaten that dead horse a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just want small update before I gotta go. Um so I'm working with a data scientist on mapping um both Bitcoin, Litecoin, I think Ethereum, uh creating you know, charts of the prices to mass adoption of through Metal's law. Okay. So I came uh, you know, upon this guy, and he wrote a paper on it. I downloaded the paper, and I just read it, and I was like, this is something you know, needs to get updated. So I contacted him through LinkedIn. And so he's updating it right now. Probably it's going to be out in January. My plan is to specifically for, you know, for light, the Litecoin Metcalf law chart, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I want to show people, like people like Raul Paul and Breedlove and whoever have you, though they may not acknowledge it, I, I, I have a kind of a relationship with Raul Paul. Um, so once I once we have these big guys kind of like open out to, you know, the reality of what, what Litecoin is, you know, it's like buying Bitcoin 20 years ago or not 20 years, 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Come on, let's all have a chuckle. That was fun. Yeah. So <laughs> no, it's OK. So that's that's what I'm trying to work on. Um, so I thought I'll just share some that's positive awesome. news. Yeah, that's all. Cool. Yeah. You should you should uh, come to these more often, Taryn. It's, it's been great uh, hearing from you. No problem, man. I will. Yeah, I had this, I'm telling you, I had this instinct because I you just followed my other account, which by the way, my other account guys is Mega, well Mega Litecoin isn't it? Mega Chicken, Mega Chunky Buns, and you followed me for some reason, and I followed you, and you'd put a couple things up, and I could just tell like very thought out, you know, uh, reasonable 
things you put up there. So I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm just math. I'm all pure science and math and, and money opportunity. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I, I feel the same way too. Like, um, I probably arrived at this Litecoin. It's, it's almost like you just look at it and go, okay, well, if Bitcoin is doing X, Y, and Z, the longer uh, the blockchain stays active, the more, the more deeply, you know, the, the more secure it gets, right? The more sound the money gets, the longer time goes on. No one's going to go back in time and create a blockchain as secure as Litecoin outside of Bitcoin. So <laughs> here we are. What's, like, what's the deal, right? I'll, I'll tell you the deal. The moment it hits 2000, everyone's going to jump and say, shit. Litecoin is, you know, Bitcoin at 5,000 or something. It's, it's the best opportunity to make money in, in our lifetime. Bullshit. Now you wake up. Okay. Yeah. I just feel like we're, it's, I've come to the realization that crypto is still 99% speculative. Which is disappointing to me, but I have to accept reality too. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, but the narrative is being is being led by five people, okay? Uh, whatever, Jack Mahler, Pomp, um, Breedlove. Pomp, are you serious? Sorry. I mean, Breedlove, I don't mind, but Pomp. Pomp is he's just popular, okay? <laughs> I, I mean, he's, a, he's annoying. I mean, he's annoying now. Uh, before he, you know, it was he was better before, and I stopped listening to him. Um, lots of these YouTubers, like James from Invest Answers, it's just it's just Bitcoin, 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 and layer one, layer two. That's it. For now, we kind of have no choice but to root for Bitcoin, right? Everything's paired with it. Fuck, you know, goes up. Bioblamas feels that way too. Well, we have no choice. Uh, everything's paired with it. So even if you're not into Bitcoin, you still gotta root it when it goes up. You know, it usually oh, brings. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? How can you? How, how can you hate Bitcoin? You can't. But I don't use the shit. So that's 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 different. That's on you. Yeah, of course. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Because yeah. you, because I've been listening and you, you sound like. Bitcoin Maxi or something. Me? Yeah. But, <laughs> well, he's a Bitcoin but not minimalist. Bitcoin. He's like, a Bitcoin minimalist. <laughs> Litecoin Maxi or something. You, no. you don't have to. I, I prefer Litecoin over Bitcoin 100%. I rather hold Litecoin over Bitcoin. I rather use Litecoin over Bitcoin. And I'm not worried about liquidity because I'm not a billionaire. So yeah. if I were to be a billionaire and I had to get rid of a billion worth of some <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, you gotta use uh, you gotta use Bitcoin. So I probably have to switch that over to Bitcoin and then get rid of that. So because, uh, because yeah. why I'm saying that because I, I was I was like this I was like oh fuck these motherfuckers they were talking about Bitcoin and Bitcoin and Bitcoin, but at some point, I mean, who gives a fuck really? Oh, I don't. Who give gives a fuck, fuck what 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 Michael Sell says? Michael Sell was like a year ago, a year and a half ago. He was shitting on Bitcoin like big time. Yeah. You know? Big and if, time. Okay. And now he's like, like an Asian fucking Greek philosopher telling shit about Bitcoin. He's like, 
Come on, man. We know. But they are they are all full investment investments. Of course, they gotta protect themselves. Their, their bags are like full. So of course they're gonna talk shit about other projects. Of course they're gonna protect Bitcoin. Yeah, but it's it kind of feels like the more you amp it up, the more it's like, okay, buddy, you're just like because in the end like, of the day, it's, it's not the market; it's a cyberpunk movement. It's about people's money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 market, the ability the market, to handle your own affairs. Yes, the market came like after that. The idea yeah. of Bitcoin doesn't exist anywhere else. Without Bitcoin, there's no Litecoin, there's no Monero, there's nothing. Yeah, and, of course, but it's like. Okay, let me give an example. I don't want to talk about this kind of thing that I'm going to mention, but unfortunately, I think it's a good example. Um, the passports that they're giving everybody, right? For, you know, uh, you comply here, passport, uh, barcode, right? Right? Uh, I'm talking about? Yeah, but... Yeah, I know. I know big time what you're thing. talking about. That sucks. Okay. That sucks either way. So that's, that's my whole pretty, world over here. Yeah. That's pretty much like a centralized blockchain kind of way that they're keeping track of whatever right so that's a good example of taking a good thing and ruining it hey hang on Fabio Fabio, can you elaborate on that what exactly are you talking about because you're talking about vaccine passports exactly there yeah okay it's essentially essentially bitcoin like not bitcoin sorry it's essentially uh, like a blockchain tech right the barcode unique uh, unique identifier right your wallet so to say uh in your wallet it shows you have your two uh, doses which could be uh, two transactions whatever right like they took something that's good a technology that's supposed to give us power and they go and they they, they hijack it and they use it for bad Yep, yep, that's true. But they, they don't even use it properly, right? Like this has been quite a while here in Australia. It's been uh, it's been happening longer. I'm not sure where you're at, but it's not even used correctly here. It's just it's just eyed off. Like for example, say that I want to go to a pub today. I, I can't, but if I do, then I pull up my my passport and they visually look at it. N- nothing else happens besides me checking into the place, which is separate to that with the QR code. They're not linked yet. I'm sure they can be. They're just they're just having a look at it. No actual real verification is being uh, done. Okay, that's in over here. They have real verification where I am. Really, that's fucking terrifying to me. It, I, I hate that. It's blockchain tech, except obviously not the full thing. Obviously not the miners and the no. Or well, it's centralized. That's all it is. They probably have it running on servers, but they're using. This is why. This is why exactly Bitcoin was invented. Yeah, but they hijacked it, and look what they're doing. They're using that against us. The technology, no, not saying no. Bitcoin, Bl- tech. <clears throat> blockchain, blockchain is not intended for. Yes, Bitcoin. No, he's talking that's a database. I, mean, you're talking about I understand database. what he's saying. Like, centralized databases is, is has existed for a long time. Well, he's just but, talking about technology to, being used right, against us. Not to manipulate yeah. the database. Not to make a, a fake card. Not to make. You know what I mean? Like their database is structured the same way, like like blockchain. You know what I mean? So, like, each thing is unique to the person that's in the system, right? Yes, you're so, you're 100 percent correct about that. You know I mean, you can't go and scan twice. You know what I mean? They're gonna say like, "Yo, uh, how are you? How are you in here two times?" Type thing. You know what I mean? Like, you can't. 
I think it's important to recognize Bitcoin was created to be a public ledger, like to be transparent. Yeah. And whether or not that was meant to for the people that was sacrificed. or if it was meant for nation states is totally yet to be seen because there's not saying that technology was made to do good. It was made for a purpose, which is to create a transparent ledger. And that's what Bitcoin is, mm. which I think is funny that now Litecoin is choosing to take what they kind of took from Bitcoin in terms of like a core and now is adding what they perceive as a privacy layer to it. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. So yeah. can I, can I add something to that? Yeah, you, okay. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. Back. On. So, so it was, it was a public ledger fully transparent because there was no other way securing the network. So he sacrificed privacy for, uh, for decentralization. It wasn't meant that. Yeah, I don't be... think the intention was for it to be. There wasn't exactly. like the goal is was... to be public. That wasn't the in, the goal. That was sacrifice. I mean, it's because it's... it can be built on second layer. No That's one can pinpoint where Bitcoin came out of. Its original algorithm was worked on by the NSA, and so, like, it is highly potentially created by nation states for the purpose of exactly what it's being used for surveillance yeah but you remember you remember how they used to talk about bitcoin it's it's a massive difference from from right now you think they would do that if that was definitely yeah. the case there's six bucks my friend <laughs> People are... hey they talk about monero the same way now Who said that? i'm Who just said saying that? Who said that? as someone nobody nobody we said that <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I think I think it's a it's a it's a tool, right? And I, I it's like you know, look, the internet was technically invented like in the early seventies. You know, and it didn't really catch on. And I think we're in the very baby stages of what Satoshi created. We're scratching the surface right now. Yeah, I, I think that's what's so interesting about some of this stuff going on when you start like like we can some of you guys have NFTs in your profiles, right? Um, I think we're at the, I mean, God, we're at the baby stages of Bitcoin, much less NFTs. And we're very quickly understanding, like, what can we do with this? Because it's, uh, it's hard to venture into places that you've never been before. So when I brought this up last week, the ability to just, the ability to transfer money anywhere in the world, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, anonymously, never existed until 13 years ago. Like we're just we're just figuring this out, just like with the <laughs> internet. You couldn't message somebody <laughs> any time of day 30 years ago. It just didn't exist. Yes, but so, the people who made Bitcoin, the people who made Bitcoin made, made those uh, interactions, those uh, text messages, they made them secure. Yeah. That's why we have them right now. Like, like something like, 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 it, people like, like that's people one thing like, with uh, Lightning Network. I they're not secure. 
is like yeah. you can message I mean, on Lightning Network, yeah. right? Much as secure. Well, yeah, so we're pretty, we're like PGP. So you got all these people. We're we're a room full of eight, nine people talking right now. Oh, we scared everybody. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You did, but I mean, our the IQ. Yeah, huh? of all there's one person in the world that has the IQ of all whatever of us put together, and they're figuring this shit out. Like I brought up physical coins. There's somebody much smarter than me that will figure that out. You talking about Michael Saylor? Yeah, he's just gonna buy more, you know. He's gonna find a way to make it powder. (laughs) God damn that guy! Not unbelievable. And if Bitcoin doesn't doesn't work, he's a testnet, right? Exactly. That's that. That's what we got. We're working. So, so if if everything goes on Bitcoin and kills Bitcoin, we have Litecoin. So fuck them. Yeah, and if Litecoin <laughs> dies, it's something else. And if that thing dies, it's something else. The it's technology, the eyes have been opened. You know what I'm this, saying? Um, th- this is going to sound a little more spicy than, than I intend to. I just don't know how to ask it, right? But Bitcoin, I'm not personally very big on Bitcoin specifically. I definitely understand acquiring it and, and holding on to it. I get that. Um, can anyone give me a reason why I would use Bitcoin? Serious question. Why would I use Bitcoin? Look, if I had to buy something from you, and I'm a Monero guy, and a Litecoin guy, and you you told me, no, sorry, bro, I only take Bitcoin. Okay, I'm going to have to move my ass, take my Monero, or take Litecoin, or take a bit of each, or whatever the hell else, and I got to transfer it to Bitcoin and send it to you. Right? Use Cake Wallet. I'll admit, you probably use Cake Wallet. Why, yeah. why? I create a Bitcoin wallet, I delete it right after I'm done with it. Why would you use 60,000? Uh... What did I say last week? I said, uh, if I if, Light, if Litecoin was invented first, and you came to me and said, I got this new blockchain, it's four times slower, and it costs <laughs> like 50 times as much to transact... You would laugh at it. You'd be like, why would I want to use that? Well, it is true that the longer <laughs> it takes, it kind of is a bit more secure. They're both, both over secure. <laughs> no, sorry. It is. It's 100%. But what I'm trying to say is apparently the longer it takes, it should be more uh, for the confirmations and shit like that, right? So uh, That just sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me, though. Yeah, but a lot of people <laughs> Why the argue. fuck would I care or why? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, damn, dude. Like, what what kind of positive... No disrespect, baby. I really have enjoyed you. But, like, what kind of argument is that? No, no. I'm I'm just trying to say, like, that's what a lot of people try to say, is that because it takes longer, that it's more... uh, It's like, it's impossible that this must be secure if it's so fast. Like, some of them are, you know, it takes a second. Mm. I mean? Okay. They, They try to argue that, like, oh, it's impossible to validate and this and that and that much time and but in reality, it's like, no, it's just there's a mathematician or somebody that's able to make the algorithm or create a new algorithm that's able to compute faster, no? Right. I mean, like, well, right. it's also the amount I of... I have a reason. Yeah. I have a reason why to use Bitcoin. In real life. Yeah, let's hear it. So, I live in a country 
who had capital controls. Mm-hmm. So, so you can go to the bank, to the ATM, and you can spend 200 euros a week. That's one reason why you use Bitcoin. Wait, so what? Sorry. You, what? What, what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? You can go to a bank and use 200 euros a week. Yes, you can, you can withdraw 200 euros a week. That's it. By exchanging Bitcoin? No, from your money. He's saying he's limited to how much he can spend and use yeah, based I off see. of his location. Are you, not, are you not limited in how much you can acquire in, in, in the first everywhere, place? Everywhere. You're limited how much can you buy, how much can you spend, how much can you, can you withdraw. Your money, That's fucked up. Money. Where are you at? Yeah, <laughs> You're better off going in with a gun and giving your account number and telling him, give me all my money. <laughs> More than greed. 20, 2015. Where are you at? Now I'm I'm in the U.S. Tux is leaving, okay. leaving, Tux is thinking about leaving Australia for wherever you are. Well, I, I want out, yeah, but I'm stuck, aren't I? I'm completely held up. Me and Monero Australia, he knows what's fucking going on. Yeah. Shit's crazy. The rules, bro. Yeah, okay, we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I just got to say this, that the governments are going to resist losing control you know they they they've always wanted to control us. It's it's not going to end. It's they not going to stop. You. Yeah, they haven't wanted. They do. They're just trying to automate it more. Yeah, and, and so the more I think, focusing, the more I focusing. think about this, this whole cryptocurrency wave, I think we've just opened a Pandora's box of us being controlled yep. even more. That's that's you know the I mean cool. from a philosophical standpoint. We've entered the time of my Bitcoin is better than your Bitcoin. And there's a grading scale. <laughs> yeah. Right, so listen, you could actually yeah. see that. In all seriousness. Yeah, we are. That's, that's why very I, much that's, what's wait, happening. Right? In all seriousness, that's why I'm here. That's why I created this thing. Because I don't want that to be the case. It, that's It's already the case. Like, no, depending not. on where your Bitcoin Yes. Your Bitcoin, when putting it into different exchanges, goes through an algorithm that will grade it. And if it's been part of certain markets or has a certain um, history, it will get flagged and not okay, yeah, yeah, deposited. Okay. okay, I thought what I thought you meant is that the Bitcoin community is dividing everybody else. Amongst oh, no, them. I'm just saying that it's getting to a point where there will be green Bitcoin. There will be like not. It not will be a, it'll be an investor grade Bitcoin. There will be like. Uh, black market Bitcoin in terms of pricing variation is where I yeah, see but, things but, going. But what Taryn said, though, Pandora's box is opened. Right. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think it's going to be for control, ultimately. It's our hope. For, it, it is. A, it, we have to have, we have to be positive. Well, that's why we have privacy coins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't really, though, do we? We don't like have many. Find yourself a miner and buy direct. We do. I mean, you can. I think. I think you can everybody's going to have their own mining Pizza. rig in their home. Yep. Yeah. Another positive thing. Yep. You're right. Well, when it doesn't have to be an eight thousand dollar computer, it's you know. It's more aren't to be that expensive, man. Okay. Sorry. Five. No, they're not. You can get them for like. Talking about AUD here, buddy. Australian dollar. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. 
a buddy of gonna... bought the Doge one there for twenty five grand. Oh, I know, man. They're People are gonna love that. You know, hey, I can well, make my, a, I can print my own money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you got that big boy one there. But even that becomes a whole thing. Mining, depending on which country and which state you're in, is it's a whole own set of like legal restraints on energy use. And Dude, so the idea that everyone will have the opportunity to mine is very like uh, wishful I thinking. Agree. Unless I, it's I, like I mobile say... mining, which is a whole new world that's kind of opening up. But how private that is isn't even yeah. a thing. Like battery blows up. If I well, had to say one one like um, obvious attack vector is that governments will just buy up all the mining equipment they can because they have an unlimited amount of USD, right? So they can uh, buy. They can they can enforce they can force electric companies to give them free electricity. So they could essentially slowly acquire via fees all of any chain they wanted to, if they really were determined to do that. They could buy up all the hash rate. That is to press everybody. I mean, the Federal Reserve can choose to become a Bitcoin exchange and literally be the largest, like, hey, we will suck up every single Bitcoin the world wants to buy or sell and right. literally and just... I don't even think that's even possible because you have, you have a difficulty adjustment on... Oh, you know. Oh, hey, Bitcoin. by the way, okay. I, I looked so this up. You, 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 you're gonna end up keep buying, keep buying, buying, buying all the time. So it doesn't work that way. I think. I think they've they've tried everything they they could. I think it's unstoppable. But that's my opinion. You can't stop. I wouldn't it. give them that much credit. You're talking about a bunch of 65 year olds. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say exactly. something like okay. that. Okay. They don't even. They right, can't exactly think right. beyond. They, they're linear tinkers. Okay, you got. To, if you want to get ahead, I mean, I this is go, goes back to my, you know, development. I mean, I work with all these different companies creating autonomous vehicles and electric vehicles. They are thinking exponentially now. It, it's it's beyond comprehension. I, I I'll spend three hours talking to you, but it, if you really want to innovate. You got to leave your old thinking behind, and these guys never will. That's mm-hmm. all I got to say. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I was starting to get depressed. <laughs> yeah. Again, that's why we the have competence. The incompetence of these bureaucrats will never end. <laughs> that's our only hope. <laughs> What are they going to do when they have no control anymore? Decentralized autonomous organizations. I think that's the future. Oh, absolutely. I got to learn more about those now. So the every, week, every, every week. Underground. Underground. That, that's you, should, an episode. you should get on, you should get on being privacy. You're going to learn a lot. They have DAOs. They have smart contracts, privacy, Mimblewimble. Try it. I am. I'm excited about it. Hey, you know who came up here? My buddy Al. What's up, Al Moby? Finally, Al. Or you fell asleep a- last is week. Is it AI Moby or is it 
Al Moby. He better not be asleep again. He just came up. No, no, I, I did hey. fall asleep last week, but... <laughs> I knew it. I fucking <laughs> called it. the show. It, my, my real name's Alex, but Moby is what everybody knows me by in the chats, and AI is in the front. I changed it to AI. Oh, all right. But yeah, I'm just hanging out tonight. I'm awake. What you been up to, man? Uh, I've been working a lot of stuff behind scenes, like what we're trying to do with like a lot of our, because we run like venture capitalist funds, and so been working with a lot of like Indian guys that we know over in India, setting up. Um, they're like these uh, larger scale like gaming rooms, I guess you can say, and um, like the paid to play gaming, like that'll they'll be able to you know collect shares, they'll be able to work, make money. But a lot of these guys were like pulling IT tech guys like right out of college, out of there. Wow. I mean, labor wise, I mean, I'm paying like it's like one fourth, one fifth of what I pay over here, U.S. So it's it's a lot more beneficial. That's so crazy. yeah, we've been working on that behind scenes a little bit, but then uh, then we're looking at expanding it a lot bigger because we just got some other connections in, I guess, Bangladesh and the Philippines also have some really lower labor. So we'll just go in there, you know, help people out. They play games. We buy yeah, it's it's pretty good network. Are you and then yeah, we, we've been hiring a now. couple like we've been hiring some developers <laughs> like to create um they're creating like the layers on these metaverses and uh these other gaming networks that we're running to launch like some gaming some gaming tokens and yeah, just can I, this can is I ask a lot. question because I'm curious about like because of this downturn in the market, right? Downturn, we just pumped good today. <laughs> well, no, you know what I'm saying, right? So, like in the last whatever, it's been it's been quiet, and I would say yeah. even so, that's there's a lot of people oh, that are scared. Again, I'm just, I'm just curious. Do you feel like that's that the NFT metaverse thing is almost immune to this at this point i feel that they have a market structure and a market um cap basically that's it's a very widespread market of what they're going after like you look at the gaming they're talking about gaming at first they're talking about maybe eight to ten trillion now they're talking over 20 trillion because you think all these gamers right now they pay to, to get, you know, hybrid guns and all this other stuff on Call of Duty and whatnot without being able to actually own the rights to that stuff. They don't own that stuff. Like, it, you know, they can't just take it out of the game and go wherever they want with it into another game. Yeah. This is this is a new evolution. At the same time, on top of owning those NFTs, you stake them down, you collect APY, you get paid shares for playing the game if you're, you know, good characters and whatnot. And it's... At some point, people won't play games for for free, or you know, the, the, everybody will be here in this world playing. It'll all be in crypto. Is that good though? Uh, ideally, yes. That's, They're playing anyway. I mean, that, that's you know? great. Well, I know, but but isn't it? But does it take the fun out of the whole goddamn thing? And I don't think there's no because I mean, always having fun. <laughs> it it could be a little bit more reason. <laughs> I look at it, the digital gaming thing, I look at it more of like, because you got to think about how, how some of these countries are shut down from COVID. 
and a lot of their rights and restrictions are being like they don't have a lot of rights like United States people do. So <laughs> tell me. It's bad. Like even some of these states no, we're in the United fucked, States okay? have bad restrictions. Like I'm in Florida. Yeah, so, fuck the time. You know, I it's pretty pretty <laughs> open Who's down laughing? here. Who's laughing? That was me. Please make a GTA uh, metaverse, man. They they're actually making some in similarity to those. You know, Terrence, you gotta talk to talk some Monero Australia. They got it'll, it'll educate you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't, we like, don't probably see, have the I time see these, for right now. these new wave of like digital gaming and metaverse stuff. Like, not the metaverse is newer, but the digital gaming has been here for for you know a good year, a couple years Ages. now. Moby, and, Moby, you know, I wanted to ask you, CSGO, you, you're familiar with Counter-Strike, yeah? Like, a lot of this stuff, like, I believe it'll have their resilience to, like, their, these assets will be able to have their own tracks. Like, you go into the real markets of how traders look, and, like, you see, like, different metals, and you see oils, and you see, you know, silver and gold, and you see how medical companies are traded in... in in all different kind of markets in a regular stock market, and they have their own trends um, that might go year to year or seasonal. Like some people might invest in one eight hundred flowers every time Christmas comes around or Mother's Day or Valentine's Day. Like they see a heightened spike, they know the market's there. They're gonna invest and swing that market. I see just like any anything, you're gonna have your ups and downs. But because it's so new, that's why you see a lot of people making a lot of money. Like this, this happened when Litecoin came out, when Bitcoin came out, when Ethereum came out. It's just these are now on the ground. They're more ground level investments for a lot of these people. And, and a lot of them look at it like some of this stuff's not even a dollar. You know, they're like, oh, I can get way more shares right now. So that's where a lot of retail investors are more incentivized. Half of them don't even know what they're buying, honestly. Yeah, but, they don't. Like I, gotta, I'm, I, I invest heavily in the land because a lot of these metaverses, it's, they're creating, the, as landowners, if you know developer side and you know coding and how to run like stuff like that, you're able to create um, different business entities inside these metaverses where they're going to generate the volume for you. You just have to have something that's going to work and make money and you can sell more nft bases out of that or rent out little plots of your land like snoop dogg is now leasing out a whole bunch of his sections of his land and sandbox like that's kind of a first trend there somebody's yeah. selling out more land within sandbox like that uh I gotta, yeah but what about the moby have you played you've played on sandbox you've played on decentraland let's be honest it's not there yet it's it's pretty shit yeah, those I, I personally like this stuff because I build on on Unreal Engine Five, the gamers okay. that my devs are working on, and I like that stuff way more. I don't like this blocky graphic shit. All right, I'm with you there. Yeah, you know, like, wanna, it's, it's supposed just, to be immersive. I needed to. Yeah, I want a high quality, hot like this is yeah. what this is what this crypto is. It's the most diverse, cutting edge investments and and technology here on on in front of us. That's what I expect out of the same metaverses. I don't want to go to a like a on a cruise ship that looks like a Lego block cruising down the road. I want to be on a big <laughs> nice yacht that's been created in Unreal Engine. Getting tucked off. 
So I, I, gotta... think, I think it's just, you know, everybody's <laughs> preference. Like, any, any artist can buy any kind of NFT, you know, and what might look good or what might not look good. So, so I got a question. Say, you know, you you have an NFT that you bought for $100,000 and it goes to $1 million. Yeah. Would you sell it? I would have bought three or four. That way I could have sold two or three to make all the profit to cover the one that I kept and kept it forever. You have an answer to this question. Yeah, you, you're, you're making a profit on it. Pretend you yeah, have your intention is to make a profit. So if I have one, it, um, if I already made one million on it, chances are I'll hold it a little bit longer until I direly need. Ideally, I wouldn't want to be in a position to where I would have to sell it in a time when I needed to sell it, where I could just pick and choose when I want to sell it. Suppose I tell you that the value of that NFT, or, or if you have two or three of them, actually in five years is going to be 10 million or 20 million dollars i would definitely hold it of course that's where this whole thing is going yeah like that's what already that's what already is going on with a lot of people like the one picture i have like of slimes right there's certain ones that you can buy and they give you percent royalties of every time something sold on that transaction of the nft of of the whole blockchain yeah. um, the, like certain NFTs give you, I have certain land plot sizes on Alpha. This one, so Red Fox, they just did an auction on their digital land, and they started at one ETH auctions, and it was twenty four hour auction, and I got outbidded by over fifteen ETH on some some of these things. Like it went from one ETH to two to four to five, eighteen, sixteen, nineteen ETH, and they were just regular sized plots of, of land, but you're you're building within their metaverse and again you look at you look at where their population is and, and who 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 the owners of that company are what have they already done prior to to that and then you determine okay should i buy land in these metaverses probably so because there's a high traffic volume i go and buy land in sandbox just because i know it's a high traffic volume i don't really like the picture of it or how it looks but they have a generated volume of traffic, and now you just create a business that's going to be profitable that you'll be able to also produce traffic in. That's the thing, Moby. I want to ask you two questions. First of all, um, you use OpenSea for any of your NFT buying and selling? Yes, OpenSea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, are you are you not concerned with any SEC ruling on these investments? marketed as nfts which they are nfts but are you do you have any concern um, there have you seen what they've what OpenSea themselves have done no by their no, own rules on some collection like i'll privately i'll run like vpns and, and um scramblers like on all the all the hot wallets uh, like, i'm not talking about your security or your well-being i'm talking about the value of your investments are you not concerned at all it doesn't matter what you do in, no, in because it's like the money is privately. I won't ever have to worry about U.S. restrictions privately or anything. Yeah, but because that, what he's saying is that it's going to affect the market. But, yeah, if your NFT is listed for sale on OpenSea, the largest platform, and OpenSea, which they have done on fucking countless times now, they decide, you know what, we're delisting this project because it's an investment and this isn't something that we support. <laughs> and, you know, do you not have concern there? Um... With some of these projects, 
some of them I would definitely say so, but like I do my stint, like extensive, extensive research before I come into um, certain NFT projects. Like, and not, you know, not so much extensive, but like I go quite a few hours and I look at who the creators were, what the background is and everything on them before I go say, yeah, this is going to be a good one. I should be all right. Plus, I also have other guys that are like NFT DJs and they'll, they'll be back in a lot of them. Like the one, we just got a bunch of ones called Clonex and these ones, they're like, yeah. the creator he's already partnered with Nike and this, like the floor is gone. Yeah, they went from like couple two ETH, like they launched at four and then they come down to two, get a couple more. Now they're up to like 11 and 12 ETH offers mm. in a matter of two, not even two weeks. Like we're talking like 10 days right now. They they don't offer any yielding for a token though, do they? No, it's just the, the value of the interchangeable, like the coding of that NFT, right? That's a new way of coding because you're able to change out certain parts within that NFT, like a bunch of you know arms and all these you know t-shirts and and all this oh, different yeah. gear like that's that's a new structure to how the nfts are evolving like it's you have to look deeper like the contract structure and like, I understand where, that. where where it's evolving uh because like you know then they, they learned how to create land on these nfts and now you can go sell land plots and create your own land off of it and yeah, it, it's just sure. Like we were talking about this last week about it's each like it's good to have all these projects and so much people coming into the space because each person is putting a little piece of that puzzle together to overall have us, you know, the answer to be able to have bridges into all the metaverse into all the all these other coins will have bridges in between each other. Like some of the slower networks like though, I, I don't feel them getting left behind though. They'll have to incorporate themselves with these other faster networks at some point. It's just, you know, that's up to the ownership and, and the developers behind all that when the time is good for them. You, you mentioned earlier you've been speaking with a bunch of people and working with a bunch of people in that space. Are any of them uh, involved in any way with Matic at all? Because you mentioned India in particular. I know that they're based over there. Have um, you had conversations? So, um, I don't. <laughs> I don't know personally, like I haven't met anybody, but we just like do phone conferences and stuff on the TVs with them and the guys we meet with. But, um, so Matic just picked up, they just bought out like all of mirror protocol, which is a scaling solution, like for E2. Mm -hmm. And that basically like writes them a pretty good open ticket to, and again, like with their gaming, like they have a lot of gaming launches off of off of their platform. Yeah. So, I mean, ideally, they I work. See, yeah, I see them walking in the lines of Avalanche and, and eventually Solana also. Like Solana's yeah. taking a big hit right now because, again, he just got all messed up. He's all congested. He can't handle the traffic that they're trying to produce through that network. It just can't handle what they're trying to do. Yeah, I uh, I think Maddox's gonna succeed, man. Their mission statement has always been. I went pretty that long they are to on be that. The, the layer two, you know, to Ethereum. I think like it's gonna work. Litecoin, Litecoin caught my eye these past few months, and I've been, you know, every week. It doesn't matter what the price is. Like I just, I swing trade a lot on the other on every market. It doesn't matter what market, but and then profits. I just go and buy 
keep buying crypto every week. And then, of course, I got my side money, like, on the side. Like, I come in pretty heavy on dips and corrections. Do you intend to hold Litecoin or just trade it? No, I hold. I have. I have some good long-term positions in Litecoin. I don't ever just trade. I'm in. I'm on accumulation all the way into 2025. These everything I swing trade, like I don't sell any of it. I don't have to ever sell um, out of any like position. I I will swing trade right to gain positions in these assets. And ideally, I'm not. I don't ever have to pay for these out of my pocket because they're as a swing trader. That's ideally. You know that's what you're trading for. You're just stacking. Yeah, it's just it's just accumulation all up within the markets, and that's that's just understanding how to trade, buying low, and, and I'm not selling. I'm I'm never selling. So the profits of where that swing was, say you put in ten grand at a ten percent move, that's a thousand dollars, right? If you can have ten thousand as a trader, and on the sidelines, right, and you do um you know, one, one successful 10% trade a day. I mean, ideally uh, in a whole year, that's 300, you know, 50, whatever days <laughs> you could do 250 trades a year. One successful 10% trade a day. Yeah. That's, that's a thousand dollars a day. That's just mm -hmm. one trade. And like, I come on with easily, you know, a hundred grand. Right. And that's you can open 10 trades a day and, Ideally, you get you get a few that click, a few that you're in it for a longer term swing that runs three to maybe ten days, but yeah, there's I have like I call them decks and stairs when I'm setting up positions and like I don't I'll pull out my initial ten grand right and then I'll just uh, leave my shares in there that were acquired. And those those are like long long term. I won't these don't you won't be looking or touching them easily until twenty twenty five. All right. So this reminds me of a uh, time when I was trading dot com stocks um, back in ninety nine two thousand two thousand one time frame. And yeah, I was making more money then. Than I'm making now. Why? Wow. Yeah. Why? Because just balls guts. Simple as that. And plus, I was trading huge positions. But that's, and then, then, then I just became a just mature guy, and I was like, I chilled out, and it was not never the same again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's. I keep it very simple. Like there's times where I come in real heavy on certain assets, but as far as my day trading and swing trading goes, I keep it real simple. That's a moderate number. Like when I first started, I started with a thousand dollars there. And then, you know, once you learn how to trade with basically say, start with a hundred dollars. And if you can successfully trade that up and down the market on 10, 20, 30% moves, it doesn't matter what zero is behind that one. Like, yeah, it doesn't you matter. But you've never seen or you've never experienced a, a completely down market, eighty percent down market. Yeah, I've been I've been through this whole year's corrections, April, September. No, August. I'm talking about twenty eighteen. I'm talking about two <laughs> years worth of a downtrend, or like from two thousand to two thousand two was like eighty percent down. 
Same thing in 2000. I mean, I'm not, I'm not afraid of those markets really, because I mean, I a, a bear market and a, and a calmer market is a lot easier to trade and understand than being in a bull market, because these things come and run out of nowhere, and a lot of times you miss your runs, <laughs> simple for, simply from that. A slower market, you're just ranging. You're just, you know, what mediums you're working in, and, and you know you're sitting in a good position. Like for the past four. This past whole week has been great because I've been in following a wedge of Bitcoin this whole time, up and down, up and down, up and down, trading for the past over a week, 10 days. Instead of just holding through this whole position, I've traded in and out five or six times already. How many screens you got? <laughs> um, huh, yeah, here, do you want? Oh, I you can send, send you a picture. I'll send you a picture, you a picture to do these things. <laughs> I, I can send a video this week. I was surprised to see that. I can send a video, actually. I got two screens up, but I can run eight panel screens on each one of them. Here. I'll do this. I'll do this. Hang on. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try this tech. Hold on a second. I'm high. I'm a high tech guy here. Cause you, you. I can send a video no, too, no, but that's. On, I'll send on. a video of one of the offices that oh, we have set up. I know you got it. I'm gonna share it. Hold on a second. Cause you shared it today. Oh, on my Facebook, I shared it the other day. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of oh oh no that was that was my Twitter too yeah I got all kind of profiles damn dude you're a nerd I don't know where I'm at you're on Facebook that's awesome <laughs> how old are you man that's like that's like more like for my family they don't know like they don't know like they don't know crypto or like understand crypto or anything so, yet. so you're just shitting on your whole family on Facebook no. <laughs> half, half of them. Yeah, I could be like, come to Twitter or Telegram. They're like, um, no. Shit, I, I wouldn't go on Telegram. I, I only got so much time to learn it all. What's what's frustrating is you feel like you learn it. it t- I, see, I, I'm uh, what, what Taryn's talking about makes sense to me because I said this to you a couple weeks ago. I was trying to explain to you guys, like when things get bad. I believe, I personally believe 98% plus of the NFTs will go to a point where you cannot sell them. Oh, they've <laughs> been there. A lot of them have been there already on Ethereum. Yeah. It's been right. a shit show. And Okay, if they've already been there, like, yeah. well, you know, I'll say interest level in crypto. I mean, I'll hear up. about mid projects and maybe nothing. invest in one or two yeah. of them. You yep. know, what what I has anybody ever thought of creating a NFT platform using Litecoin? It exists. It, yeah, because... they just came out with one like two weeks ago or something. Oh, wow. Okay, so they stole well, my idea, huh? Yeah, they did. <laughs> the free market, buddy. Everybody gets fucked. Everybody. <laughs> we appreciate it. already stole your idea. <laughs> you got to keep your ideas well, in your head it. like the keys. It launched in September, but it just no. Does it, anyone this use goes it? back yeah. to the whole you know, do development the incentive problem. Yeah. Which, by the way, are, I'm not a. I don't pay a ton of attention to what's going on in Bitcoin, but like uh, some major developers left Bitcoin recently, right? Yeah, yeah apparently. That's that, that's for uh, anonymity. 
You think it's what? only for anonymity? Yeah, and, yeah, of and course, because more? they are, yeah, they are targeted. And apparently, they weren't getting paid. Well, that's, no, that's, see, I that's the think, problem. I don't think. I don't think it's it's about the payment. It's it's about the media and the social media and the targeting and because they have lawsuit with Greg Wright. They have all kinds of problems. Hmm. Yeah, but remember when they said it couldn't be changed, it couldn't be fucked with. Yeah. I thought it was all said and done. There, there doesn't need to be any. You know, like if you want to create a wallet to transact with, fine. If you wanted to, you know, create services, whatever, like that's all fine. But the core of it, I thought it was all said and done. I thought it couldn't be changed. I same. Thought, you know? Yeah. I thought the same thing. It's quite, it's weird. It's <laughs> yeah. really weird. Yeah. I thought it was I a understand. perfect. I, I thought that was the whole point is that it's set and done. Like it, it yeah. I, th- I thought that was the entire point. You can't point. change it. Yeah. You can't change it. I mean, there are Which, upgrades. Okay, yes, would you not say? <laughs> I keep coming back to this. And Bagwamas is with me. Maybe the only person that's with me. Litecoin. Litecoin's a superior asset. To Bitcoin, I'm with you on that. Because Charlie, what Charlie understands is that you don't need to play a bunch of games. Pick your pick your points, pick your spots, and he's focused on making it sound money that's transactable privately, but not as privately as Monero. I'm sorry, but you know what I mean. He's got his his focus is in the right place, and he's not yeah. worried about being his his ego. Man, his ego is like he's not there. Yeah. Yeah, but people keep saying Bitcoin's going to be private, but where the fuck's that going, right? But Litecoin, people think it is, make it it... Private, and he's doing it well. And this, this is a little bit of that. Like, is the central like Litecoin is more centralized than Bitcoin? Mm. But in, in a good it way, is true. in it a is good true. way, right now. Um, in a way that it is. Well, if you I, I created good, if you forked it or created it, then you hold all the codes and all that stuff, right? Like, and you're able to change and upgrade and whatever it is, right? Like, yeah, for sure you can do it. But like, example, Bitcoin. Yeah, the code is out there for everyone to see, analyze, right? But apparently the creator of it or creators, right? Uh, they're the ones that should be able to to change it, fix it, and all that kind of stuff, right? Like once it's running... No, but nobody is saying in general. Like the, the fact that Charlie is there is actually that's beneficial. Why would you? Why would we not want Satoshi around? Um, I can even think if of Satoshi a few was reasons. around. Even even if Satoshi was around, he can't do shit. But wouldn't but wouldn't it be a a guiding a guidepost, a north star, so, to say? This is where I think this should go. I think there's value to that. I don't think no. It's just a person. Well, if you know it is a person who who forked it or created it. But we're all just people. I think it's better when there is no person. Yeah. Personally. I just I just don't think there should be a person. if there is one, that's fine, but I would prefer there not be any any person. Not that they hold the power to do it. I understand. No, but, but the, it doesn't matter if they have... Jump behind it and go, that's right. That's what we like. 
Yeah, like, but then there's also a person responsible that can that can fuck up or can say a certain thing. It's just it's it's like unnecessary risk, in my opinion. Okay, but what's what's the opposite? There's a void. Elon Musk. People look to leaders. People look to leaders. You have a void. There is a void, right? So what has filled the void in Bitcoin? Actually, they made it worse, I believe. Monero. That's what I'm saying. It's it's like they're 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 more aligned with like what uh, these fucking people. Well, who? You know what? I don't give a fuck. Fuck themselves the leader. <laughs> it's and, and like look, I'm in, I'm I'm I have I made a tag, <laughs> Litecoin Underground. I'm just a dude. I'm a guy literally sitting on my couch right now. And you oh, have every right to be. Right. Yeah. Because that's that's what these protocols create. Uh, gold is Peter Schiff is gold, right? Is he the representative you want of gold? I don't know. A void <laughs> has been a void exists, and somebody jumped in to fill it. Yeah, but is that that's better than just saying, "Hey, here's a guy that we legitimately believe in, and he's got, thankfully, he's got the right thing in mind." Yeah, but when they do such changes. Doesn't the miners and all that stuff have to agree also to the changes? No. Yeah. Everybody. I everybody. They yeah. Totally, I, if they all don't upgrade, then the changes won't happen. Type thing, right? No, I mean, I think on the mining guys, they just get put out. You know, they just mine some one node. That's nah, yes. That's a, on, that's on what It's like this. It's like this, It's like this soft leadership. Pretty much, like you have to get everybody on board that you can, and then all the other ones have a choice type thing. But they have another way, so they can bypass that, like Taproot. Yeah, yeah. I know we're talking about anymore. <laughs> where's uh, where's the one guy that was mining Litecoin? I need to talk to him. What from last week? You mean oh, from a from, that one was a couple weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I think like last week. Two, or two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. What's your I gotta find him because like we just the new computers we just got right. Oh, you're talking got, about Satoshi he, South? He, yeah. Yeah. The guy. So. The guy's talking about. He, he's talking about he can build these motherboards that can run uh, between twenty and forty graphics cards to mine mm-hmm. off of one system and one yeah. motherboard. Yeah, it won't work on Litecoin. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 No, it will. No. Why wouldn't I mean, it? We're I not mean, graphics. Can. We're not I mean, graphics. I mean, you can, but you you can you can buy a L three or yeah L three yeah, yeah. way cheaper on, than that and have like way more power than that. Yeah. yeah. You could do Monero. I mean, yeah, these graphics Monero, cards yeah. are like even. I mean, these graphics cards are like three or four grand a piece. Yeah. It's just again, again. A mining machine is like super powerful. It's like three hundred of those. Yeah, for Litecoin, no, but for like Ethereum or Ethereum Monero or Monero, Beam, or Coin. Holy shit! Someone, uh, someone just joined with the uh, XRP in their bio. I want to hear from you. What's going on, Suji? <laughs> Hey, How are you hey, feeling? Hey, wait, real quick. Yeah, I, I got no hate for any chain. I'm all I'm all pro decentralization. What's up? I'm just wondering when uh, when is Mimble Wimble going now? Uh, I'll I'll stand, I'll give you a number that I feel comfortable telling you. By the end of 2022. January, by the end of January, you should have at least 
you'll start seeing at least some uh, real world activation. It might be in like beta testing, but they're actually what happened is I think early November they were done. They're letting people review the code and test it. And uh, it's a, if you go to WenMWeb, which is W E N M W E B dot com, that'll give you all the all the updates on what's been going on. But I would expect okay. by the end of January you should have it. All right. And uh, one other question I just had was, uh, what about um, this taproot? Like, uh, is it live on Litecoin now as well? Dang, that's a good question. No, not yet. Not yet. It's yeah, it's like right in. It's no, gonna... it's not yet. It's not. No. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, we need to update the uh, the code. Zero point twenty one something. Okay. So and, in, and... in order to be activated. Okay. But it, it, it will. It like that's another thing that will be happening. Yeah, that's actually and, the thing that makes all the all the progress about MWeb, about uh, smart contracts, about everything. Right, and another thing, I don't know, like how long you guys have been? Uh, have you guys ever followed Cliff High? Yeah, Cliff High, the science guy. Cliff High, like he's uh, he does. <laughs> <laughs> that's Bill Nye. <laughs> He, oh, he yeah. does. Um, he does predictive linguistics, and um, way back he had a forecast, and um, um, basically he said probably starting in spring, um, you would see the ratio between Litecoin Bitcoin um, narrow to more uh, consistent with. Uh, um, you know the ratio of coins. So he's saying he saw in his forecasts uh, it getting less than uh, ten Litecoin per one Bitcoin, and you know that seems kind of lofty, but uh, it's fair. You know he, he's, but uh, you know I don't see why if uh, we get into a situation of hyperinflation, um, Bitcoin might become sort of unattainable. And and Litecoin would be the de facto um, uh, currency that uh, you know people might flock to. So that that was his rationale, but uh, something to look forward to. That's exactly what I said two and a half hours ago. <laughs> oh, okay, I just joined. I... Man. No, uh, it's no, okay. Just... I made that prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I totally Did you guys talk about the Fed? Were you guys talking about the Fed earlier? Oh yeah, we said <laughs> fuck them. <Yeah. laughs> All of us. So they're they're talking about like just pushing it off, you know, just like yeah, we'll just push this extra I, percent off to rebalance the books. <laughs> you know, just like, let you guys take care of it another couple years or whenever. Like what? To, what? I just don't understand how that's eligible in any playbook. Yeah, I always how, love they, they, that. That is the playbook. They posture, right? They just go, "Well, our plan is we're probably gonna make a move." But they don't, you know, they're not committing to anything. They're just, they're just kicking the can a little further down the road. They analyze everyone but themselves. 
they have no interest in. I mean, they got the they got the federal government by the balls. You it's know? just com- compressing the spring a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. I I come back and forth between like, is it? Yeah, it'll it'll so be underground? satisfying to go. I told you so. Look how much of a mess the Fed is. But if if uh, the dollar does truly collapse, it's going to be really bad for right. a lot of people. Oh, so you know what we could do? Give them all physical Litecoin. We make a metaverse, right? Do uh, do United States map where you could zoom in all the way down to whatever you have to. You do GPS locations, right? And uh, you measure the Federal Reserve property, right? The GPS coordinates. You create the land, right? NFT. You go there. You tell them, hey, you owe me money. You're on my fucking land. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Turgy Why does that sound familiar? Yeah. Oh, man, guys. This has been... Holy Jesus. This is my White House. Might be a record for me. Five hours. Been a five hour Yeah. This might oh, be five. three episodes. Yes. Yeah. And, uh... Well, hey, all you guys are in here. A lot of you guys are in here. What about markets? Underground, what about markets? What's your prediction? Of what? Uh, February. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see us move up, but it's like, yeah, I'm at the end of February before you even see anything coming. Yeah. Put up or down? End of February. Up, huh? up, 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 really? yeah, up. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm into October. Like, I'm, in, I'm well into October. Like, with what I'm looking at on charts, like, hmm. Turn. What so, about you? Do, so do do you see a half a year bull market, half a year bear market, for now? I mean, I see like a more of a stabilized market. It's not. It's not like. I mean, we'll see how it plays out, but like based on a lot of the old tracks, it's. It, it, I, I just. I don't know. It's really just watching it close, but from what I'm seeing in the amount of volume and it's just so much other companies and industries coming into crypto and how how can you compress the number and keep it down that long with you know, that much volume? That, that's what I'm saying. You know, you might have retail selling and, and they're compressing it, keeping it down, but at some point retail is going to be tired of sitting out of the boundaries, but I'm sure there's retail mixed in already. There has to be. I don't, you know, I think that retail is way down, like way, way down. There's been no on-chain activity. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I kind of feel like we're in a bear market, but it's being propped up by non-retail at this point. So, so the thing is, in the U.S., they need spot ETF. That will enable retail to get in easy. The reason why they launched the future ETF because it's not real Bitcoin, and people are investing in it with the illusion that they're buying spots that they're not. And um, I think until the SEC allows spot ETF, um, you won't see a large insurge of retail investment. Uh, so uh, what I'm I'm following 
is my um, I, I use a service called Sentimenter, SentimentTrader.com. So I uh, use a chart that probably it's probably on my timeline somewhere, which maps. Um, I would say it's, it's sentiment. It's it's a combination of the fear and greed index and something else. But right now it's at where every single bottom has been from 2017 to, to in 2020. I can easily see the bottom, but this bottom right now might be extended for another, I would say, four weeks or maybe six weeks. Um, but I, at that point, I see the market going up. Uh, a lot of the fund managers are have cashed out for their for their year end bonuses, and so the stock market and the Bitcoin or crypto market kind of they follow each other, and it's a lot of it depends on liquidity. So I see that liquidity come back in in Q one. That's one, and two, I see um, a lot of other banks. Uh, willing to trade crypto and hold it on their balance sheet. Um, and I, I think it's going to be a slow and steady momentum building, you know, from Q1 into into the end of the year. It's going to be a very slow, with a couple of, you know, a couple of spikes. Personally, I don't think the retail, average retail investor has the balls to um, at this point to you know take their stake in Bitcoin up to two hundred fifty thousand, I think a lot of people are just going to say fuck it. Uh, it's at a seventy five thousand or a hundred thousand. I'm taking my money. I'm going. Um, and the rest of it is just going to be institutional money that that is just going to pile in, and they don't care about whether it's going to go down or not. But they're going to keep on pushing it up. So I think ultimately the rich are going to get richer and uh, a lot of the retail inventors, investors are going to be left in the dust. That's my theory, at least for next year. A lot of that, a lot of that's what the analytics are showing. Like I do a lot of like wallet taps, you know, because I mean, you can follow traders and stuff and that's what it's showing like. These these bigger wallets are the ones that are still buying at these levels, and they're not afraid of the market, and they're just filling in those blocks right Correct. around these areas. Yeah, and it's not just like Bitcoin; it's it's wide scale. They're they're all into all the other altcoins too, and some like dude, some of the stuff I've fallen across is unbelievable. With like we are trading on this one asset one night, and like we connected like a. Oh, Coinbase froze all of our accounts like and we were trading like in a pack like there's like eight of us trading heavy on this one asset as soon as it got listed on Coinbase and then within like a few hours they they closed all the trading down a lot like what happened uh, on Robinhood with with Doji when it was going up and they locked everybody out of their shares they ended up paying us back in, in like two grand in Bitcoin for like oh yeah sorry we locked you guys out of your shares, but we had to wait uh, like 10 days. They sent in, unlocked it, but on a Coinbase wallet. And, and it was like insider trading. Like these wallets were connected millions and millions and millions of dollars 
like off of private. <laughs> We're pretty sure it was Coinbase trading the asset, and and it got shorted. They ran out of out of shares on the market, locked us all out of our bids and our trades, and and then the market opens and Coinbase dropped like eleven percent that next Monday morning. Yeah, third party gatekeepers gotta love them. Selling off yeah. their shares to cover all of our grounds, and then here we are a week later. They unlock our shares, and we couldn't even sell them off of Coinbase. We had to sell them off a of Uniswap, off another exchange. DeFi. Yeah, yeah, off a of DeFi exchange. <laughs> even Coinbase DeFi, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they told it was it was a wreck. Like, definitely lost some money in the middle of all that. But it was like a group of like five six big wallets and it wasn't like these guys had everything in these wallets like yeah they laugh we cry and we're not allowed to strangle them it was on the weekend too like it was institutional money i was like what is these servers because like i go over to the uh, to uniswap asset and every time there was like a buy i mean you see big ETH sales like compressing the price so low off of uniswap do yeah. you think ETH's going to make it a 10K this next year? Um, I mean, a lot of people are like trying to say it should be around 18, like 20. A lot. Some people are saying even closer to the $30,000 range. Like at some point, this the way the burn is, at, at some point that's going to catch up. A lot like how a halving works almost. And, and you just have to, it's going to be that months and months pr- after that happens for it to finally reflect and start showing up though. So I'm like, and then E2 drops supposedly like around, I want to say like March or April or May or something. That's if they get it all done in time. Got it. Probably won't be done in time. No. Well, Ralph has so. got some crazy, like, he's got like 25, 30K target on that. So no. they got to fix it up. There's, I've there's used a, Ethereum a lot. It's fucked. It, it's, it's like it's brutal. Yeah, if you're not trading a heavy hand, like you're paying outrageous amount of gas. And especially when like I go in and try and buy 15, 20 uh NFT sets like a like a big lot at a time and that's that eats a lot up when you're minting. Yeah, are they yeah, all terrible actions when you do that or no? Yeah. 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 Also people on projects that, you know, get whitelisted or they're there when it launches, you know, they can play the gas war game and that, that shit is fucked. I can't, I, I don't understand why they leave that possibility oh, open. But... I mean I pay I pay eight hundred to a thousand dollars running high gas to get in on some of these launches easily. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It turns into it turns into a bunch of people it doing is. that it's, and it's, it's fucked. It's, it's the heavier hands and that's who's gonna get you know, and that's like that's what the market is, and it's crazy how how it's come to that. But I mean, even with Solana and, and Polygon, like I've run NFTs off of those, and I mean, I'm paying mm. pennies. I'll rack that shit up. I'll rack it up yeah. in dollars, dude. <laughs> Whoa. Because <laughs> I mean, that you look at how much I'm paying on ETH compared to those. Like, what's what's a couple dollars compared to a few hundred dollars I'm used to paying. Well, that's the thing, Moby. If you get on a project that's launching, say, and you set the gas fee to a thousand or whatever, if if that project flops, does don't you get wrecked? Like, does that uh, happen to you? How many chances are you taking? Yeah, yeah, but I don't. I'm not like playing in meme world or nothing like that. These are all like I go for a lot of the digital gaming launches. One like okay. brands like Animoca Brands and 
and stuff that have been backed and they they usually have like seed rounds done on an IDO platform prior mm-hmm. like a launch pad ones I know that have already have volume in it because I trade okay. a lot of my trading like I trade off of um like accumulation and distribution charts and, and just volume oscillator volume indicators showing me the volume and traffic I, right. I don't even have to look at a chart or anything I can just look at those two and say hey I'm I'm buying and I'm I'm selling just not even looking at a price or what the name is or anything okay All right. I think I'm done. Same here. <laughs> no, it's going to sleep. Bro, yeah, this run. This I'm glad I caught you hours. in time this week. Yeah. Yeah, we were chatting away last week. But, uh, yeah, we put you on the podcast, Al, a couple weeks ago. You can go wow. check it out. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, the one that long conversation we had about uh, – Man, Dude, education, the many, metaverse, see, look, it, it's all strippers. coming out this week. Like, there's so many. There's like three companies I know of that are all speaking about um, learn to earn programs. About like, there's one on an IDO platform that's already launching. I think it's A A G or A E G, something like that. But again, they're paying kids. They're gonna develop school programs around the world and pay kids to go to school and learn. You have to be vaccinated. Um, um, I mean, I guess it really depends. If you can do this with an Oculus from your living room, then you're probably eligible. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so the target yeah, we'll go back. It's going to be guys, uh, justified by how much they earn. If you're new here, go back and listen to. I've got a couple of the Twitter spaces up that were probably, I don't know, three and a half hours long. Yeah, the one uh, I called it. It's our fourth episode. It, uh, Al, we talked a lot. We talked a lot. Digital pin. I think Al had digital strippers in here. <laughs> it, was, it was getting wild, dude. <laughs> what? Yeah, you guys. Like, go listen to it. Go, go on Spotify. To it. Look at it'll, it'll, it definitely on Spotify or Apple Music. Go have a listen. I mean, I definitely I see Litecoin taking positions because no nobody's not gonna do it like. They'll take positions in these markets. Dude, yeah. listen. Nobody uses Litecoin and has a bad experience. They go, that was nice. It like worked. It was fast. And they trust it. Yeah. And it's, it's, so much, it's such an enjoyable experience versus uh, any of these other rigmarole. You put a light light wallet on your phone. You carry, carry it around your wallet. and You want to send it. It happens. It's easy. It's fast. It's great. It's a great asset. Yeah, it's wonderful. Have any of you guys um, explored uh, the the Flare network that's coming out? You get to mint your Litecoin on it, dude. I have no idea. Time. That's been they've been talking about that for a year. I have no yeah, idea. Okay. I have no idea. That's like a XRP thing, right? Yeah, I mean it's um, they 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 use the uh, I I think it's a a, a chain on the XRPL and. Uh, it's got uh, Ethereum virtual machine, and I think they use Avalanche consensus. So. How's that trial going? Well, their Songbird is working really well, and uh, so I think they have about another month or so of testing, and then they're going to launch Flare probably in February. So once that's done, then um, 
you know, Litecoin is one of the assets you can mint on it <clears throat> to own passive income. So. What about that Ripple trial, that XLP trial? You keeping up with that? You shitting your pants every day or what? <laughs> That's what I really the want. The trial? Uh-huh. Yeah, man, the fucking trial. Oh, the lawsuit, the lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I the OJ trial. <laughs> <laughs> you know? He's got XRP in his bio. Only one on trial for murder. <laughs> I think that's a done deal. It's just a matter of uh, you think the time. A done deal. And I think, uh, Please elaborate. Well, I, I think the, the settlement is in place. I, I mean, the SEC is being... Uh, pretty much laid bare as a corrupt institution that it is. But everyone knows. I that. think they, uh, I think the settlement is in place. I think the timing is what is uh, holding that up. And uh, when the timing is right, they'll announce it. So, um, yeah, but they're trying to protect the consumer, right? Oh, it's not about the consumer. Come on. They're trying. They're trying to protect the consumer. <laughs> it opens up a file and then he leaves the next day. What is that shit? They're trying to line their pockets. That's what they're trying to do. And uh... it is funny, and I really do need to end this because it's late. But it is funny when, like, in oh, DeFi man. markets, and it's like uh, we're we're just trying to protect the people who, you know, don't know what they're doing. It's like, well, they if they figured out how to get into DeFi. They probably know what they're doing, like to a degree, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like you you don't stumble into DeFi. <laughs> yeah, some people mm-hmm. make mistakes. A couple, uh, like you know, when I first got in it, believe me, I lost some money, right. like sending them into random space, and then eventually, like you just get it. Yeah, yeah. you loot. You loot. The best education in the world. Yeah, Elizabeth Warren would rather you spend one hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> in college than get a four hundred dollar education. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna pay you four hundred dollars to learn it. <laughs> oh, Jesus! All right, so this is officially the longest. It's a five-hour spaces. I gotta cut it off. Uh, You're on thanks the- for everybody coming in. Follow, follow me, please. Go check out the podcast. I think you guys will get a lot out of them. They've been fun, and uh, you'll hear yourself on a uh, podcast soon, unless some of you. Don't want that. Well, even if you don't want it, blur out my that. voice. <laughs> You're yeah. a plan B, huh? <laughs> what do you mean plan yeah. B? Are you are you easily identifiable? Is what you're saying? Well, I'm actually internationally wanted, and that's why I use Monero. And uh, oh, sorry, who who wants me? <laughs> who wants you? <laughs> no, nah, nobody wants me. <laughs> Not even my girlfriend. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can the house see is under my name, though. Oh. <laughs> it's hard living with a sheep when you got to shave it every fucking month. <laughs> Jesus All right. Okay, Jen. Monero fixes that. It's 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah, leave it open there. Put an alarm clock every two minutes, and you're good to go. Leave one of them. Thank you. Yeah, just we'll handle it. <laughs> Thank you. So I think uh, what I think uh, Fabio, you want to be even just, longer. That's even Fabio, Just start your own spaces. Just start it right now. Everybody will go follow you and they'll go join it. I don't even know how to start that shit. 
and I'm trusting you for digital assets? <laughs> no, no, no. You can't no, own no. a Twitter spaces? Yeah, I just want to protect my uh, riches. That's all. I don't care well, to, I care to protect night. it. All right. Well, one of you Vince. can choose Good to talk to you. Lead. Thanks for hosting yes. us. Hey, yeah. I appreciate Wait, wait. Indigo wants to jump up. Hold on a second. I appreciate him. I'll give him a minute. Well, you must have something really important when you jumped up last second. Oh, the pressure. Uh-oh. Drum roll. What? What you got in to go? Still showing his list. I'll start a space if anyone if anyone wants to keep it rolling. No. I'm I'm done. Thank you, Taryn. I'll see you later. Bye. It was nice to hear from you, man. Thanks. Same to you. Bye now. See ya. All right. Bye, man. Follow, like, subscribe. Good night, guys. Bye. Peace. Peace.